and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff like uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not torture. Touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. You're done. Obama! It, it occurs to me as you're both talking that both of you have faced serious illness in your lives, and I'm wondering if that at all has shaped your view of the afterlife. Christopher? Um, I would say it fractionally increases my contempt for the false consolation element of religion and my dislike for the dictatorial and totalitarian part of it. But I presume what I say by the first is self-evident. But what I mean by the second is it's considered perfectly normal in this society to approach dying people who you don't know but who are unbelievers and say, now are you going to change your mind? It's, what, in fact, it's considered almost a polite question. <laughs> um, and it used, as you know, there's a long history of fraud about this. People claim that Darwin had a deathbed recantation. They'd made up lies about Thomas Paine. It goes on all the time. It's a very nasty little history. But it, it, there's also a horrible undertone of blackmail to it. People write and say, look, you've got, you've got about one chance left now. Aren't you going to take it? I'm writing to you as a friend. <laughs> as it, they've even tried it on me when I've been very ill and not, I haven't had quite the vinegar I'd like to have had in, in, my, in a hospital bed. I don't mind. I can take it. But I think there are a lot of people older than myself, iller than myself, perhaps at the risk of seeming conceited, less educated than myself, to whom that's a horrible experience. It's very, it's very depressing and alarming to be spoken to in that way. I mean, if Sam and I were to form a core of people to go around religious hospitals, which is what happens in reverse, and say to people who are lying in pain, say, did you say you were Catholic? Yes. Well, look, you may only have a few days left, but you don't have to live them as a serf, you know. <laughs> Just recognize that that was all bullshit, that the priests, <laughs> the priests have been cheating you. And I guarantee you'll feel better. I don't think that would be very ethical. Okay, but I think it would be something of a breach of taste. But, but if it's in the name of <laughs> if it's in the name of God, it has a social license. Well, fuck that, is what I say. <laughs> and and will say if it's my last breath. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Tuesday, December 15th. This is episode 84, and we're doing the fifth, I believe, Republican That's it. primary debate. I'm Dan Ellis. Rahal. 
We've got Matt Mitchell <laughs> and Ryan Duffy's here in the studio this week, not Skyping in. Yay! Because last time right. the sound got all fucky and I spent a long time yeah, having to fix spent it a lot afterward. of time in post. <laughs> but, uh, we're also joined in studio tonight by a f- good friend of mine, Mr. Grant Larimer, Hello. a.k.a. the Purple Dragon. You may remember Grant from Purple a previous Dragon! episode. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go back and see. <laughs> I was gonna go back and see which episode that was, but I can't. I, yeah, I mean, it was early on. It was early yeah. on. It was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, or 20. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah it was early yeah. when we were in the basement. as you said earlier, recording, on sitting on the couch with microphones mm-hmm. on the coffee table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no structure to the show. Yeah, as if well, it was a now, but. Mold, yeah, that's mold, versus, mold versus mold the was, overwhelming <laughs> amount of structure we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mold was growing out of the microphones. <laughs> um, Quality so, high in production here. So, <laughs> so we're we're going to be doing the the Republican debate. We are not doing the kids table debate. Nah, right. Uh, the kids Fuck table em. debate tonight consisted of Lindsey Graham, George Pataki, Mike Huckabee, and Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum. Yeah. None of whom stand a snowball's chance in hell of capturing the Republican primary or of being saved by so. Jesus. And our sanity <laughs> has its limits. Yes, that's I mean, there's also only true. so much bullshit we can take in yeah, one night. Yeah, and at least three of those four are absolutely out of their minds, insane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we, I mean, we watched a little bit of it uh, pre-show while we were a little bit, a bit of it, a little, little bit, a bit of it uh, <laughs> pre-show while we were drinking beers and having some pizza and. The one thing that stuck out to me the most was was the bullshit questions that Hugh Hewitt was throwing yeah, out the hypotheticals. Like, I, I don't. I mean, they were just fucking ridiculous. I mean, it was like, uh, Mike Huckabee, if if Lindsey Graham were to whisper softly in your ear and hump <laughs> you from behind, would you give him a reach around? Or, yeah. I mean, they if, were just fucking. If, it was. It if, was. If America received two Syrian refugees, would we then be justified in carpet bombing all the way from Turkey to China? Huckabee, what do you say? Including perhaps <laughs> any state in which they were relocated, say just, Oklahoma just, or New York. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it was ridiculous. Like, I, just the questions he was asking them. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? Like, is, are these just some of your demented fantasies? Like, you're wondering, really, like, just to throw in my spank bank later, what would you do if Putin <laughs> were to call you a dick? Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was talking about the one on ones with Putin. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, so Hugh Hewitt was over the top, fucking ridiculous as he kind of almost always, always is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 undercard kids table debate thing. I, I'm done covering those. I mean, the Republican Party back in September said that they weren't even going to do them yeah. anymore, and then went back on that and have continued to do them. Which is, I mean, it's it's. Possibly good political theater, maybe drumming up some oh, sure. money for these candidates to keep their candidacies alive, barely. But, yeah, uh, but it's hard for us to do a six-hour free podcast show about it. Yeah, and and, well, and especially great, you know, it's ratings for the media too, I mean, for yeah, them, yeah, CNN yeah. or, or follow whoever is producing. I mean, it's you know. yeah. Well, and I can't imagine though that even at this point the ra- the ratings for the undercard stuff is is great because I think a lot of people just skip it. Yeah, yeah. Or watch it by that, accident. Yeah. <laughs> I I started actually watching it by accident because I got so busy with work and shit today that I that I got distracted. Like I forgot to set up the recordings <laughs> for, for either debate until the, the kids table one had already started and I look on the guide and I was like, Oh shit, the Republican we, debate, the final oh god. We damn, need man. this. Yeah, I, oh, I fucking forgot about this. I need to fix it. 
Didn't order pizza until the last minute. <laughs> fucking out shoveling walks because we had all the snow. Yeah. It was, yeah, I was, I was busy doing all kinds of shit. Um, yeah, I've, I've been fairly underwhelmed as a, as a guest host tonight. I've, you know, the service provided <laughs> by this podcast has been, you know, marginal at best. You got pizza and you're sitting in a, in a cushy <laughs> seat, man. <laughs> I didn't have any wine for you on hand. I know I had to bring my own booze. Jesus. Jeez. <laughs> I don't drink Merlot. <laughs> that's like your exclusive thing, man. That's that's what I'm known for. Malo- Merlot, huh? Merlot. Um, Matt said he had a couple things he wanted to talk yes, about. Yes, I do. What you got? Um, I have, I have Before an Before we int- launch into the debate. Yes, I have an introductory course for the three or so listeners who might not already be aware of what Republicans are about. Um... If if you don't know what GOP stands for, it's the Grand Old Party, uh, which was coined in the late 1800s when the Republicans really started gaining ground. <clears throat> but that doesn't really tell you anything about their policies. So I've created a few helpful ways to remember. Um, if you see any of these things, it's probably Republicans. Uh, GOP probably ought to stand for things like gaining off poor, God-obsessed policies, Guns over peace, <laughs> greedy old patriarchs, generating orphaned Palestinians, <laughs> gouging oil prices, gliding on privilege, gay orient gay orientated persecution, grossly oppressive proposals, gerrymandering on populations, grilling of Planned Parenthood, GOPP, but still, that this still works. That's fine. <laughs> They're all full of PP. Generally omitting physics, gallingly offering prayers, greasing oligarchs' palms governing on prejudice, and, of course, grain-occupied pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and obviously, all lives matter uh, yeah. would be the final one. Uh, so any of those things is what GOP should stand for. And, and I've also created a comprehensive list of the candidates for tonight. Um, if you're not aware of them, uh, I've got a list here for how you can a guide to ident- being able to identify them when they're on stage. Um. So, John Kasich, he he would be the chubby Martha Stewart with the skin quality of the moon. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Kasich. <laughs> um, Rubio's the Hispanic Jason Bourne with Mal- Walter Matthau's ears. <laughs> if you see him up there, um, Chris, he'll also Chris, be very thirsty all the time, licking yes, his yes, lips. He'll be very thirsty. Yeah. Are, are these all going to be true. visual clues? Yes, on a audio podcast. <laughs> well, because <laughs> for those who may be watching it, for those yeah. who may be watching it, so when so side. when they see them on TV, they'll know who who we're talking about. Okay. Um, Chris Christie's the guy that uh, when you see him, you'll think, "Oh, how fun!" The catcher from Sandlot is running for president. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey's own Fred Flintstone, complete with Stone Age policies, or if you're a '90s kid, E Honda stuffed into a suit. E Honda, uh, I'm not familiar. I'm not a nobody 90s played kid. Street Fighter. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Yeah. yes, okay. Um, Jeb Bush is the guy that uh, that's the less articulate Frankenstein's monster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the look and all the intellect of a cross-eyed Nutcracker doll, <laughs> or Jared Fogle after adding 20, 20 years and a chromosome. With even worse ideas for handling children. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, wow. it, 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 it gets better. <laughs> it gets better than 
worse ideas for handling children. <laughs> uh, Rand Paul is the son of the famous nearly life-sized Keebler elf Ron Paul. <laughs> who belongs to Middle Earth's libertarian race, where every day is a tea party. Uh. <laughs> uh, he'll be celebrating his failed presidential campaign on his 111th birthday, and his campaign slogan is, Eats Big Government for Second Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carly Fiorina uh. <laughs> uh, is like a wax sculpture of Celine Dion after three hours in a sauna. <laughs> Uh, but w- by the way, you'll notice she twitches a lot, like like a chicken that's controlled that's controlling a JC Penny mannequin. She's a little tweaky. Yeah, she is. Like like possibly on meth whenever she's on stage. <laughs> I don't know. Or like Sally Jesse Raphael with AIDS. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ted Cruz. Uh, that would be Sesame Street's Count, all grown up, but doesn't know how numbers work. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like he had cosmetic surgery, but opted for the ego enlargement and chin removal. <laughs> the illegitimate child of Kevin from the office and Count Chocula. Um, like he's always wearing a flesh-colored turtleneck. <laughs> no mention of Grandpa Munster in a suit? I thought that was going to be a little too cliche. Uh, all right. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Carson's the guy whose gestures are like an autistic child during his first day at a mime class. <laughs> And you'll find yourself saying, finally, we have a Republican with more charisma than Ben Stein. Oh. <laughs> um, how does a black guy make it into a Republican event anyway? Oh, I mean, presumably he's carrying or else he'd be shot, right? Well, yeah, he's not an officer. Uh... Um, and finally, Donald Trump. Uh, Dickens, Scrooge, and DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck had a kid and then raised him in 1930s Germany. like grumpy cat with the ass in the front (laughs) trumpy cat (laughs) and a toupee yeah he has baby eating a lemon resting face (laughs) Uh, with the toupee made of prepubescent orphan ginger boys peach fuzz hey what's wrong with ginger boys (laughs) nothing nothing I mean it's not that bad they're just the ones that died in his his factories (laughs) Uh, smashed together Renee Zellweger and Alf (laughs) <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he even keeps a cat on his head so you know it's perfect uh or owen wilson after a house fire <laughs> uh, that's how you keep track of the candidates and that's the gop party let's get into a challenge that was, that was a very good guide oh, thank you <laughs> so uh some of the things to keep in mind while we're watching this are that nothing that I just said. <laughs> those were all those were fantastic. You, you you need to post like pictures of each of the candidates on on your Facebook and various other media with with, with your the description underneath yeah. each one, so people can comment on. This. I, I could make some memes. I think. Yeah, there you go. That would be good. Uh, some things to keep in mind tonight are that uh, Marco Rubio is gaining in the polls. Yes, Ted Cruz is gaining in the polls. Yes. Ben Carson has dropped precipitously. Yeah, yes. incredibly. He's yes. lost double digits, um, which well, I think is I fantastic. Mean, which is the, the which longevity is, of a black. I mean, they tried it with Herman Cain in that party. It's just, it's, 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 it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, and apparently, the fault for that is the leftist media. Oh, yeah. sure. The, the left wing media elite is the reason that he's dropping. Right. The, yeah, the, the left-wing media that's given f- polling 3% Chris Christie more media time than yeah, Bernie yeah. Sanders. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not, that, it's that not his wing. lies that has... No. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it has oh, nothing no, to do with the shit coming out of his mouth. Um, and recently we've had Donald Trump attacking Ted Cruz, who is now in second place in most national polls. Uh, and that's why Trump is, a, of course, attacking him. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Trump yeah. saying that Ted Cruz is not fit to be president because he 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 lacks the temperament, temperament yep. which I was <laughs> fucking ironic as hell. Yeah, um, right. Coming from Trumpy Cat. Hello, Pot. Yeah. So so there's <laughs> I kill me. There's also a lot of talk about the Republican Party in general. The 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 main people. You know the. Ah, fuck, I can't think of the term right now. The the people in the Republican Party who've been around forever. Uh, Incumbents? No. no. God damn it. Old fucks? No. <laughs> the establishment. The establishment. Oh, okay. the, the establishment uh, Republican Party hates Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. They also hate Ted Cruz. Well, so they say. Which is unfortunate I mean, for them since those two people are currently leading the, the polls. Uh, there is concern... And a lot of chatter that this may be a contested uh, primary. Uh, I don't know if you guys know much about those at all. I, I hadn't really heard a whole lot about it until... They're pretty, they're pretty uncommon. Until I had seen much chatter about it. Uh, so I wanted to talk real quick about, about it. I uh, pulled up a couple stories here. Uh, what is a contested convention? Uh, this comes from NBC News. Uh, it's a contested convention, almost everything you need to know. Uh, with Donald Trump leading the Republican presidential race and a pack of candidates jumbled behind, there has been a lot of talk about the possibility of a contested convention. The Iowa caucuses are just over one month away, and in a crowded field with no candidate near a majority of support in national and state polls, the chances that the Republican Party doesn't have a clear-cut winner from the primary process appears more possible than at any time in recent history. What does all that mean? Here's a starter's guide. Uh, what is a contested convention? A contested convention occurs when the primary process yields no candidate. Mm. There's a primary process, so how could that happen? Before we explain that there's a mini primer, oh, before, before we explain that, here's a mini primer on how the process works. A total of 2,470 delegates are up for grabs in the primary process where all the states, territories, and DC either caucus, vote, or hold conventions to choose their preferable nominee. In order to secure the Republican nomination, a candidate must win a majority of delegates, or 1,236, mm. which is a problem because there are so many fucking yeah. candidates yeah. out yeah. there. Uh, how are delegates awarded? Each state delivers a number of delegates based on population, so more delegates are available in California than, say, Idaho. Okay. Sure. So how could it be the one candidate doesn't win a majority? Another good question. <laughs> that scenario could happen because of the way the system is set up. More than half of the states and territories appropriate their delegates proportionally. So theoretically, three, four, or five candidates could split the delegates among most of the states, leaving no candidate with a majority of delegates, which is a very good possibility with what yeah. we're seeing right now. So it's now. not like the electoral process where all, you know, where all the electors of a state go to one candidate. They they actually split. For some states, yes. For other states, states, no. Okay. Uh, and I think that's coming up here. Uh, question, why would anyone create a process that might not result in a winner? Funny, right? But that's the ironic thing about it. Two major changes by the Republican National Committee intended to clamp down uh, on the process to ensure a long, drawn-out primary does not occur could do exactly that. 
Hmm. And this was all in response to the previous presidential election when the Republicans blamed their loss on a really long extended primary, primary. season where the Republicans just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <laughs> fucking grow up, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like they lost because they didn't have any decent candidates or right, of course. Obama was better than all of the candidates. No. No, it couldn't be that. Yeah, so, they, they, but they but lost they, because we got to hear what they had to say for a longer amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we got to know them. And as, that's what they're objecting to, yeah. And that's where I think Ted Cruz is really going to fail. So there are a couple structural problems. What's the first problem? The first is that the convention was moved up from late August to mid-July to shorten the primary calendar. The first nominating contest is also a month later this year so that Republicans spend less time beating each other up. And in an effort to keep states from extending the primary season, the RNC placed stringent rules on the states with repercussions that would reduce the state's importance in the campaign. Okay, sure, that sounds fine. What's a good example? Well, for instance, any state that moved its primary or caucus before March 15th would lose its delegates, which means that the voters would have no say in the nomination process. So the unintended consequence is that while states stayed in line, more states give out the delegates proportionally, making it more difficult to reach a majority. Who, how do, is this, has this always been in place? That, well, I think it's said it changed in 2012. Well, yeah. some, so some of these changes have been put in place. Some, some okay. of it is, is longstanding practice. Okay. Some of it has complicated this season because of the changes yeah, yeah, that they yeah. made moving, you know, moving the convention from but August to July. So it's, so it's shorter. It's Republicans trying to give themselves a, a leg up and then end up fucking themselves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, basically. Uh, so for instance, any state that moved its primary or caucus before March 15th would lose its delegates. And I've already talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> y- yep. Uh, the second problem is that it goes back to the, tw- uh, the 2012 convention. A rule the Republican Party agreed to in 2012 called Rule 40 made it more difficult for a candidate to win the nomination this election season. Instead of a candidate having to win a plurality of delegates in five states, Rule 40 mandates that a candidate must win a majority of delegates in eight states before he or she is able to be considered the presumptive nominee. Hmm. All right, well, what does all that mean? Well, that rule was intended to keep 2012 candidate Ron Paul who won a plurality of delegates in at least five states and his supporters from having an opportunity to take away from Mitt Romney at that year's convention. Ah, uh, uh, now it makes sense. Uh, so the unintended consequence is that four years later, with a dozen candidates and no clear winner, that threshold could make it difficult for even the best-funded candidate to meet. Yes. Awesome. So what traditionally happens at a contested convention? The delegates at the convention, which will take place in Cleveland... Vote by secret ballot. Uh, what a shithole Cleveland is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Cavs. <laughs> and the Browns, too. Jesus Christ. If no candidate wins a majority of delegates, then a second round of voting takes place, but not before the candidates and their staffs work to win over delegates. Quote, it's called a convention, Curly Haugland, Republican National Committeeman <laughs> for North Hogland. Dakota, said. Curly uh, quote, a convention will break out at our convention, end quote. Rounds of voting keeps taking place until a candidate wins the majority of delegates. Curly Hogland. 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to say it three times. So what about the vice president? A, a convention will break out our, it sounds like some kind of venereal disease or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't, don't catch the curly. If, <laughs> if there's no presumptive nominee heading into the convention, then there's no vice presidential presumptive nominee. Huh. In that instance, the running mate is chosen the same way. Oh, Jesus Christ. Through a secret ballot by the delegates until someone obtains a majority of delegates. Secret ballot? Yeah. I don't like that. So it it could be a Trump cruise ticket. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh God! Uh, there's there's another shortish story here from CNN that gives us a little more background on this oh, also. Uh, and the title of this is "What is a brokered convention?" Here is a kind of simple explanation. Uh, Donald Trump may get a chance to show off his self-described amazing negotiating skills next summer at the Republican National Convention. Word broke on Thursday that top Republican officials up to and including party chairman Reince Priebus have discussed and deliberated over the potential of a brokered or contested post-primary nominating process. Here's what they're talking about. What would need to happen over the coming months to make it a reality and a few of the ways it could play out on the floors and backrooms of the Quicken Loans Arena. Which, <laughs> Quicken Loans. Which, the, the article says, which we should note does not allow smoking anywhere on site. Oh, okay. No no smoke-filled backroom deals is the reference there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, early Hoglin. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we get there? <laughs> the Republican Party will assign 2,472 delegates through a state-by-state series of caucuses and primaries between February and June. To win the nomination, a given candidate requires a simple majority or 1,237 of the total. The states holding their contests before March 15 are required by party rules to dole out their delegates proportionately meaning 51% of the vote translates to the same percentage of the state's allotted delegates. To further complicate the matter, there's the party's so-called Rule 40. This bylaw, added in 2012, states that any potential nominee must, quote, demonstrate the support of a, of a majority of the delegates from each of eight or more states, end quote. There are, as we approach the CNN debate in Las Vegas on Tuesday, the thing we're covering tonight, a total of 14 candidates in the mix, no fewer than 10 can reasonably expect to win a noteworthy proportion of delegates as the race extends into spring. For example, Mm. polls have shown Trump with a durable lead in Iowa. He's up 13 points on Ted Cruz, his closest rival. According to Monday's CNN... I can't believe those two are the head. Yeah. uh, It's crazy. Sorry. But even then, his total support in the sprawling field is only 33%, which means that there's no way he could get a majority of the delegates. Mm. Multiple candidates could win a majority in eight or more states, or no one could. Either way, it adds to the chaos on the convention floor. Interestingly, the rule essentially prevents a would-be outside savior like Mitt Romney from parachuting into the process late, as that person would obviously arrive without those eight-state majorities. Uh. Which is why they called it kind of the Ron Paul rule. Yeah. Uh, one Republican with a full grasp of the RNC rules reached out after the story first published to point out that the eight-state requirement in Rule 40 is technically temporary because they just wanted to fuck over Ron Paul. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the RNC will vote on a new rule at the convention in 2016 oh. and could again change the number well, of, of cor- states. And at of that course time. they will, because of course they will. They're going to do whatever whatever they can to, to cheat s- to to try to benefit where to 
to, to, to do whatever they think will benefit the party. To solidify their, their party. And, and Yeah, good, good Christian morals. Yeah. And my guess is that they're going to try to keep Trump and Cruz away from the yeah. nomination. Yeah. Because nobody inside or outside the Republican Party likes them. Uh, just, con- just the base. Yeah. <laughs> Contested or brokered, what's the difference? Simply stated, if no candidate, and this goes for both parties, finishes the primary season with a majority of delegates, the summer convention can be described as contested. The last contested GOP primary came in 1976 when President Gerald Ford and an insurgent conservative named Ronald Reagan arrived at Kansas City's Kemper Arena short of a clinching total. Both campaigns sought to sway or romance their way to the necessary majority, which Ford would seal just before the first floor vote. Because that initial ballot delivered for the nomination, the 1976 convention is not technically considered to have been brokered. For that, we have to look back more than 60 years to the 1952 Democratic contest. Tennessee Senator Estes Kefauver, or Kefauver? I don't even know. I have no idea. <laughs> Curly? There's a name There's a name that I've heard once and will never, ever again hear. He's a footnote in the history of Democratic politics. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he led the race after the last round of primary voting, but did not win the nomination after the first floor ballot. No one did. It was not until the third ballot that Adlai Stevenson, the reluctant home state governor with the backroom backing of outgoing President Harry Truman, finally emerged with the nomination. When was the last one? The most recent brokered convention for Republicans came four years earlier in 1948 when they chose New York Governor Thomas Dewey after three ballots. Dewey, Stevenson, and Ford all lost their general election contests because they're not uniting the party behind their candidate. They have too many fucking candidates running Hmm. and nobody can get behind them. It it, basically, no one's happy. Everybody loses. Yep. And I'll I'll make a prediction right now too, that only Democrats are going to be aware of this before it actually happens. If it happens in this race, something's going to happen. That's going to throw it off. And all the Republicans are going to be out of their fucking minds about how the left media is cheating (laughs) and how, you know, without any pre, they don't do any, it's it's always the left's fault. Yeah. Well, not only that, but none of the fucking Republicans can read. So, you know, they don't go through this stuff. They have no idea that this is even happening. So my prediction, and I posted this on Facebook, is that it will be a contested and brokered convention. Yeah. Because no... It's shaping up that way. Because none sure. of the nominees have emerged as a as a clear leader who will win the plurality or majority of the delegates. What that means then is that they go into convention and with the foresight of knowing that none of the establishment likes Trump or Cruz, there will be tons of backroom deals to see how they can fuck them over and instill or install whomever the Republican Party wants as their, as their primary. So who the establishment wants as their primary. Oh wait, that's hook. No, that's exactly, that's exactly my prediction (laughs) is that Rubio Rubio. will emerge as the Republican primary nominee. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's because he's well liked by the establishment. He's mm-hmm. young. He's smart. Yep. And I think he he's probably smooth, he's politic. I think I think of the of the Republican candidates currently running stands the best chance of beating whomever the Democratic mm-hmm. nominee ends Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah, Ben Carson's too fucking dumb. Oh yeah. They I mean like Carson's him. too dumb, Trump's too big an asshole, Cruz is too big an crazy. asshole. Too crazy. Yeah, there's 
when you look at the Republican field, there aren't any really good candidates. There aren't any really good solid candidates. They never get Trump running independent. Yeah, there are some who who can whip up the base. Yeah, there's some who can whip up the base based on, you know, religious beliefs or xenophobic, homophobic, misogynist, sexist. Yeah, but but Huckabee and Santorum are at the kiddie table, so, I mean, that's not really working that well either. Uh, Trump is in the lead, and that's exactly what he's been doing. Well, yeah. that's and that's a big question. Will will the extremist supporters that that support Trump in the, in the population are they going to get behind Rubio? They're not the ones are, who control the delegates at the convention, yeah. right? But I'm talking about in the general. But, in the general, I'm I'm looking forward to the general election. If Rubio gets the nomination, are the Trump supporters going to switch over and support Rubio? You know, the, the, the thing about most Republican home? voters is they're Republicans, and it doesn't matter who's running. They're going to vote Republican. They're going to vote straight ticket, which which is yep. why the Republicans are terrified of of someone like uh, Trump or Cruz getting the nomination because, yeah, they can whip up the base and they, they can lead in the primary, but the Republican Party as, as a whole is not as fucking crazy as their yep. primary voters. So if either of those candidates gets into gets past the primary and ends up being the nominee, that means that everybody down ticket on the Republican Party is going to suffer. So if if Cruz or Trump end up as the as the eventual nominee for the Republican Party, that means a whole lot of Republican voters just won't go out and vote because they are not going to vote for Trump. They're not going to vote for the Democrat. They're not going to vote for Cruz. They're not going to vote for the Democrat. So they'll stay home. So Which means for the two, f- for the first time ever, they're going to have the same problem the Democrats have with voter app. Well, not app. Well, yeah, just not turning up. Yeah, but yeah. that means too that that the Democrats will get a much larger turnout uh, if they put up somebody as fucking crazy as Cruz or Trump. Yes, Democrats will turn out in, include, in, in much larger numbers, drawing some of the moderate Republicans yeah. to the Democratic. So, group. so it'll have a twofold effect. You'll have a lot more Democrats who turn out to vote basically just against right. either either. Uh, Cruz or Trump, and then you'll have a lot of Republicans sitting out because they don't want to vote for Cruz or Trump. Right. Which means that basically then anybody else running on the on the Republican ticket in local elections, state elections, is going to suffer because there will yep. be an overwhelming Democratic turnout, and and they mo- you know most likely will be voting more along Democratic lines. They're not going to be oh, voting. Bernie. They're not going <laughs> to be voting for Republicans. So. The establishment's really freaking the fuck yeah. out. Yeah, and and on the flip side of that, if you know, if if you have a brokered convention and Rubio comes out on top, Rubio gets a nomination, like you were saying, and and if Trump wants to take advantage of his popularity and go independent, which he hasn't, which is a very real possibility, yeah, he's threatened it. You know that that ends up splitting the Republican ticket as well. So in, yeah, in either case, it's a possibility. But if if any one of those go independent, then then that's a guaranteed win for the Democrats. Yeah, well, and it's a possibility that that Trump may run as an independent, but it's not a reality. I mean, it's yeah. it's a possibility, but not a probability, or even especially uh, since he's been leading for so long, or I, even or it's not even really very plausible because. By the time they get that close to the convention, several states will have closed their filings where you have to declare a party, you have to be on the ballot as whatever party, hmm. which means that by the time they get to the convention, Trump won't be able to run independent because his name won't even be able to be allowed on the ballots for several states, 
which effectively means that that would end his his chances of no. anything. Whether he's, you know, even if he decides to run independent, it wouldn't matter because his name won't even be on the ballot in several states. Oh, okay. So it should all be very interesting. And we've had, and like I said earlier, you know, we've had Trump lobbing grenades at Cruz. Yeah. And Cruz in private meetings with, with donors and supporters talking shit about Trump, but then publicly saying, no, you know, Donald's an okay guy. Refusing to state publicly what he's saying in, in these private meetings. But well, we'll oh, see if he has the balls to fire back No, tonight. no, I don't think. He doesn't. He doesn't. I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he does, but I'll be sh- it'd be cool to see him do it. He doesn't have anywhere near the vag to, to face him face to face. Yeah. Yeah. No, not not even close. But we're we're here for the circus show with the infighting. Oh well believe me, I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be the show that has probably the most problems with it out of out of all the debates we've seen. Oh yeah, especially with the crazy. We're, yeah, guy. we're gonna be talking about all the all the, the gun issues, the anti Islam, the uh terrorism yeah. and Syrian refugees. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, all that racism and everything else. So <clears throat> Oh, and also real quick, uh at the very beginning of the show I played a little clip. Uh, about Christopher Hitchens. Uh, yes. Today being December 15th, it was four years ago mm-hmm. that Hitchens died, and the world lost a great rational mind and brilliant orator, yep. great debater, fantastic writer, uh, deep thinker. Uh, he's he's horribly missed. The the secular community, that, that was a huge loss for us. I don't think yep. anybody will ever be able to fill his shoes. And... I miss him. He was he was a great guy. Yep, instrumental in my in my deconversion. Yeah, was, was Hitch. Yeah, and we all took a shot Absolutely. for him. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, John, we had a little John Hitch Walker's toast line. prior to the show. Uh, he wasn't really instrumental in my deconversion, but he was very instrumental in me being outspoken and an activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, being being outraged by the things that religion has been able to get away with for so long. Yep, he he was he was very instrumental in my coming. Being able to verbalize and understand why I think the things that I do, because I, I had certain opinions, I had certain thoughts about. Because I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't come out in the same way some people do have. But I had, I had my own ideas. I had my own. I, I thought this and this and this and and this has got to be why. But I didn't really understand why I thought that. And and he put words to those thoughts. He put logic to the the what was going through in my head mm-hmm. and kind of put the pieces the puzzle pieces together for me so mm-hmm. well i should say for others. the uninitiated too I, I i said that you'd previously been on the show and that you're a good friend of mine uh but grant also served on the board of atheists of utah yes uh both with me and then after i uh after my term ended grant before took and a, after Chris, yeah before and after yeah you served for a year before i was on the board yeah uh, then I served with you on the board and then my term ended, you took a year off and then you went back to the board for a year to help them out. Yep. Yep. So Grant has been instrumental in doing a whole lot of great work here in Utah. Um, and I know it's, it's appreciated by a whole lot of people. Well, I'm happy to. <laughs> You're a swell guy. <laughs> ah, stop. You'll make me blush. <laughs> I just want to say real quick in case anyone caught that. Grant coughed, and I said, bless you, and it went completely unrecognized, <laughs> and it was very, very uncomfortable for me to say. It was meant as a joke, and it was not received, so I want to say, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so, not, no, 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 not your fault, my fault, I'm just saying. I didn't even hear it. It was not, okay. it, it was not sincere. 
Okay. It was not sincere at all. Go fuck yourself, Grant. So, in hindsight, I'll say, ha, ha, ha. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Should we get into it? I just don't want anyone to think that I was serious. Want to hear about it? Here we go. That says, bless you? What? The Donald Trump Variety Hour is about to start. Yeah. Here we go. Or variety. Uh, Ted Cruz uh, encroaching on his lead overall. And Marco Rubio is uh, looking at Ted Cruz and saying, how can I take him down on this national security debate? So I'm watching how Ted Cruz handles all of this. Tonight's debate is about national security. Because I do believe he's going to come under some attack uh, this evening. And I've been told by the Cruz people that he's not going to attack Trump first. That if Trump goes after him, he'll go after him back. Uh, this one, I think, is earlier this week hours. when Trump yeah. went after Cruz. Cruz kind of deflected it with humor. Yeah, I think we'll I think all the main debates are two hours, tonight. and the kitty table Everybody ones are one maneuver. hour. Yeah. Huh? The bear hug maneuver. The bear hug maneuver. We'll see if he does Keeping it again. Keeping Donald Trump close, mm-hmm. right? But we'll exactly. we'll see if he does it again. I mean, we do, we 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 don't know. The I mean, there's a lot at stake for Cruz tonight. For Marco Rubio, a lot of stake for Chris Christie, who's back on the main stage. Absolutely, being on the yeah. This is a real opportunity. Yeah, I think a lot of it is what Lindsey Graham did. Which was say Cruz that what Donald Trump has proposed about Muslims seeking actually makes to be, the if not president, safe. vice president. Uh, and, yeah. you know, one of the first I mean, people that came out his against tiny little Donald Trump's brain, proposal the Trump was Vice President the nominee, Dick Cheney, who I think very few people would consider to be Gee, a leader. I really hope so. Uh, uh, this was a guy who president. was in favor uh, of enhancing no, the education techniques to keep Americans But he said that it went against everything that the American Republic stands for. And very conservative national security experts that I know say this actually there's a guy holding a card out there like, the bear is, hug. Is the bear hug. They're running the right sweep on Is Trump. a Chris Christie, <laughs> is a Marco Rubio, is a, is a Jeb Bush, is a Ted Cruz going to say what you are proposing? Look, I oppose everything that Obama's doing, and I think he's feckless, and I, you know, I think oh, he's made less safe. What you're proposing is. is the same oh, thing on the other side. I and, and Ted like Cruz her. has certainly wanted to try to pick up any Donald Trump supporters yeah. who decide to right. leave Donald Trump, so he hasn't really wanted to do that if, in fact, he does disagree with him. Yeah, and he's put, he's staked out a really interesting Shut up, Essie. territory on foreign policy. She's attractive, though. Talked about people like. No, she reminds me of a person. Yeah, but she looks kind of like that innocent, like. To, uh, Librarian, you'd see in a porno. Dude, I, Dan, you, dude, do you remember? You don't get to say that. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Megyn Kelly was was doing this? And you're like, she's fucking hot, though. Am I right? Am I the only one? She's hot. But she's a horrible fucking person, dude. A lot of our candidates' families. Yeah, just be asexual. It's better for everything. And I know that we couldn't be here without everybody in this room. Except for sex. You know, a lot of people ask, you know, what does the Republican <laughs> National Committee do? Yeah, is he the ringleader? A competent national party. He's, he's a the competent uh, national RNC party chair. That has oh, its act I, together I figured he was the, the guy that may have like a full ring circus. The guy steps out on the floor first to like before the elephants come out. Black communities, Hispanic communities, Asian communities. And being far better than we were trying to in 2012. Trying to get the minorities. This is a unifying yeah. message. No matter who you're for out there. No matter which one of these candidates you you're here to support, if any of them, <laughs> the one thing if any of them. <laughs> that we all need, and the one thing that every one of these candidates need on this stage, is a competent national party, and it's something that we're all striving to do, and it's what we're working and failing for miserably. Yeah. And someone who can pronounce these debates competent. are an important part of this process. <laughs> Competition party. We couldn't put Look on at all these the people leaving. 
without a lot of work and a lot of great oh, partners Christ, of Christ which you're seeing on this stage. <laughs> I think you can agree with me that we'll every single one of these candidates on this stage would be a world better no. than Hillary Clinton. Are you no, with me? No, 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 no. Of course Nine. they didn't pick Bernie. Are you ready to win they picked the woman that no one's going to vote for in the Republican Party. Right, Fucking Lincoln Chafee would have been better than any of <laughs> <Yes>. these candidates. <laughs> That was RNC Chairman Reince Priebus just minutes ago until the top Republican oh, you're, you're candidates take the stage. We'll get some quick cool, uh, final thoughts somebody, somebody uh, from the panel the, tonight. The, the you know, uh, in addition to the Trump, go, they, were, where you they had a little big countdown. I'm going to fast the forward through this characters shit. Characters yeah. like the lion yeah. and the, <laughs> you know, the, the juggler and you know, uh, have some kind of analogy between <laughs> each candidate and somebody in a circus. Can Rand Paul be the midget you shoot out of the cannon? Because <laughs> uh, we've already had the clown car like cartoons oh done, so now it's just continuing on the theme of yeah. the clowns and exactly. circus. <laughs> that, that, I would, would love that would love to see a, that would make a good meme. I would love to see Bilbo Paul shot out of a cannon. Uh, Frodo. So they just said there's going to be minutes until they even take the stage, which oh yeah bothers me because they had the the little countdown like seconds until yeah. we're going to start the debate. They haven't even fucking gotten on stage no. yet. So I'm going to fast forward through some of their I, they're like bullshit standing. commentary here. Yeah, I, Trump's got to be the ringleader, right? The 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 classic carnival barker. Yeah, he's the lion tamer slash part time lion tamer. Yeah. Is he the lion tamer, the strong man? I mean, maybe the, yeah, that might be Christie. What would uh, <laughs> what would or is Ben he the Carson be? Contest is he the <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're getting oh. it. Oh, it's Wolf. I look at the TV and see a picture of ISIS, from the main and I know we're talking about Republicans yeah. in, in a Texas right plumbing Ford truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight through Las Vegas, and the race is taking uh, a critical turn with terror fears front and center. We will win that war. If you go and join ISIS, you yeah. are signing your death warrant. I'm gonna bomb the shit out of them. <laughs> he said the same the thing, but candidates uh, in a prime time debate in a campaign jolted by the. The attacks in San Bernardino and Paris. ISIS God. has raised its ugly head again. Donald Trump still on top, going to Donald Trump to talking about an ugly head on Terry. Right. Total and complete shutdown. Oh, he brought of Muslims entering the United Muslims. States. We have Muslims. No, Muslims? <laughs> no, he said Cruz and Marco Rubio on the rise, fine to be the like GOP's choice of the front-runner. We are seeing the evil of radical Islamic terrorism. <laughs> the guy's voice kind of reminds me of like the guy's voice on Cops. Ben Carson trying to bounce back, warning that America can't fight a politically correct war against ISIS. You strangle them. Anything that looks like a military vehicle. That's a great <laughs> Jeb Bush and Chris Christie zeroing in on national security, arguing that experience matters in dangerous times. We are in the midst of the next world war. It's not about the big personalities on the stage. It's about leadership. <laughs> right. the, the rest of no the field looking for a breakout moment, slamming President Obama's policy every and using them against Hillary Clinton. Mrs. Clinton is as accountable for what is going on with ISIS as President Obama. We watch the Just Democrats. Like they have so many crazy ideas. We've come yeah. to take our country back. Now, to the, the stage is set for the final Republican <laughs> debate this year. This is not a game of risk. We're dealing with people who have thirst for innocent blood. We're going to bomb the you know 
what out of them. The first real votes are just weeks yeah, away. Donald's trying, right? yeah. 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 trying to copy Trump, but not doing it well. We can't afford to be so nice, folks. And America's security well, is argue at that's stake. Why Trump is so because that's one of the because he says exactly. he says ridiculous, no irresponsible shit. Right, but but the same could be said about Bernie Sanders. I mean, they're both speaking the truth. Yeah, it's just yeah. who do you agree with? Do you do you do, have you? Do, Trump says stuff that not other candidates, not only are not other candidates saying, nobody should be thinking yeah. those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they might be truth, but the fact that he's got a base behind him that's like, yeah, we're all racist homophobes too. Yeah, is a problem. Yeah, yeah. no, it, Bernie, it, 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 Bernie no is doubt. also speaking the truth that hasn't been spoken by politi- politicians for a long time. True, he just happens to be on the right side of it. Right, absolutely. But yeah, I mean that's the appeal. Sure. Welcome to the CNN Facebook Republican presidential debate here at the Venetian Las Vegas. We have a very enthusiastic audience. Everyone is here. Uh, they're looking forward to a serious and spirited discussion about the security of this nation. I'm Wolf Blitzer, your moderator tonight. This debate is airing on CNN networks here in the United States and around the world and on the Salem radio network. The nine leading candidates, they are here. Salem. Let's welcome Which them right yeah. now. Yeah. I was about to say, what Senator the fuck is Senator Rand radio? Paul of Kentucky. Although I did see recently in the news that our Navy fucked up. Their two, two of their newest boats are broke. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Uh, one was a mine detecting ship that can't detect mines. <laughs> and the other one was uh, the USS Milwaukee. Florida which Governor broke down Bush. out in the ocean, had to be towed back in. Okay. And we just launched our new stealth boat. Yeah, I saw that one. We'll probably break Senator down in a day Ted soon, too, because the broke down. But it looks cool. It does, it looks bad. It looks, it looks bad. I love I, I see that they have it has a rail going on. It's our businessman and real estate developer Donald guns? Trump. I, I, I did powerful destroyer. I'd love to see the fire coming. Yeah. Retired neurosurgeon, Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, so Ben Cruz extended the handshake to Trump. I mean, did I say Ben, ben Cruz? Yeah, you did. Ben Cruz. <laughs> they were introducing Ben Carson. Rubio ben Cruz. You're you doing the whole Hollywood thing now. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ben Cruz. Ben Cruz. Ted Cruz extended the handshake. Marco Rubio, the next Former Republican Hewlett nominee Packard for President CEO of the United Carly States. Former Hewlett Packard CEO, Carly Fiorina. Yeah. Why didn't she wear blue like the rest of them? Power red. And Ohio <laughs> Governor John Kasich. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome these Republican candidates for President of the United States. He's got a wide stance and monster bash arms out. This is the final Republican debate before the election year begins, and we're taking a moment for the photographs of the candidates together on this stage. Now, everyone, please you rise for the national anthem <laughs> sung by Ayla Brown. Who? Ayla A- Brown? Ayla Brown. I didn't know they ever heard of her. Yeah, they have been. Curly Hogland. <laughs> oh, can you see? She's pretty. She's wearing a nice voice. She's got like a half alligator dress on. What's so half alligator. Look at the look at the black parts of it. it looks like alligator skin. 
Well, the black parts of the dress includes black alligator skin. What are you trying to say about my people? Does the white part look like angels, Ryan? Her dress is half Carson. It just looks like milk. Alligator milk. We Look at it. She looks like alligator. We're so gallant. Yeah, I've never She's got a good voice. Yeah. She must be a country singer. She's got that twang. Yeah. And she's at a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And she's got alligator on. She's from the yeah. South. <laughs> Ted Nugent was busy. <laughs> Wearing a racist dress. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, she's from the Deep South. It clearly it looks like there is more white than black in the That's dress. what I was going to say. It clearly looks like the white is the trying to overshoot the black. Yeah. Yeah. The ratio is definitely racist dress. <laughs> I, got, I got news for you, you, Grant. There's more whites everywhere in America. <laughs> no, there's more white on her dress, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But did you not hear what he said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. It could be like an. Uh, it's almost like an X Men outfit. She would have more super black in the front. It'd make an X. She wore the X Men. Oh my god! I didn't even tell you guys. You met an X Men. Well, you hate the X Men. No, no, no. Fuck the X-Men. On the way up here. Well, no, fuck was, you, too. Are you an X-Men? Well, no. I just okay, like Okay, so he's Dr. Xavier. <laughs> Haven't you seen him? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The X-Men get, aren't real. They're just, only a, I get it, no, Doctor, a comic. I'm, I'm Professor X with uh, you know, 80 pounds. <laughs> well, I apologize. Uh, no, but I saw... I saw a, it's always right when I get any anywhere between 106th and 90th. There's I I see the fucking rolling coal guys or like t- Chevy tough or whatever with the big un- useless four by four fucking Confederate flag flying. Yes. Bastards. So I saw a guy that had a light pole that was all LEDs, white LEDs from from his bumper, like 12 feet up with a handmade homemade Confederate flag that was like a like, red piece, a red rectangle piece of cloth with fucking duct tape bars. Uh, and I'm like, you fucking Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. You couldn't that, even know. How white trash can I look today? Yeah. I was just like, dude. And you associate with that with the episode. I know everyone is eager to get started. Well, so yeah, candidates, please take underlying. your places while I explain <laughs> the ground rules for tonight's you know, As moderator, I'll, dis- I'll no, guide the discussion, and I'll be joined in the questioning by Salem Hugh Radio Hewitt. Network talk what show host jackass. Hugh Hewitt just, and CNN's God, chief political correspondent, Dana Bass. Let's see how much we also ask Republicans and Independents nationwide to share their questions for the candidates. We teamed up with Facebook to send a campaign camper across the country over the past several weeks. Thousands of people stepped inside and recorded their questions Thousands. on video. Millions more yeah. waiting on Facebook. Candidates, I'll try to make sure each of you gets your fair share of questions. Right. You'll have a minute and 15 seconds to answer and 30 They're seconds for follow-ups like and rebuttals. What are they writing? I'll give you time I, oh, to I respond a minute, 15 if you're singled okay, out so I can for wait criticism. Two minutes for my ding. Our viewers should know that we have uh, timing lights that are visible to the candidates to warn them when their time is up. And as the candidates requested, a bell will sound like this. We know you are all eager to jump in and debate these important issues. So please wait until you're called out. These nine Republicans are positioned on stage based on their ranking in the recent polls. So let's begin right now. I'd like to invite each candidate to introduce himself or herself to our audience. You'll have one minute first to you, Senator Paul. 
The question is, how do we keep America safe from... No, I, I forgot to you. mention real quick that Rand Paul, by CNN's rules, should not be on stage tonight. Oh, uh, the rules that they set out the uh, top ten. said that you had to have at least 3% nationally or 4% in either Iowa or New Hampshire. Ah. He, did meet, he did not meet either of those qualifications, and they still let him on stage. And he's not answering the question. It's just, who Trump are you? says we ought to close that internet thing. The question really is, what does he mean by that? Like they yeah, do in North Korea? Right after Trump. Like they do the in China? Remark. Wow. Rubio says we should collect all Americans' records all the time. What about second breakfast? The Constitution says otherwise. <laughs> I think they're both wrong. I think we defeat terrorism by showing them that we do not fear them. I think if we ban certain religions, if we censor the Internet, I think that at that point the terrorists will have won. Regime change hasn't won. Toppling secular dictators in the Middle East has only led to chaos and the rise of radical Islam. Hmm. I think Which if secular we dictators have you talked about? I think if we Saddam? truly are sincere about defeating yeah. terrorism, <laughs> we need to quit arming no, the allies no. of ISIS. If we want to defeat terrorism, the boots on the ground, Ooh, the boots on the ground need to be Iran Arab boots on the ground. Decades ago, didn't we? Well, I, Which I wonder. Which gave rise to the current Iran, the current yeah. nuclear. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess I was thinking more recently, but more, I, more I wonder recently, if he was yeah, using but, secular as a pejorative. Yeah. Well, of course he was, yeah. None of the dictators we've but, overthrown have been anything close to secular. No. Yeah. No. We, we, but we did, I mean, we, the, Iran exi- the current Iran exists because we overthrew, yeah. we overthrew a democratically elected secular dictator, you know, about what, in the 70s, 80s? Yeah, Ray, democratically yeah. elected dictator. Yeah, he did. Or not, yeah, not, dem- <laughs> not democratic, not dictator, democrat, but leader. Yeah, leader. Reagan, uh, right? Yeah, Chief, was, I will do Reagan's whatever thing. it takes yeah, to defend America. But in defending America, we cannot lose what America stands for. Today is the Bill of Rights anniversary. I hope that's, we will remember that and cherish that in the fight on terrorism. Thank, Thank you, you, Senator Governor Kasich. Thank you, Wolf. Just last weekend, just last weekend, a friend asked one of my daughters, uh, do you like politics? And my daughter said, uh, no, I don't. And the reason I don't like it is because there's too much fighting, too much yelling. It's so loud, I don't like it. You know, I turned to my friend and I said, you know, she's really on to something. And when we think about our country and the big issues, Wolf, that we face in this country, creating jobs, making sure people can keep their jobs, the need for rising wages, whether our children, when they graduate from college, can find a job, protecting the homeland, destroying ISIS, rebuilding defense. These are all the things that we need to focus on, but we'll never get there if we're divided. We'll never get there if Republicans and Democrats just fight with one another. That's not what's happening, Frankly, we are Republicans, and they are Democrats. But before all of that, we're Americans. And I believe we need to unify in so many ways to rebuild our country, to strengthen our country, to rebuild our defense, and for America to secure its place in the world for us, for our children, and for the next generation. Thank you. Interesting tact. So Rand Paul decided... He was going to try to Governor increase Christie. his numbers by going directly Thank after Trump. America. And Kasich decided he was going to try to increase his numbers by doing exactly the opposite of what Trump's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has been betrayed. We've been betrayed by the leadership that Barack Obama and Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton 
have provided to this country over the last number of years. Think about just what's happened today. The second largest school district in America, in Los Angeles, closed based on a threat. Think about the effect that that's going to have on those children when they go back to school tomorrow, wondering, filled with anxiety about whether they're really going to be safe. No, they're happy they got to Think about off. the mothers yeah. who will take those children tomorrow morning to the bus stop, <laughs> wondering whether their children will arrive back on that bus safe and sound. Think about the fathers of Los Angeles who tomorrow will head off to work and wonder about the safety of their wives and their children. What has Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton done to this country? That the yeah. most basic responsibility of an administration and you couldn't even is to protect the safety tie. and security of the American people. I will tell you this. I'm a former federal prosecutor. I fought terrorists and won. And when we get back in the White House, we will fight terrorists and win again. And America will be safe. Yeah. Okay. Just for like for, for, okay. <laughs> you're holding your breath. The goddamn thing. The goddamn thing in California it was a hoax to begin with. It was yeah. a hoax probably perpetrated by one of the kids oh, who yeah. didn't want to go to school that day. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I'm throwing that out there. Am I? Okay. <laughs> I thought I was yelling, so I was trying to move back. No, you're I, fine. I felt I'm, like I was yelling. Yeah, um, no, but yeah, whether or not it was a hoax perpetrated by a kid or, or by whatever, it's it's this whole politics of fear. That yeah. uh, I mean, it's just, it's you know, uh, he's he's perpetuating this fear of, uh, you know, that, that, I mean, it just it just idiotic. I, yeah. Well, and what the fuck we, is he talking about? He's talking about the he's talking about fear politics, right? Mm-hmm. And he's blaming Hillary and Obama. What the fuck do they have to do with what happened in California today? His party is much more responsible for promulgating and and, and enforcing and 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 making people afraid of leaving their fucking houses because everything we hear out of these people is fear, 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 yeah. fear, yeah. fear, war, war, war. You need to be afraid well, and, of fucking everybody. ISIS is around the corner. Fucking the well, Syrians are coming to get kids, you. The Obama's coming to get your guns. You should be afraid of fucking school. everything, and that's their fault. Kids in California schools and schools around the country have a whole lot more to be fearful of by fucking Americans with, with uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. fucking yeah. assault weapons than they do from ISIS. But but yeah. I, but I mean, if he wants to if he wants to blame elected leadership, he's the one that's so keen on bragging about how 9/11 happened on his watch. Yeah. When yeah. he was governor. Yeah. When yeah. when it suits him, oh yeah, well I was I was a new governor in in New Jersey, which it didn't even happen there. When well, 9/11 happened. The I mean, river. yeah, sure, fine. We'll <laughs> give that to him. But now all of a sudden, oh, it's Obama and Hillary's fault when yeah. something happens 3,000 miles across the country. Yeah, and what kind of administration was in place when we had the the yep. worst terrorist attack in the history of the United States? Yep. That was a fucking Republican administration. And what did the president do when he found out? He was oh, reading was, my pet fucking goat. But it was yeah. Clinton's fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> like all of you, I'm angry. I'm angry at what's happening to our nation. Citizens, that's a giant cross. It's time to take our country back. Melted Celine Dion. Bombast and insults won't take it back. Political rhetoric that promises a lot and delivers little won't take it back. All of our problems can be solved. All of our wounds can be healed by a tested leader who is willing to fight for the character of our nation. Sanders. I have been tested. I have beaten breast cancer. I have buried a child. 
I started as a secretary. I fought my way to the top of corporate America while being called every B-word in the book. Bad? I fought my way into this election of and of onto this debate yeah. stage while all the political insiders and the pundits told me it couldn't be done. I've been told no all my life. And all my life, I've refused to accept no as an answer. Citizens, it is time to take our country back from the political class, from the media, from the liberal elites. It oh. can be done. It must be done. Join me, and we will get it done. They always say liberal elite. There's there no conservative elite. No, there well, aren't. And she talks about you know the struggle. It, I started as a secretary. So fucking what? Most people start out in a menial yeah, fucking job. Right. You, you expect that somebody's going to leave <laughs> yeah. high school and be the CEO of a company? Right. Right. That doesn't happen. Right. And well, and because, and because she had breast cancer yeah. and a baby. She had a baby, so she's more qualified? Yeah. yeah. I mean, does that well, not yeah, a qualification I mean, for leadership that she had a baby? Yeah, that I she was put it on she's my She's such resume. a good mom that her kid killed herself. Yeah. yeah. Great leadership. It did? <laughs> but did? The other That's why thing she said is, she had to bury a child. Oh. I, did, <laughs> I didn't even Sorry, realize that. Sorry, I didn't mean that. to kill the room. No, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that. Wow. Uh, that was not a pun intended either, but... Uh, she's the Gail Ruzica of national <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this this whole thing about like you know like whenever you hear like famous actors are like oh I, I used to be a busboy before before I hit it big and it's like yeah I was a busboy before I started becoming a waiter like you know that's everyone's <laughs> normal life like yeah. you don't get credit that for happens that. to everybody that yeah. that doesn't make you special or unique that's, no that's the fucking that's that's part what of happens. being a fucking person in yeah. the United well, States yeah, I did, I did kind of leave high school and become a firefighter and that's just still what I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. So I guess I haven't moved up. But <laughs> it just, but she, I mean, she pretends that her struggles are unique to her. Like, oh, these have made me stronger. And, and I know it just. Well, even in the upper echelon, even later on at HP, I mean, her, her record at HP is not. It's good. As, as right. good as, as what she lets on. Oh, right? and to answer your question, no, they're, they, they can't get away with saying Republican elite because even Republicans understand that's ridiculous. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, because they'd be bashing any. themselves. No, but there aren't any. And they know it. Well, it's same thing like saying a liberal elite. It's like, what do you mean by a liberal elite? Just, just... Governor Bush, they're, they're too our freedom edu- is yeah, under attack. Are too our economy is underwater. The leading Democrat is under investigation. And America because is under the gun to lead the free world bullshit. to protect our civilized way of life. Serious times require strong leadership. That's, what we're at, that's what's at stake right now. At, regarding national security, <laughs> we need to restore the defense cuts of Barack Obama, to rebuild our military, to destroy <laughs> ISIS before it destroys us. Regarding economic security, we need to take power and money away from Washington, D.C., and empower American families so that they can rise up again. Look, America still is an exceptional country. We love to lead and we love to win. And we do it when we take on any challenge and when we take on, we, we support our friends. God, he sounds like As president, brother. I will keep you and our country everything. safe, secure, and free. Thank you. He's he never sounded be, like a fucking rookie. Like, yep. He used to be better than that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I don't know. Not a whole lot, matter. I feel like he used to be more articulate. He doesn't want to be president. He really doesn't. He's like tired of dad running. Dad made me do this. Yeah, he, yeah. I, 
He's I think it's family you can pressure see it every but, time he's on stage. I mean, he just he his mannerisms, his gestures, the way he stumbles through every sentence just reminds me so much of his brother. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to vote for him. I think no. I think he's done after this one. Well, he's he's only got five percent in the polls right now. Yeah, I, I mean, think, he's barely above <laughs> fucking Carly Fiorina. Yeah, I think Kasich, Bush, and Paul are out after this. Senator Rubio. Thank you, Wolf. It's really amazing to be back in Las Vegas. I spent six years here as a child growing up. Not far from where we stand tonight, I used to sit in the porch of our home and listen to my grandfather tell stories as he smoked one of his three daily cigars. One of the things my grandfather instilled in me is that I was really blessed because I was a citizen of the greatest country in the history of all mankind. But there have always been people in American politics that wanted America to be more like the rest of the world. And in 2008, one of them was elected president of this country. And the result has been a disaster. Today you have millions of Americans that feel left out and out of place in their own country, struggling to live paycheck to paycheck, called bigots because they hold on to traditional values. Uh, Around the world, America's influence has declined. While this president's destroyed our military, our allies no longer trust us, and our adversaries no longer respect us. That is why this election is so important. That is why I'm running for president. And that's why I'm going to ask you for your vote tonight. If you elect me president, we will have a president that believes America is the greatest country in the world, and we will have a president that acts like it. They're not called bigots because they hold on to traditional values. They're wrong. called bigots because they're trying to force their because traditional values on yeah. everyone else. Yeah, he got everything wrong there, except called, for maybe growing up in Vegas for six years. And his grandpa smoking three cigars, three cigars yeah. a day. They're called bigots because... They're fucking bigots. They're fucking yeah. bigots, and they're trying to force their bigotry on everyone else. Yep. They're trying to force everyone else to, to live by the rules of their bigotry. And by what measure other than a black man occupying the White House has has Obama's administration been a, an abysmal failure? A disaster, yeah. Uh, I don't and know. By the what e- measure are we number one? I, you know, this goes back to, I'm sorry, this goes back to a previous conversation. I mean, it was just put out a couple of days ago. You know, as far as like rankings on freedom, Canada was was ranked number one on freedom. We're like ninth or fifteenth or something. Sorry to be higher than you guys than that. All free sorry. in free <laughs> countries. I mean, so sorry we gave everybody free health care. And uh, but honestly, by by I mean, what measure that. have have the last eight years or the last seven years? I mean, under think, Obama, been a disaster. If if you yeah. com- if you compare right now versus this time toward the end of Bush's presidency, I mean, things are. Almost infinitely better in oh, yeah. terms of yeah. I mean, <laughs> employment, <laughs> everything, economic status. Yeah. You know, I just I, mean, I just paid a dollar seventy eight for a gallon of gas. I, I remember when Bush when Bush something? was the president, it was almost six dollars. Yeah, at one point. I don't remember it ever being no. that high. You don't remember five fifty, five sixty? I remember no. getting in two thousand eight, no. two thousand seven. You don't? No. I remember close to like like four fifty, like getting in the four range, but not not. Yeah, I, re- I remember it being close to four, or maybe in the fours, but not that high. I remember almost five. Almost five is when I started getting into natural gas vehicles, and at that time, natural gas was ninety eight cents. Okay, well, let's take four fifty. Yeah. Well, yeah. Still three dollars less. Yeah. But I, I, just, I don't buy the premium either, so maybe it's the premium thing. I, I don't understand by what measure he's he's <laughs> talking yeah, about. I don't, it I don't being know. A, being I, a disaster, I, I, un, yeah, unemployment is way down. The housing market's coming. It's back. just their talking point saying it's a disaster. It's they can't actually prove points. it with any numbers. And, and didn't his grand? Uh, 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 that's a whole immigration thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. 
Yeah, yeah it was illegal. Because his grandfather was coming in. He was Cuban, right? Yeah. Thank you, Wolf. America is at war. Our enemy is not violent extremism. It's Ted It is not some unnamed malevolent force. It's Islam. It is radical Islamic terrorism. We have a president who is unwilling to utter its name. The men and women on this stage, every one of us, is better prepared to keep this nation safe than is Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. We need a president who understands the first obligation of the commander-in-chief is to keep America safe. If I am elected president, we will hunt down and kill the terrorists. We will utterly destroy ISIS. We will stop the terrorist attacks before they occur because we will not be prisoners to political correctness. Rather, we will speak the truth. Border security is national security, and we will not be admitting jihadists as refugees. Uh, We will keep America safe. Fuck you. Oh. Keep, we, we, keep America safe. We talked about you this know, a couple of weeks ago. By not allowing refugee yeah. jihadists. You know, what if what if America had taken that tact, that that particular talking point when they were when his father was trying to come here and they said, We are no longer accepting commies. Yeah. Fuck Russians yeah. and fuck Cubans. Well, guess what, dude? Yeah. Wouldn't be here. I was to say we said it two weeks what, ago. When we look is, up, let's let's look at this. What is the number one threat to Americans? What Americans? takes more American lives than than anyone else? Religious yeah. extremism the, in any strength. the words that Ted Cruz won't w- utter. Christian terrorism. Yeah, domestic Christian terrorism. Yeah. What were you saying? Right? Well, I was saying on, on the jihad thing. He's like, <laughs> well, we won't allow jihad to say. I'm like, well, that's what the president keeps saying is the whole yeah people that are waging a jihad against America. Yeah. That encompasses all terrorist organizations that are of Muslim origin, because like we. But he won't up. say Muslim extremists. No, because well, jihad encompasses all of them. It's any. Well, the funny the funny thing is Ted Cruz doesn't even say what he really believes. He says that about President Obama, but then he goes radical Islamic terrorism when you know he means Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Carson, thank you, Wolf. Please oh. join me for a moment Whoops. of silence and remembrance of the San Bernardino victims. Oh, fuck So you. he's using his wow. minute and a half to do a moment of thank silence. You. <laughs> you know, our country since its yeah. inception has been at war every 15 or 20 years. But the war that we are fighting now against radical Islamic jihadists is one that we must win. So he says our jihadists. very existence is dependent upon that. You know, as a pediatric neurosurgeon, I frequently faced life and death situations. No, you didn't. And had to Your come up with didn't. the right diagnosis, <laughs> the right plan, and execute that plan frequently with death. other colleagues. <laughs> right now, the United States of America is the patient. And the patient is in critical condition and will not be no. cured by political correctness and will not be cured by timidity. And I am asking the you own Congress, from the, yeah, from the guy which who's represents like the, the most people, timid candidate. to declare war on ISIS <laughs> so that we can begin the process of excising that cancer and begin the healing process and bring peace, prosperity, and safety back to America. 
I guess the, you know, Nora, if he, daily if bombing for ISIS. Will bring if, if peace and prosperity back to America by waging war. Right. Yeah. Says if, the if, guy. He, if he didn't spend as much time as a neurosurgeon, spend a little more time in, in the hospital ERs, he, he might realize where the actual dangers to America is. I mean, it's <laughs> right. the, the people coming in with gunshot wounds into the ER, they're, they're not, yeah. it's, it's not radical Islamic jihadists that are shooting yeah. them down. It's, it's <laughs> other fucking Americans. Yeah, because his so. claim to fame is being the first person to separate Siamese twins. Siamese twins, yeah. I think it's conjoined. But oh, the Donald is next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quivering uh, with anticipation. <laughs> I began this journey six months ago. My total focus was on building up our military, building up our strength, no. building up our borders, making sure that China, Japan, well, yeah. Mexico, both at the border and in trade, no longer takes advantage of our country. Certainly would never have made that horrible, disgusting, uh, absolutely incompetent deal with Iran where they get $150 billion, they're a terrorist nation. But I began it talking about other things, and those things are things I'm very good at, and maybe that's why I'm center stage. People (laughs) saw it, people liked it, people respected it. A month ago, things changed. Radical, Islamic terrorism came into effect even more so than it has been in the past. People like what I say, people respect what I say, and we've opened up a very big discussion that needed to be opened up. Thank you very much. Radical Islamic terrorism is uh, came he's, up even more than said, in the past, he even said more nothing. than 9/11. Yeah, I was going to say he yeah. said like nothing. He said right? absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that was worse than Hillary. I think he's referring to San Bernardino, which has not had an actual direct tie to ISIS. Right. I, I couldn't even he make that connection. He seems very subdued. And, and he, yes, he does. And very, that's very somehow much. even worse than, than 9-11? Yeah. I, I, I would bet that his publicists have told him to back off and appear a little bit more calm, calm and rational because of all the stuff you were talking about to try to win the nominee. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll be able to contain himself. Yeah, I don't think so. We'll either. see. Not, not once he gets challenged. No. So we're through the introductions. Let's take a little bit of a break here. All right. This podcast is awesome. I love how they've used the word fuck for every part of the English language. Didn't miss one. But if you really love the pervasive use of the word fuck like I do, when you finish up here, you should head over to my podcast, Unbuckling the Bible Belt. You'll get to hear me, Sharon Bush, and my co-host, Joe Kiddick, fuck each other to death. Wait, that didn't come out right. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Take two. Take two. So we've gone through the introductions, Uh and we're going to get into the meat of the debate here. Want to hear about it? Here we go. Oh, no. You, uh, since you last debated, Americans have witnessed terror attacks in Paris and San Bernardino. The FBI director says the country now faces the greatest terror threat since 9-11. You all have different approaches to keeping the country safe, and that will be the focus of tonight's debate. Mr. Trump, yes. as you mentioned in your opening statement, part of your strategy is to focus in on America's borders. To keep the country safe, you say you want to temporarily ban non-American Muslims from coming to the United States, ban refugees fleeing what all just off America's southern oh. border. Is the best Social way to machine. make America great again 
to isolate it from much of the rest of the world. We are not talking about isolation. We're talking about security. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about security. Our country is out of control. People are pouring across the southern border. I will build a wall. It'll be a great wall. (laughs) The wall again. People will not come in unless they come in illegally. Drugs will not pour through that wall. As far as other people, like in the migration, where they're going Tens of thousands of people having cell phones with ISIS flags on them. I don't oh, think so. On. They're not what? coming to this country. And if I'm president, and if Obama has brought some to this country, they are leaving. They're oh. going. They're gone. That's the first I've heard about ISIS flags on cell know, phones. No, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Governor implying Bush, that Obama has brought called- ISIS people to this country that's yeah. i mean that's like the same bullshit claims about like mexicans uh-huh. who are like raping or what was those yeah, bullshit who, claims who said that, that before were, were i can't remember who totally unsubstantiated claims about oh, yeah trump trumpy cat yeah <laughs> the ass in the front when, when the actual numbers show that we we're <clears throat> deporting a record number of immigrants right now yeah no doubt and what's this about non-american muslims I mean, isn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I and, and maybe I'm remembering on the guy in San Bernardino wasn't he American? Yes. And and the the uh, Boston bombers weren't they Americans? Yes. Weren't they American Muslims? Yeah. And so was the guy in the Fort Hood shooting. Yeah. Yes. So they were all what, Americans. I, Muslims. What is this yeah. non-American Muslims? I, yeah, every every terrorist attack we've had since nine eleven has been it's inside been, domestic has been from American Muslims. Yes, yeah. I mean, if, if well, gonna, no, I mean, no, not, I'm not saying not we just need American to, Muslims, but Americans. Well, Americans in general. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I'm you know this. I I don't understand what what the I, th- I think of. he's trying to get rid of the rhetoric where they're saying, oh, I'm trying to kick them out. Well, yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> 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 nice in. Yeah. That was, that was, you're welcome. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, what joke did we miss? <laughs> <laughs> when he proposed banning non-American Muslims from the United States, why is that unhinged? Well, first of all, we need to destroy ISIS in the caliphate. That's, that should be our objective. The refugee issue will be solved if we destroy ISIS there, which means we need to have a no-fly zone, safe zones Uh, there for refugees, and to build a military force. We need to embed our forces, our troops, inside the Iraqi military. We need to arm directly the Kurds. And all of that has to be done in concert with the Arab nations. And if we're going to ban all Muslims, how are we going to get them to be part of a coalition to destroy ISIS? The Kurds are the greatest fighting force and our strongest allies. They're Muslim. Look, this is not a serious proposal. In fact, it will push the Muslim uh, world, the Arab world, away from us at a time when we need to re-engage with them to be able to create a strategy to destroy ISIS. So Donald, you know, is great at at the uh, one-liners, but he's a chaos candidate, and he'd be a chaos president. (laughs) He would not be the commander-in-chief we need to keep our country safe. I actually agree with just about everything Bush just said right there. Yeah. I think that was I don't. A, I think that was a good retort. No, what do you disagree the, with? I, I disagree with we need we need more military in the Middle East. We need to we need to destroy uh the we need more boots on the ground. We need more uh war in the Middle East. I mean, well there there is a war there besides boots on the ground. I don't think he said we need more with. war in the Middle East. He said we need to arm the Kurds, we need to work with them, we need to not push the Muslims away. What Donald Trump is saying is fucking crazy. 
Yeah, I think we definitely, though, okay. like you said, strengthen our relationships in the Middle East with those yeah. countries and aid them instead of and turning them into enemies the next time we fucking leave. Yeah. And pushing away the Muslim, pushing away Muslims in general is not a way to appeal yeah. to the the factions in the Middle East that can help us to fight ISIS. It's just making more enemies if you push them away. You're yeah. right. Yeah, and it's making more enemies if you go it's to either, war, too. It's either I mean. making more enemies or it's making people who are disinterested. I mean, you know, banning all Muslims from America isn't necessarily going to make the Kurds an enemy. They're just not going to give a shit about us anymore. That's not necessarily an enemy. It's just somebody who doesn't care about what what we fucking want. You know, so yeah. and I think diplomacy, this- making friends yeah. with... Modern. No, no, no. I would rip up that Iran deal first day in office. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> the blow. No, but I, his his statement that that Trump is a chaos candidate. Oh, yeah, sure, I, sure, I would sure. definitely agree sure, with sure. That. Yeah, I, he just strikes me. He's going to be the most unpredictable candidate ever. Unpredictable. He, Jeb just strikes me as someone who's vying for Dick Cheney's approval, and <laughs> and, and it bothers <laughs> me every time. I. I mean, no, and I mean, no. just like his brother had, you know, I just, I, every time he says something, I see it under, in, in that, that, that light. Maybe I need to stop doing that. Well, isn't Cheney like his grandpa? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, is it? <laughs> yeah, maybe like his crazy uncle. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Trump. I do love the look on Trump's yeah. face. Yeah. Jeb doesn't really believe I'm unhinged. He said that very simply because he has failed in this campaign. It's been a total disaster. Nobody cares. And frankly, I'm the most solid person up here. I built a tremendous company. And all I want to do is make America great again. I don't want our country to be taken away from us. And that's what's happening. The policies that we've suffered under other presidents have been a disaster for our country. We want to make America great again. And Jeb, in all fairness, he doesn't believe that. Look, he, he mentioned me. I can bring it. I can talk. To him. This is this is the problem. <laughs> Banning all Muslims will make it harder for us to do exactly what we need to do, which is to destroy ISIS. We need a strategy. We need to get the lawyers off the back of the war fighters. Right now, under President Obama, we've we've created this the standard that is so high that it's impossible to be successful in fighting ISIS. We need to engage with the Arab world to make this happen. It is not a serious proposal to say that to the people that you're asking to, for their support that they can't even come to the country to even engage in a dialogue with us. That's not a serious proposal. We need a serious leader to deal with this, and I believe I'm that guy. Senator Rubio, I'm going to go to Senator Rubio uh, and get his thoughts. Uh, You have said banning Muslims is unconstitutional, but according to a recent ABC News Washington Post poll, a majority of Republicans support Mr. Trump's idea. Why are they wrong? Well, I understand why they feel that way, because this president hasn't kept us safe. The problem is we had an attack in San Bernardino, and we were paying attention to the most important issue we have faced in this country in a decade, since 9-11, and then all the talk was about this proposal, which isn't going to happen. But this is what's important to do. We must deal frontally with this threat of radical Islamists, especially from ISIS. This is the most sophisticated terror group that has ever threatened the world or the United States of America. They are actively recruiting Americans. The attacker in San Bernardino was an American citizen. Born and raised in this country, he was a health inspector, had a newborn child, and left all that behind to kill 14 people. We also understand that this is a group that's growing in its governance of territory. It's not just Iraq and Syria. They are now a predominant group in Libya. They are beginning to pop up in Afghanistan. (coughs) They are increasingly involved now in attacks in Yemen. They have Jordan in their sights. 
This group needs to be confronted with serious proposals. And this is a very significant threat we face, and the president has left us unsafe. He spoke the other night to the American people to reassure us. I wish he hadn't spoken at all. He made things worse. Because what he basically said was, we are going to keep doing what we're doing now, and what we are doing now is not working. Hugh, Hugh. Uh, uh, <laughs> Where do you he talks start? About, he talks about the 14 uh, people who yeah. were killed by a, lo- by a lone actor, a lone wolf actor here in the United States that, you know, you can't predict that shit. You can't, no. you can't do anything about it. When I don't hear him railing against the 3,000 Americans that were killed when fucking GW was in office. Yeah, right. Well, and he certainly hasn't mentioned uh, Robert Deere. No, yeah. no doubt. Oh, yeah. No, none of them will mention him. Well, no. he wasn't a dirty Muslim. Right, yeah. right. Curly. Good question. Hogren. <laughs> <laughs> You've said you disagree with Mr. Trump's policy. Uh, yes, I don't yes, want to cage I match you. Oh, and two, I wanted to say, <laughs> yes, I, do. I don't know who it is, but somebody on stage keeps coughing. That's not us here in the studio. No. Oh, right, right, right. That's somebody on stage. I don't want to cage See, match, but Republican primary voters <laughs> deserve to know. I'm going to back this up <laughs> for <laughs> Hugh Hewitt. The president has left us unsafe. He yeah. spoke the other night to the American people to reassure us. I wish he hadn't spoken at all. He made things worse. Because what he You're basically said was, work, we are going to keep doing what bitch. we're doing now, yeah. and what we are doing now is We've not We've already working. heard this. Hugh, Hugh, you have the question. <laughs> just keep repeating points. <laughs> Senator Cruz. Fucking Hugh, You've said you disagree with Mr. Trump's policy. Uh, I don't want a cage match. You've tweeted you don't want a cage match, but Republican <laughs> primary voters deserve to know. With the kind of specificity and responsiveness you delivered in your nine Supreme Court arguments, how you disagree with Mr. Trump. Will you spell that out? With like us? when he read Green Eggs and Ham? Well, listen, yeah. you, everyone understands why Donald has suggested what he has. We're looking at a president who's engaged in this doublespeak, where he doesn't call radical Islamic terrorism by its name. Indeed, he gives a speech after the San Bernardino attack, where his approach is to try to go after the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens rather than to keep us safe. And even worse, President Obama and Hillary Clinton are proposing bringing tens of thousands of Syrian refugees to this country when the head of the FBI has told Congress they cannot vet those refugees. I understand why Donald made that proposal. I introduced legislation in the Senate that I believe is more narrowly focused at the actual threat, which is radical Islamic terrorism. And what my legislation would do is suspend all refugees for three years from countries where ISIS or Al-Qaeda control substantial territory. So, so you're saying you disagree yeah. because he's too broad and you he- have a narrower focus. Why do you disagree with him? Well, you know, I'm reminded of what uh, FDR's grandfather said. Uh, He said, all horse thieves are Democrats, but not all Democrats are horse thieves. Like, all racists are Republicans, but not all Republicans Republicans are are racists. Yep. Yep. What was Donald? Donald just leaned over and looked like he was sniffing Ted Cruz. I don't know what that was. So what we were talking about pre-show was, you know, they were going to obviously try to pit Cruz and Trump head-to-head and see what's happened. Trump definitely fucking testied out. He did. He 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 was like, well, I I I understand why Trump would you know, d- and just yeah, sucked yeah. his dick for a minute, and, and, and then went on to his points. He he does not want to have a confrontation. He's a fucking baby. And yeah. the whole thing he said about FBI says we can't vet these pe- these immigrants. The only way they get into this country is if they've been vetted. Yeah, you 
you have to go through a process in order to become an immig- legal immigrant into this country. Yeah. You don't just yeah, get to and, get and, fucking and, come here. And, and, and Cruz knows that. And not to mention, uh, there's no guarantee they're even coming to this country. Yeah, exactly. They don't get to choose what country they're coming yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, they just pr- they just they they apply as a refugee and then right. they're assigned so, to whatever country. Yeah. So what what he's saying is that, you know ban 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 all refugees from ISIS held countries. ISIS held countries are are among the most violent countries there are right now. So so of all the innocents that that are in violently held countries, the the most violently held countries, we're going to turn our backs on. Because of the possibility that that the enemy might infiltrate into them, and yeah. the possibility that they might actually get sent to America. Yeah, you live in the worst country in the world. Fuck you. Yeah, right. And <laughs> it's like we're we're only going to take refugees from like Bahamas. You know, well, from but, so we're going to take refugees from safe countries here's, like here's, Canada. You know, here's it's what, like here's what drives me nuts. Everything you just said. And then what's their big worry? Well, they're going to get here and they're going to be able to buy a gun. Gun, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, God we, damn it. We take people in from Somalia and I don't see how much people out there in boats trying to rob everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. A whole bunch of Somali pirates out on the Great, on the great Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah, right. Raiding, raiding pleasure cruises. Yeah. I don't see it happening. <laughs> Not once have we had a threat of a Somalian pirate attacking a boat here in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, we take in Somalian refugees. <laughs> True. Yep. Just yep. saying. <laughs> yep. I hadn't yep. thought about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Truth. In this instance, there are millions of peaceful Muslims across the world in countries like India, where there is not the problems <laughs> yeah, we are seeing example. in nations that are controlled, have territory controlled by Al-Qaeda Wait, or ISIS, and Indian we should direct at the problem, yeah. focus on Wait. the problem, and defeat radical Islamic terrorism. It's not a war on a faith. It's a war on a political and theocratic ideology. Wait, 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 he said theocratic idea. Are you a fucking (laughs) moron? Yes. First of all, first of all, first of all, all, he picks India, India as the country with no turmoil between Muslims and other groups. Are you kidding me? He's never heard of Pakistan, apparently. And he's never heard of Kashmir. (laughs) And he's never heard of the Tamil Tigers. And he's never heard of Sri Lanka. Or or the the violent protest over the last year. (laughs) And then he says it's not about religion. It's about theocrats. <laughs> this is is this guy a Republican? Isn't Christian? that what a theocrat is? Is is, yeah. Religion? Yeah. Is, yeah. is 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 this guy a Texas Christian Republican? Because that's the only way to explain this fucking level of stupidity. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, yes, he is. Yes, yeah. well, of he course. is. Mm. Yeah, he's the worst of them. He's got the Cuban. Then he's got the Canadian. That's why he can't like the Canadian is keeping him from actually fighting with Trump. <laughs> sorry <laughs> too damn polite too too polite and i don't know what the cuban is doing in him uh, i don't know i was gonna say the other side's cuban with the stupidity but that was a not a good i'm not calling no no i say that's not the way I, it goes because i'm not saying cubans Cuban are stupid for <laughs> our producers comments are not necessarily reflective <laughs> 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 I mean, I did. I, that's 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 what I didn't want to say. I said it, but it not not to be meant to be said. 
What what is a Cuban stereotype that we could use? They, in, they make awesome. <laughs> they make awesome sandwiches. I don't. I don't Cuban know. Cuban sandwiches are fantastic. <laughs> I, that's true. I don't really have anything bad I can say about Cuba. This is the Christmas dinner debate. This will be the cigars. debate that Americans talk about at Christmas. And thus far, in the first ten minutes, uh, we haven't heard a lot about Ronald Reagan's city on a uh, hill. We've heard a lot about keeping Americans out or keeping Americans safe and everyone else out. Is this what you want the party to stand for? What I think we need to stand for are solutions. I offer myself as a leader to the people of this country because I think they're looking for solutions, not lawyers arguing over laws or entertainers throwing out sound bites that draw media attention. We need to solve the problem. To solve the problem, we need to do something here at home and something over there in their caliphate. We need to deny them territory. But here at home, we need to do two fundamental things. Number one, we need to recognize that technology has moved on. The Patriot Act was signed in 2001, roughly. The iPhone was invented in 2007. The iPad was invented in 2011. Snapchat and Twitter, (laughs) all the rest of it, have been around just for several years. Technology has moved on and the terrorists have moved on with it. Let me tell you a story. Soon after 9-11... And the flashlight was invented in 2010. What's your point? This all comes from a woman who doesn't understand what fucking GPS is or how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Right. God. I got a phone call from the NSA. They needed help. I gave them help. I stopped a truckload of equipment. I had it turned around. It was escorted by the NSA into headquarters. We need the private sector's help. What? Because government is know. not innovating. Technology is running ahead by leaps and bounds. The private <laughs> sector will help, just as I helped after 9-11. But they must be engaged, and they must be asked. I will ask them. I know them. Governor Christie. So she started Americans thing, are clearly... About- she started that whole thing talking about we need solutions, not not bullet points. What solution did she propose in that? That what she'll ask that? people to help. Yeah, yeah. She, she knows That's her solution. Yeah. She knows she knows them. She'll ask Facebook. She'll ask she Yeah, but ask somebody. She'll, she she'll knows ask, Steve Jobs. She'll ask she'll ask him. She'll, she'll ask <laughs> Uh, I know. She's, Maybe not. She's, <laughs> she'll get with Nancy Reagan and talk yeah, to Steve Jobs. Yeah. Oh, too soon. Yeah. Too soon. But she's, she, but she does. She does know Curly Hogland. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're loving that name. So my 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 ex wife's new husband is named Blan. 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 Okay. You're, you're loving the name Curly. Name. I just I throw out oh, another, oh, yeah, another fun name for yes, you. Yes, thank you, Bland. Okay, um, <laughs> you must but be no, where, where where were the fucking solutions in that? There wasn't. I, I there mean, weren't any other than I, I know them and I will ask. She'll yeah. ask. Other than Facebook she knows what for, Snapchat is. Right. They'll tell me yeah, to go fuck she, myself she because knows, I'm a stupid. She knows what years everything <laughs> was invented. I mean, whoa. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. Uh, I almost used very bad terms. And, yeah. Uh, I, it's it's, a, it's Can I just say it's a very rare night when I'm keeping Dan and Ryan in check. <laughs> <laughs> Americans are clearly more afraid today than at any time since 9/11, as you mentioned in your opening statement today in Los because Angeles. Of your no. You're telling school us children to be afraid. Didn't go to 650,000 school children. Didn't go to school because of an email threat. This two weeks after 
An attack killed 14 people in San Bernardino. Is this the new normal? And if so, what steps would you take as president of the United States to ensure that fear does not paralyze America? I'd shut down all the bridges. (laughs) (laughs) By sitting on them. You can't ask a Republican what you would do to stop fear. They like to create fear. This is their job. They they exist because... How to stop fear? I I I have no idea. Create fear? I'm all over that. They yeah. would I'll not stop exist it. I don't know. had I'll, it not I'll be been very interested to see what Christie says from New Jersey, <laughs> but I think any of the other ones would have said more guns. He may well. well. Unfortunately, it's the new num- normal under Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah, ah. of course. Um, the fact is that if you listen to Hillary Clinton the other day, what she said to the American people was, as regards to ISIS, my strategy would be just about the same as the president's. Just about the same as the president's? We have people across this country who are scared to death. Because I can tell you this, as a former federal prosecutor, uh, if a Center for the Developmentally Disabled in San Bernardino, no, California, brother. is now a target for terrorists, that means everywhere in America is a target for these terrorists. Now, I spent seven yeah. years of my life in the immediate aftermath of September 11th doing yeah. this work. Drink. Working with the Patriot Act, working with our law enforcement, working with the surveillance community to make sure that we keep America safe. What we need to do, Wolf, is restore those tools that have been taken away by the president and others. Restore those tools to the NSA and to our entire surveillance Ah, and law enforcement community. We need a president who's going to understand what actionable intelligence looks like and act on it. And we need a president and a cabinet who understands that the first and most important priority of the President of the United States is to protect the safety and security of Americans. As someone who has done it, I will make sure it gets done again. How the fuck has Obama taken these tools away? It's not like Obama's in Congress going, you're going to do what I say, goddammit. Obama didn't fucking stop Congress from reauthorizing these things. Congress didn't do their fucking job. Congress is held by the Republican Party, the party of which he's a fucking member, and he's bitching about Obama. Yep. Fuck you, Chris Christie. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, 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 yes. I have nothing more to add. Another rare situation. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure where else to go with that. No, perfect. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, what the fuck is this guy? Governor (laughs) Casey. One of the killers in San Bernardino was an American who was not on anyone's watch list. How are you going to find that radicalized person and stop another such attack? It's nearly impossible. First of all, Wolf, I said last February that we needed to have people on the ground, troops on the ground, in a coalition similar to what we had in the first Gulf War. I remember I was when the Egyptian find the, guy in the United, United States, States in the Rose yeah. Garden and pledged Arab commitment to uh, removing Saddam Hussein from Kuwait. Before we came out here tonight, I am told the Saudis have organized 34 countries who want to join in the battle against terrorism. How is that going to solve the problem in the United States? And destroy ISIS. And we need to do this with our Arab friends and our friends in Europe. And when I see they have a climate conference over in Paris, they should have been talking about destroying ISIS because they are involved in virtually every country uh, across this world. Now, you destroy ISIS in a coalition. You get joint intelligence with our European friends, and then here at home, there are things called the Joint Terrorism Task Force, headed by the FBI, 
and Ooh. made up of local law enforcement, including state police. Well, that's worked They great. need the tools, and the tools involve encryption, where we cannot hear what they're even planning. And when we see red flags, a father, a mother, a neighbor who says, we got a problem here, then we have to give law enforcement the ability to listen so they can disrupt these terrorist attacks before they occur. We can do this, but we got to get moving. Pay me now or pay me a lot more later. This is the direction we need to go. Okay, so wait a minute. So this guy in San Bernardino, let's say he had all of this. He had joint terrorism. He had all all this stuff. What did this guy do that was a violation of any law up until the point right, that he, exactly. he did San Bern- All the weapons he bought, all the ammunition Well, he was he making bought. bombs, which is technically against the law, but... But how would they know? <laughs> how would they know yeah, without exactly. violating the law in order to you know break into his apartment and find out? No, but... Nothing of what he did prior to San Bernardino was against the law. Yeah, yeah. right. All right. the purchase of all the weapons and all the ammunition is all legal. Yeah. Yep. So what? How does this help? Well, anything? well, stop me because this is happening. <laughs> He's proposing. Stop. He. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> okay. Stop. And here we go. Wait a minute, I don't know. Why, I don't even know why I stopped. But thank, I don't know. Thank you. He was going to go. He was going to go. With yeah. privacy and oh. keeping Americans no. safe. Oh. Senator oh. Cruz, you what, voted what for a bill was? that President Obama signed into law just this past June that made it harder for the government to access Americans' phone records. In light of the San Bernardino attack, was your vote a mistake? Well, Dana, the, the premise of your question is not accurate. I'm very proud to have joined with conservatives in both the Senate and the House to reform how we target bad guys. And, and what the USA Freedom Act did is <laughs> it did like two fucking things. Child. Number one, it ended the federal government's bulk collection of phone metadata of millions of law-abiding citizens. This but guy not, was wait. a law-abiding citizen until he shot some people. Yeah. Weren't they yeah. just fucking complaining about this being yes. taken away? Yep. Yes. And now yes. he's trumpeting yes. being proud of it. Y- yes. yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. This is what they did. Is, and this is what Christie did. Remember? You yeah. know? 9-11, and then all of a sudden, opposite. It just In the second half of it that is critical, it strengthened the tools of national security and law enforcement to go after terrorists. It How gave us greater tools, and we are seeing those tools work right now in San Bernardino. And How? in particular, what it did <laughs> the shooting still is happened. the prior program only covered a relatively narrow slice of phone calls. When you had a terrorist, you could only search a relatively narrow slice of numbers, primarily landlines. It's not just when you the have USA a terrorist. The USA Freedom Act expands that, it's so everybody. now we have cell phones, now we have internet phones, now we have the phones the terrorists are likely to use, and the focus of law enforcement is on targeting the bad guys. You know what the Obama oh. administration keeps getting wrong? is whenever anything bad happens, they focus on law-abiding citizens instead of focusing on the bad guys. We need to focus on radical Islamic terrorists, and we need to stop them before they carry out acts of terror. Thank you, Senator Rubio. How did this radicalized Islamic terrorist have a job working for the fucking county then? I just want to bonk my head on the microphone, like bong, 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 bong. Did you you guys happen to come across that study that uh, PhD scientists did of the leading candidates and their scientists? Scientific knowledge based on that they have none made. <laughs> did you have? Did you happen no, to see this no, one? No, okay. That, no. So it was based on comments they've made over the last year or so on scientific topics. Um, they gave 
a zero to a hundred score, PhD scientist. Ted Cruz scored. What do you think? Two. Zero to a hundred. I was going to say five. Zero to a hundred. Zero to a hundred. I would say Ted Cruz scared. Maybe fifteen. Thirty-five. Thirty-five is good. He scored a six. Oh, so my first guess was right when I said two. And, and I was I better than I said five. Yeah, yeah you did. You, you would have won the showcase showdown. Brian <laughs> no, <not right>. <laughs> Duffy, come on down. You always go with one dollar. Always. <laughs> Ted, Ted Cruz scored a six, which wow. which the the leading scientist on the on the study said would be would be equivalent to that of a kindergartner. And wouldn't be fit to be a doorman, let alone the president of the United States. <laughs> and he was overlooking NASA. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait a minute. What do you have against doorman? It's, it's an honorable profession. <laughs> See, and, and that's, that's fair enough. So this is one of the reasons that... I, I accept your rebuke. Are, yes. are this is one of the reasons that though Neil, Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson will not come out and say that he's an atheist and, and be an activist in that arena, uh-huh. he's more focused on education. He, he's a scientific in activist, science, which is yeah. just as, and if not more important. Yeah, Absolutely. it's... Yeah. Yeah. But they go I have a hard time hand. criticizing Tyson. Sure, sure. That position. He, I, I would love he's it. Picked if his he spot. Did. Hey, look. Well, it's you know, the same I as mean, has Bill Nye come out saying, "Yes, I'm an atheist." Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think that's, I never heard him actually <laughs> say it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know. He, I know he's always proponent it. of critical thinking. Sure. Yeah, he's but an so is. Yeah, he's he's come out and said he's an atheist. Absolutely. But Tyson won't. Yeah. And I, I respect yeah. that. I, I wish and, he would. You but. know, to be fair, there there is more pressure in in the African American community. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's Stop well, me. I, Stop I, me now. No, no, I think he's just no, more focused on making sure yeah, that he's he, able science to, is the, to science, continue being an educator yeah. versus, yeah. being, versus being an outspoken atheist who right. none of the Christians that, will then listen to right. because he's an atheist. Right. That which opens I think up is a whole actually, new can yeah. of words. Yeah. Although, yeah. although Christians won't listen to a black guy anyway, so it doesn't I mean, he, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he should have switched with Dawkins. <laughs> Cruz is right. There was bipartisan support for that, but you voted against it. So is Senator Cruz wrong? He is, and so are those that voted for it. There were some that voted for it because they wanted to keep it alive, and they were afraid the whole program would expire. Here's the world we live in. This is a... I just want to point out the juxtaposition here of Marco Rubio talking while Ted Cruz, <laughs> Cruz is sitting on water. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. The hottest group that is increasingly sophisticated in its ability, for example, to radicalize American citizens, in its ability to exploit loopholes in our legal immigration system, in its ability to capture and hold territory in the Middle East, as I outlined earlier, in multiple countries. This is not just the most capable, it is the most sophisticated terror threat we have ever faced. We are now at a time when we need more tools, not less tools. And that tool we lost, the metadata program, was a valuable tool that we no longer have at our disposal. Senator Cruz? Well, I... You're in Congress, dude. Yeah, right. You it was the, your job to decide if you were going to have that tool available to you or not. That yes. was not the president's fucking call. It was your, your call yep. as part of Congress. Yep. yep. And and none of that metadata stopped any of the terrorist attacks leading up to any of these, you know, situations we have now. I mean, it pisses me off that he sits there and tries to play it off as being Obama's fucking problem when Obama didn't have a fucking vote on yeah. it. Nor would right, that right, metadata, right. even if that metadata had pointed to the guy in San Bernardino, 
would it? How would that have stopped Santa Bernardino? Because again, the guy it wouldn't have. The it guy wouldn't. had not committed any crime. There, there was no probable cause for anyone to have done anything yeah. against the guy, aside it, from some metadata. Yeah, it would have right. been an illegal search and seizure exactly. of his home. Right. Yeah, Freddie Gray. <laughs> <laughs> would know that, that Marco knows what he's saying isn't Doesn't true. Stop him. You know, Mark Levin wrote a column last week that says that the attack ads his super PAC is, is running that are saying the same thing, that they are knowingly false and they are, they are in fact Alinsky-like attacks like Barack Obama. And the reason is simple. What he knows Alinsky-like? is that the old program covered 20 to 30 percent of phone numbers to search for terrorists. The new program covers nearly 100%. That gives us greater ability to stop acts of terrorism. Smaller government, Republican, yeah. Dana, may I interject? Let me be very careful in answering this because I don't think national television in front of 15 million people is the place to discuss classified information. So let me just be very clear. There is nothing that we are allowed to do under this bill that we could not do before. This bill did, however, take away a valuable tool that allowed the, the National Security Agency and other, law, and, and other intelligence agencies to quickly and rapidly access phone records and match them up with other phone records to see who terrorists have been calling. Because I promise you, the next time there is attack on, an attack on this country, the first thing people are going to want to know is, why didn't we know about it and why didn't we stop it? And the answer better not be because we didn't have access to records or information that would have allowed us to identify these killers before they attacked Coming from the party who doesn't want to have extensive background checks and a waiting period to purchase weapons. Right. Right. That, that, that voted down... Having having uh, no fly list and and known terrorists uh, from from, from owning banning we- from, we- from banning them from down the ability weapons. to even conduct a study on weapons yes. in the United States yeah. and how easily they fall into the hands yeah. of those who would make prey everybody else who who will be a victim right and the and the, and the party that touts small government wanting to make sure that a hundred percent as he just said of cell phone records are attainable and 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 recordable and, and and then went to I'm not sure talking about this in public to the people who yeah. are going to vote you into office I'm not sure this is the right forum to talk about the things that I know about infringing on your freedoms this this seems very backwards for and Also, I just tried to Google Linsky attack. Yeah. I Alin- tried. Alinsky. It's got to be Sololinsky. It's somewhat tied to Sololinsky. Well, I right? tried two different spellings, L-I-N-S-K-E-Y and L-Y-N-S-K-E-Y, and I got nothing. It's Linsky is A-U-L-I-N-S-K-I. And now you're on a watch list. Sololinsky. No fly, but you can keep your guns. Wait a minute. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was name rings a bell, but I tied to the Weather Underground, and he was he was part of the whole. Sounds very familiar. It does. And he was tied. Weather Underground was part back in the 70s, 60s, 70s. It's a great website. They give really accurate weather information. But he was tied to to Obama. He's yeah. uh, there's a tie a, tangential tie between Alinsky and Obama, but Alinsky was also part of some some uh, the Weather Underground, which was some kind of I I don't want to say terrorist, but he was, it was some kind of like uh, 
kind of 60s, 70s, uh, new age kind of I think, movement. I think I saw that on Jet Fuel Doesn't Burn That Hot dot government com. thing. <laughs> <laughs> they were anti-government and all that. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, it, I mean, it all it's all ringing a, a faint bell. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. always trying to tie Obama to Saul Alinsky. Uh, and it's it's I think it's A U L I N S in S K I or something like that. Uh, well, let's tie Rand Paul to Mordor. Yeah. Here we go. Let's see what Mister Rand Paul is. Rand uh, Paul and his perm. It's been a very big issue for you. <laughs> you hear many of your colleagues are calling that's for surveillance by law enforcement. You call that hogwash. Why is that hogwash? Oh, hogwash. You know, I think Marco gets it completely wrong. <laughs> We are not any safer through the bulk collection of all Americans' records. In fact, I think we're less safe. We get so distracted by all of the information, we're not spending enough time getting specific immigration, specific information on terrorists. (laughs) The other thing is, is the one thing that might have stopped Senator Bernardino, (laughs) that might have stopped 9-11, would have been stricter controls on those who came here. And Marco has opposed at every point increased security, border security for those who come to our country. On his Gang of Eight bill... He would have liberalized immigration, but he did not, and he steadfastly opposed any new border security requirements for refugees or students. Last week, I introduced another bill saying we need more security, we want more scrutiny. Once again, Marco opposed this. So Marco can't have it both ways. He thinks he wants to be this, oh, I'm great and strong on national defense, but he's the weakest of all the candidates on immigration. He is the one for an open border that is leaving us defenseless. If we want to defend the country, we have to defend against who's coming in. And Marco has more of an allegiance to Chuck Schumer and to the liberals than he does to conservative policy. Wow. <laughs> that hit home with the audience. Yeah, and he's I want to thank Rand for another 30 seconds because, number one, <laughs> what he's, he's so good at that. He's so good at that. I wish he wasn't. For. You know why? Because it's not focused on terrorists. It would have banned anyone from coming here. Someone from Taiwan would not have been able to come here as a tourist. Number two, this program, this metadata program, <laughs> is actually two. more strict than Lucy, what a regular law, be in law enforcement agency has now. If a regular law enforcement agency wants your phone records, all they have to do is issue a subpoena. But now the intelligence agency is not able to quickly gather records and look at them to see who these terrorists are calling. And the terrorist that attacked us in San Bernardino was an American citizen, born and raised in this country. And I bet you we wish we would have had access to five years of his records so we could see who he was working with. But as far as I know, at least from the evidence presented so far, he was an American citizen who had no direct ties to ISIS to begin with. Yeah. There there was no there's no indication, at least as far as I've seen, that that this was a coordinated attack by any ISIS leader. Yeah. No, it wasn't at all. Yeah. There there had been there there's talk that he had communicated with people, but there's no there's no proof yet that they are the ones who told him attack this place. Right. Right. Exactly. Now these are the kings of wishful thinking, but I mean this this is all hindsight politics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, it's, there's it's, no way. There's no way to know. It's Monday morning quarterbacking. Yep. So come to you in a minute. Since I was mentioned in the question, can I respond? Go ahead, please. <laughs> Marco still misunderstands the immigration issue. What I put forward was an amendment that would have temporarily halted immigration from high-risk terrorist countries, but it would have started it up, but I want them to go through global entry, which is a program where we do background checks. The thing is, is that every they terrorist attack we've checks. had since yeah. 9-11 <laughs> has been legal immigration. Marco wants to expand that. 
I want more rules, more scrutiny, and to defend the country, you have to defend the border. So you want Senator, more we're government? Talk about immigration in a while. <laughs> but then I, Christie, don't I get another 30 seconds? He mentioned me again. You heard Senator Paul, Senator Cruz talk about how important it is to protect Americans' privacy, even in a time of grave danger. Why? What's wrong with that? Listen, it, I want to talk to the audience at home for a second. If your eyes are glazing over like mine, this is what it's like to be on the floor of the United States Senate. <laughs> I mean, endless debates about how many angels now. on the head of a pin from people who've never had to make a consequential decision in an executive position. The fact is, for seven years, I had to make these decisions after 9-11. Yeah. Make a decision about how to proceed forward with an Drink? investigation or how to pull yeah. back. Whether you use certain actionable intelligence or whether not to. And yet they continue to debate about this bill and the subcommittee and what. Nobody in America cares about that. What they care about is, are we going to have a president who actually knows what they're doing to make these decisions? And for the seven years afterwards, New Jersey was threatened like no other region in this country. And what we did was we took really? action within the Constitution Seriously? to make sure that law enforcement had all the information they needed. We prosecuted two of the biggest terrorism cases in the world and stopped Fort Dix from being attacked by six Fort American radical Muslims from a mosque in New Jersey because we worked the fuck is with he the Muslim American Fort community Dix? and intelligence well, Fort Dix and we is an used the Patriot Act Fort, to get other Fort intelligence Dix. to make sure we did yeah. those cases. Fort Dix. This is the I yeah. joking, but not Fort Dix. The federal Dix. prosecutor actually doing something Stop and just Fort spending Dix. your life as one of a hundred <laughs> debating it. Let's talk about how we do this, not about which bill each one of these guys likes more. Thank the American you. people don't care about that. Thank you. That's where I got Lyme disease with that Fort Dix. Dr. Carson. <laughs> I bet. Holy shit, Ben You're in favor of monitoring mosques him. and schools where there is anti-American sentiment. What do you consider anti-American? Well, first of all, let me just complain a little bit. It's the first time I've spoken, and several yeah. people have had multiple yeah. questions, so please try to pay Stop attention. Now, as far as monitoring that. is concerned, what my point is, we need to make sure that any place, I don't care whether it's a mosque, a school, a supermarket, you know, a, a theater, it doesn't matter if there are a lot of people getting there engaging uh, in radicalizing activities, then we need to be class. suspicious of it. We have to get so, rid of all this PC stuff and, and suspicious people of this are worried event about now? somebody's going to say that I'm Islamophobic or what have you. This is craziness because we right. are yeah, at war. That's stuff. why I asked Congress, yeah. go ahead and declare the war. We need to be on a war footing. We need to understand that our nation is in grave danger. You know, what, uh, what the Muslim Brotherhood said in the explanatory uh, memorandum that was discovered during the Holy Land Foundation trial <laughs> is that they will take advantage of our PC attitude to get us. And we have to be to better than us. this. We have to be smarter to than this. Yeah. Dr. You're Carson, it. who was right in that little debate we just heard between Senator Rubio and Senator Paul? <laughs> uh, I think you have right. to ask them about that. <laughs> I, I wasn't listening. I do, I don't. You'd have to ask them about yeah. that? Because yeah, you have no fucking, fucking opinion on it? Dude. He was doodling. <laughs> You're right he was for putting president. together his little puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> get in between them. Let them fight. Wolf. <laughs> Wolf. Uh, hold on, hold on a second. We have a lot more to come, and everybody's going to have their full opportunity. Kasich uh, is like, I want to talk too. Yeah. I'll tell Six you, after nine eleven, your brother visited a mosque and said, "Quote: Islam is peace." The conversation tonight is about banning Muslims and surveillance of mosques. Are President Bush's words still relevant in today's Republican Party? 
They are relevant if we want to destroy ISIS, if we want to destroy radical Islamic terrorism. We ah, how the fuck can you say that your brother's words that Islam is peace is relevant in destroying Islamic terrorism? I don't understand that. I don't. Under, how do you connect those two? He doesn't want to say anything. If bad about Islam his is peace, then there should be no Islamic terrorism, yeah. right? Isn't that isn't that what he's just fucking said? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> we want to destroy radical Islamic terrorism. We can't disassociate ourselves from peace-loving Muslims. If we expect to do this on our own, we will fail. But if we do it in unison with people who also are at risk and threatened by Islamic <clears throat> radical terrorism, we'll be far more successful. Look, the FBI has the tools necessary to monitor un-American activities in our country. Un-American activities. That sounds very McCarthy-like. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the public. Of course they have those capabilities. And we should make sure that we give the FBI, the NSA, our intelligence uh, communities, all the resources they need to keep us safe. But the main thing we should be focused on is a strategy to destroy ISIS. And I laid out a plan at the Reagan Library before the tragedy of Paris and before San Bernardino to do... I just want to back it up. Did he say library? He might have, but he's in Florida. But, but the main thing we should be focused on is I, I have those capabilities. And we uh, should make sure that we give the FBI... Oh, shit. Yeah. ...with you out in the public. Far. Of course they have those capabilities. And we should make sure that we give the FBI, the NSA, our intelligence I'm waiting uh, to hear library. ...all the resources they need to keep us safe. But the main thing we should be focused on is a strategy to destroy ISIS. And I laid out a plan at the Reagan Library before he did say library. San Bernardino to do just that. It requires leadership. It's not filing an amendment and calling it success. It is developing a strategy, leading the world, funding it to make sure that we have a military that's second, second to none, and doing the job and making sure that we destroy ISIS there. That's how you keep America safe. Ms. Fiorino, as you pointed out, we want to be to take this video and dub over every t- every every time they use the word Islamic or radical Muslim or whatever. Replace that with replace the word Islamic with Christian. Yeah, that's the Christian thing. Terror, yeah. you know, Islamic terrorists with Christian terrorists. Radical Islam with radical Christianity. Yep. Dub over every instance in the whole thing. And and just see what happens. Yeah, they they chomp at the bit to say the words radical Islam, yeah. but they don't ever say anything about radical yeah. Christian. No. And you know what the Islamic people over there in ISIS are probably calling us? Radical Christians. They're the, Oh of course. Yeah. And and they're doing the same thing in Sweden and Norway. I mean not even not even as far as the Middle East. Yeah. Companies there, they say they won't help the FBI now crack encrypted communications from ISIS, should they be forced to? You know, listening to this conversation, let me just say, uh, we have I talked to someone a lot of argument day. about laws, but none of it solves... I'm, I'm skeptical that this is a conversation. This How would they not- force them to do that? Well... But you said you talked to somebody the other day. Oh, no, that's what she's going to say next. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I, I struggle at how this is considered a conversation. Yeah. It's, the, the rules of debate, it, it just it's not a conversation. It just, it's, I'll say whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's examine what happened. Why did we miss the Sarnayev brothers? 
Why did we miss the San Bernardino couple? It wasn't because we had stopped collecting metadata. It was because, I think, as someone who comes from the technology world, we were using the wrong algorithms. No, this they is a place did where nothing the wrong. Could be helpful because the government is woefully behind the technology curve. But secondly, secondly, She's the bureaucratic right processes about that, that have been in place since 9-11 are woefully inadequate as well. I, what do I'm, we now no, know? I, I'm sorry. That DHS vets people by going into databases of known or suspected terrorists. And yet we also know that ISIS is recruiting people who are not in those databases. So of course we're going to miss them. And then we now learn that DHS says, no, we can't check their social media. For heaven's sakes, every parent in America is checking social media, yeah. and every employer is as well. But our government can't do it. The bureaucratic procedures are so far behind our not every fucking parent is checking social media. Mm-hmm. Talk to Dylan Roof's parents. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Were they checking right. his social media no. to see the, some of right. the shit that he was posting? No. Right. As a Christian fucking terrorist? Yeah. Has become incompetent, unresponsive, corrupt. And that incompetence, ineptitude, lack of accountability is now dangerous. It is why we need a different kind of leadership in the White House that understands how to get bureaucracies competent again. But my question was should these Silicon Valley companies be forced to cooperate with the FBI? They do not need to be forced, they need to be asked to bring the best oh and brightest, the most recent technology to the table. I was asked as a CEO. I complied happily, and they will as well, but they have not been asked. That's why it cost billions of dollars to build an Obama website that failed, because the private sector wasn't asked. You're a fucking liar, Carly. Actually, yeah, wasn't that website built by the private sector? Yeah, it was. A, a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. 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 A Canadian company at that. It, the government didn't build it. I hate her so much. Yeah. She's so fucking dumb about and the technology seriously. that she yeah. touts as her yeah. biggest seriously. fucking strength. Snapchat. Snapchat is built on the model of secrecy. Yeah. yeah. It's built on the model of... And, and anyone who thinks that those messages and those images, all those images just go away, that's they, fucking bullshit. No. Yeah. No. They're stored on us. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me And there are Snapchat app, there are apps you can install on your phone to record your Snapchat yeah. shit. Don't tell me Snapchat deletes all that shit, because I don't believe it. Yeah. But for the government... To go and ask Snapchat, can you just give me all the images, all the Snapchats that, that Sarnayev or, or whoever sent They can out. subpoena it. But no, she's saying no. She's saying yeah. not subpoena. Just ask Snapchat. Yeah. They'll give it to you. No. No, because their their model is based on secrecy. Yeah. And, and no, they're not going to just give it to you because that would, as soon as the public found out... That Snapchat is just willfully was, giving away was recording all of yeah. your history and just handed it over to the government because the public will find out. The public always finds yeah. out. Then it's gonna go decim- decimate their oh, yeah. rep- reputation and it's gonna decimate their company. And so again, no, the private companies are not going to voluntarily give over all this data. Yeah, and again, this is coming from a woman who doesn't understand how fucking GPS works. Yeah, right. And we have used the current technology to stop people who are in the process of making bombs or trying to acquire firearms to do some sort of mass shooting. We have stopped people who are were legitimately like, oh, this guy wanted to commit a terrorist act, and we stopped him. 
by using technology. But, People that are not using technology and are sitting there in their bedroom with their brother going, okay, let's go on the internet and look up how to make a pipe bomb. There's nothing illegal about that. Oh, we can make this bomb. Cool. Let's go fucking blow up the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And it- how how many people looked up how to look how to make a pipe bomb after the Boston Marathon? After they learned what it was made of, I guarantee yeah. millions. Uh, how many millions of web hits were there for pressure cooker yeah. pipe bombs after the Boston bombing? Well, even I mean, uh, not are, even just that one. They were they were talking about weapons that ISIS are using for homemade crude stuff, and the guys like, oh yeah, it's all this is in your house, and this is the name of it. Yeah, yeah. like you just gave people the name of the I mean, device, that, now they're googling it. The fucking black book, the the anarchist cookbook, the anarchist cookbook has, has yeah. been around for, yeah. for decades. There's, long there's before there, the internet. There's a problem with the anarchist cookbook, though. What's that? I had a, a guy I work with who's crazy, like uh, chem knowledgeable, and I downloaded well, a it. lot of it. A lot of it won't work. Yeah, yeah, and he went through it. He goes, some of this will work halfway, right. but if you try to com- finish it you're going to kill yourself okay. <laughs> well fortunately i never actually tried yeah that. he's like like most of the stuff here either is not going to work or you're going to really harm yourself <laughs> in the process because they're keeping out key ingredients inside the book yeah. okay but you know there's some youtube video out there oh yeah that, 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 that will that will fill in the blank and go this is the key ingredient you need yeah. to make this safe for you yeah. but deadly to everyone else mr trump You recently suggested uh, closing that internet up. Those were your words. As a way to stop ISIS closing that internet up online. Are you referring to closing down actual portions of the internet? Yes, Some say that like would China. put the U.S. in line with China and North Korea. Well, look, this is so easy to answer. Uh, ISIS is recruiting. It's easy to answer. ISIS is using the internet better than we are using the internet. And it was our idea. We're better at finding porn. What I wanted to do is I wanted to get our brilliant people from Silicon Valley and other places and figure out a way that ISIS cannot do what they're doing. You talk freedom of speech. You talk freedom of anything you want. I don't want them using our internet to take our... They're not using our internet. Internet anymore. And watching it's the media talking about how they're masterminds. These are masterminds. They shouldn't be using the word mastermind. These are thugs. These are terrible people in ISIS, not masterminds. And we have to change it from every standpoint. But we should be using our brilliant people, our most brilliant minds, to figure a way that ISIS cannot use the internet. And then yeah. on second, how we should be able to penetrate. To- the internet and find out exactly where ISIS is and everything about ISIS. And we can yeah. do that if no. we use our good people. Please pause Oh, my God. Let me just, this, is, this is so easy uh, to answer because, because he's answering stupid. in such a juvenile kindergarten way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just stop them from using just it. Just stop yeah. them from using it. Yeah, how does that work out for the fucking North Korean government? Our the Chinese internet. government. It doesn't you work. You can't fucking stop it. It's you can't our, stop it's people from using it. It's internet. It's you global. Orangutan-looking I mean, motherfucker. Well, we can send Comcast can, over there, and they can disconnect their internets for them. We can, we can cut off ties. We can cut all landlines between our internet and every other internet. Oh, yeah. We can cut all satellite, all undersea cables. We can... This is the same way North Korea and China do. We can try and cut our ties, our yeah. physical ties. Sure, we could do that. But like, I have a buddy who used to live in China. He's moving back to China here soon. Guess what? 
He can get on Facebook and he yeah. can get on Twitter and all that stuff, even though it's illegal in China. You know how? You buy an IP address from another country. Right. It's called that's a it. proxy. Yeah. So yeah. as long as you have a proxy that's not within China, he can access whatever right. he wants. So, no, I mean, the, the only way to cut it off is, is to cut the physical connection. Which won't happen because you have to cut the world's fucking connection. You, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, it's, it's, all, it's all connected through sound. You'd have to shut yeah. down satellite. Yeah. You'd have to cut the, the undersea cables. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's easy to answer because he provides such a juvenile answer to it. It's like, do you honestly think that there's a guy in a blown up hut with a fucking cable line going to his house? Yeah. No, he's got fucking satellites and shit he's using yeah. that he can acquire and build. They're not stupid. It's, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I just want to. This is an HD TV, right? I think it's an HD TV. Why? I, I, I mean, but the picture is pretty clear. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. And still, Donald Trump's bangs look like there is a, motion, a Photoshop motion blur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Look, you can see every single strand of Blitzer's hair, even yeah. in his beard. Yeah. And Donald Trump, I still, I'm like, am I getting so old I can't, I can't make out the hairs in his fucking bangs? I mean, what we can see happening? his turtle chin and all the dimples in it. Yes, but, yep. Yeah, I can see all that. But his, his hair, hair is a mystery. It looks like a fucking motion blur. You know blur. what I think it is? I think it's actually painted steel wool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Copper wool, probably. Copper. Wait, yeah. gold. Not gold. Steel. Gold Copper. wool. Gold yeah. wool. What's, what's that technology the singers use, even in real time? Auto-tune. Auto-tune. Is this hair like auto-tune? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it like... Does CNN have like this thing that makes his hair like automatically look better? He probably pays a guy, and he's actually wearing like a green thing on his head, and he's got a guy that's auto tracking his head throughout the whole debate <laughs> with it on there. He's actually weird. wearing a big blue patch. Yes, <laughs> and it's, yeah. just, it's just being tracked the whole time. The whole debate. His, his head is green screen. Yeah. Hey, hey Donald, stay still. We got a green scalp. You. <laughs> I mean, follow up, Mr. Trump. He's got the money. So, are you yeah, open yeah. to closing parts of the internet? I would certainly be open to closing areas where we are at war with somebody. I sure as hell don't want to let people that want to kill us he and kill our nation use our internet. He doesn't oh know what God. the fuck he's talking about. Thank you. Or the dark uh, side of the internet. Well, no, and that's, is shutting down any... I'm sorry. I, uh, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And that's why he's so popular. I, I saw this on yes. the article Because he doesn't know what he's, what he's talking about. Yes. One of, one of yeah. the top five reasons that he's so high in the polls is that even when he's when even when he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about, it's it's the way he puts across his bullshit. Yeah. Yep. The confidence of his bullshit is is why he's so popular. And this is why it's like you can go anywhere we, anywhere you want as long as you're carrying a clipboard and speak with authority. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know so, who else spoke with great confidence and good dictation? <laughs> Godwin. Godwin coming. Oh, I, I don't know. I was, I was asking you guys. I was asking you guys who, who else oh, might have spoke that well. Ask, uh, you were going to ask us to violate. Uh, it was Mao. It was Mao. Yep. I don't know if Mao Hussein. spoke that well. Popot. Popot. Saddam, Saddam Hussein, I think, did also. But uh, Saddam Hussein just killed everybody who didn't like him. Yeah, but yeah, well, but but there, Everyone, there was a. I mean, there was a there was a certain amount of charisma and confidence. Or confidence over charisma, even with all of those guys, including Trump. But this is why skepticism and science is so important. 
in 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 the general population because not to mention just basic knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, we're talking a very elementary level, yeah. but I mean, but there's a significant portion of this country who buys into everything he's saying without knowing anything different. They have right. no idea even how to say well. They that's don't not understand. even possible. Look, or that's not be right. Full of or, shit. Yeah, they, they don't even know enough <laughs> to say that. A, a study, a study, uh, and and this is a problem of technology. It's a problem. A study uh, a few years back found that like forty percent. So there's this whole thing with cloud computing. It's a whole buzzword, and and it pisses me off. And and that's a whole tangent. I don't want to get into. <laughs> I don't like cloud computing because it's just a buzzword. It's just marketing. It's all just network computing applications. Yeah. It's, a, it's been around. Cloud computing, yeah. big air quotes, has been around for you know, 40 years. But forget that. But Done. there's a, a major <laughs> Never portion. Never even learned it, but sure. A huge portion of the population that believes that cloud computing is affected by the weather. That if there's oh. bad weather, that if there, <laughs> there are snowstorms or there are clouds, that your cloud-based like applications, yeah. that your cloud-based applications will be affected uh, or your cloud-based uh. storage will be affected if there's a rainstorm. That's how little people understand about, about technology. The cloud. So Trump throws out this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this bullshit about technology. Oh, we'll just shut down little pieces of the internet, and and they just eat it up because they don't understand. Yeah, you can do that. Oh uh-huh. uh, you yeah. just shut it, shut yeah. it down. No, I, you. It doesn't work like that. I remember just, seeing a Facebook post. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this not, works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, uh, it's it's like, oh, you know, my my arm is malfunctioning, so I'm just going to shut down my arm temporarily yeah. <laughs> until I get it working correctly. It's not the way. Yeah, a, a living body works, and the internet is really kind of more in tune with a living body. I mean, it's it's a. It's a, an entity that's, that's... I I imagine a cartoon or just a meme real quick about what you just said, where someone is standing outside their house with their computer and looking up in the sky and there's no clouds like, oh, can't connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing a Facebook post from a college where, where somebody said, does anyone know if turning on my fan will affect my Wi-Fi signal or the blow away the particles or something like that? <laughs> and, yeah. then, and, then it, and then the response was from the physics department and the kid said... Spoken like a true theology student. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh. the internet, a good idea. No, I don't, I don't think it is. And I want to go back to two other issues. One is the metadata. We know we have to hold this data for a longer period of time. We already talked about this. And, you it was know, like what, an hour ago, Kasich. Right. Come on. Look, what a president has yeah. to do is stake a position. We don't want to err on the side of having less. We want to err on the side of having more. That's good for our families. In addition to that, Wolf, there is a big problem. It's called encryption. And the people in San Bernardino were communicating with people who the FBI had been watching. But because their phone was encrypted, because the, the intelligence officials could not see who they were talking to, it was lost. 
We have to solve the encryption problem. It is not easy. A president of the United States, again, has to bring people together, have a position. We need to be able to penetrate these people when they are involved in these plots mm, and these plans. And we have to give the local authorities the ability to penetrate the disrupt. That's what we penetrate. need to do. Encryption is a major problem, and Congress has got to deal with We have to double penetrate them. So does the DP president. DP the Internet. Thank, Thank you, you, Governor. <laughs> uh, the fight against radical Islamic terrorists and ISIS has been called the war of our time. So let's talk about how each of you, as commander-in-chief, would fight this war and win it. Senator Cruz, you have said you would, quote, carpet bomb ISIS into oblivion, testing whether, quote, sand can glow in the dark. Does that mean leveling the (laughs) ISIS capital of Raqqa in Syria, where there are hundreds of thousands of civilians? What it means is using overwhelming air air power to utterly and completely destroy ISIS. To put things in in perspective, in the first Persian Gulf War, we we launched roughly 1,100 air attacks a day. We carpet bombed them for 37 days, saturation bombing, after which our troops went in and in a day and a half mopped up what was left of the Iraqi army. Right now, Obama is launching between 15 and 30 air attacks a day. It it, it is photo op foreign policy. We need to use overwhelming air power. We need to be arming the Kurds. We need to be fighting and killing ISIS where they are. And let me go back to the earlier. This stupid shit thinks that ISIS exists in an anthill. And if we destroy the anthill, everything will be fine. Yeah. They're in one central location. And if you just carpet bomb that one central location, everything will be fine. They'll be utterly destroyed. Right. And not only that, but then (sighs) he's already contradicted himself because, you know, he's talking about, you know, 1100 bombings a day or whatever he was saying, like they did in Gulf in Desert Storm. But then also we need to arm the Kurds. Why? For what purpose? I imagine if you're gonna if you're gonna wipe them out with with air attacks, what are you arming the Kurds for? I imagine this stupid shit looking at a map or a globe and going, "Oh, ISIS is in Iraq, and that's only about the size of you know three quarters." And so, if we bomb a size of like a dime where they exist, that'll fucking go away. Not not realizing that they're spread out all fucking over the place all but, over the world wait a minute doesn't isis exist because we bombed the shit out of iraq yeah and isis grew up out of the well, remnants yes. of of bombing the crap out of iraq and yeah. going to war with iraq there's also and that now we have isis so what do we get after we bomb the the crap out of isis after we hit the fucking anthill or isis whatever? squared i said yeah i mean the, the <laughs> next generation of, of <laughs> radical yeah. And it's also an Horus. idea. An idea is extremely hard to kill. No yeah, kidding. you can't yeah. fucking you, bomb you an idea bomb out of existence. Right. Yeah. right. A minute ago. It's not a lack of competence that is preventing the Obama administration from stopping these attacks. It is political correctness. No. We no. didn't monitor the Facebook oh posting of the so female San Bernardino terrorist because the Obama DHS thought it would be inappropriate. She made a public call to been. jihad and they didn't target it. The Zarnaev brothers, the elder brother made a public call to jihad and the Obama administration didn't target it. Nadal Hassan communicated with Anwar al-Awlaki, a known radical cleric, asked about waging jihad against his fellow soldiers. The problem is because of political correctness, the no, Obama because administration, of like a lot because of folks of the, here, oh my want God. To search everyone's so, cell phones and emails and not focus on the bad guys and political correctness is killing people. Thank you. 
This is the first I've heard about Sarnayev brother calling jihad. Yeah, I I've think not, it was while he's being attacked. Never heard about that before. No. But I'll, I'll I'll take that as given. I'll take that as truth. What does that I matter? Wouldn't. That that doesn't. I based on American law that that doesn't matter. It, he was an American citizen. He he's free right. under our civil. It's not political correctness. It's the the, yeah, it's, the it's bill of rights. Right, it's it's the freedom that they all tout. But but again, I'm going to come back to what what if the United States has had instituted Ted Cruz's plan in the 50s when we were at war with communism? Oh, we the did Cubans, have that happen. And the Cubans. Oh, his dad wouldn't be here. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, this is so so he's benefiting from the political correctness yeah. that he's so fired up about, but yet he wants to turn around and use the stuff that we neglected to use against his, his father against everybody else. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. What we're Got not, mine. We're Fuck not, you. Yep, we're exactly. not addressing Perfect the fundamental problems. The the core problems that that's that all of this is based on. Is is now we're we're addressing the the symptoms of it, and we're addressing the symptoms of it erratically. We're addressing them like this, but we're ignoring the whole Cuban thing. You know, we we could have done the same thing with the with the communists, and we didn't. But yeah, and it's worked out okay. Well, you know, we put them Japs in internment uh-huh. camps. Well, yeah. oh, Jesus, that solved everything. Oh yeah, God. and some Germans. Yeah. I got to see the German encampment out at Dugway. Yeah. There's one building left. The rest of it has been... Blown up. Blown up. Well, it was where they took the German POWs and Germans during World War II to build reconstructions of German buildings so the military could practice blowing them up to figure out the best way to destroy a German building. Because the wow. German buildings are so much different than well, it was it was it was construct like the the construction of the building like the way they would build like their masonry work and all that kind of stuff yeah. how they built their structures for their like their camps hmm. their like, Steinmetz to be clear Senator Cruz would you carpet bomb Raqqa the ISIS capital where there are a lot of civilians yes you, or no you would carpet bomb where ISIS is not a city That's, but the location of the troops you use air power that is where they are special You're forces to direct the air power but, but the object is to they are. the city no, but that's their the biggest city they hold to kill the ISIS terrorists it. to make it listen ISIS is gaining strength because the perception is that they're winning and President Obama fuels that perception. No. That will change when militants across the globe see that when you join ISIS, that you are giving up your life, you are signing your death warrant, and we need a president who is focused want on to defeating die. every single ISIS terrorist and protecting the homeland, Thank which you. should be the you first priority. Thank you, Senator. Senator Rubio. You've been critical of Senator Cruz's strategy. You say his voting record doesn't match his rhetoric. Why? Well, let me begin by saying that we have to understand who ISIS is. ISIS is a radical Sunni group. They cannot just be defeated through airstrikes. Airstrikes are a key component of defeating them, but they must be defeated on the ground by a ground force. And that ground force must be primarily made up of Sunni Arabs themselves. Sunni Arabs that reject them ideologically and confront them militarily. We will have to embed additional American special operators alongside them to help them with training, to help them conduct special missions, and before. to help improve the We've airstrikes. The airstrikes years. are important, but we need to have an Air Force capable of it. And because of the budget cuts we and are we facing don't? in this country, 
We are going to be left with the oldest and the smallest air force we have ever had. No. We have to reverse those cuts. No, you dipshit. In addition dipshit. to the cuts to our Navy and in addition to the cuts to our Army as well. And beyond that, I would say we must win the information war against ISIS. Every war we have ever been involved in has had a propaganda if informational aspect to it. ISIS is winning the propaganda war. They are recruiting people, no, including not. Americans, to join them with the promise that they are joining this great apocalyptic movement that is going to defeat the West. Like the we have to show what life is really like in ISIS territory, and we have to show them why ISIS is not invincible by going out and conducting these attacks and publicizing them to those who they recruit. Because I, I asked the it's question, like, Senator, uh, because still you said P-51s this. He, said he like referring Corsairs to Senator Cruz, shit, voted yeah. against the Defense Authorization Act every year that it came up. And right. I assume that if he voted against it, he would veto it as president. That's the bill that funds that our is troops. The, that is accurate. Three times he voted against the Defense Authorization Act, which is a bill that funds the troops. It also, by the way, funds the Iron Dome and other important programs. And I have to assume that if you vote against it in the Senate, you would also veto it as president. He has also supported, by the way, a budget uh, that is called the containment budget. And it is a budget that would radically reduce the amount of money we spend on our military. You can't carpet bomb ISIS if you don't have planes and bombs to attack them with. And if we continue those cuts that we're doing now, not to mention additional cuts, we are going to be left with the oldest and the smallest air force this country the has oldest? ever had. And that leaves we us We have the newest safe. aircraft. We just released three of the well, newest you know, fucking ships at sea. continue yeah. these attacks, and, and he knows they're not true. Yes, it is true that I voted against the National Defense Authorization Act because when I campaigned in Texas, I told voters in Texas that I would oppose the federal government having the authority to detain U.S. citizens permanently with no due process. I have repeatedly supported an effort to take that out of that bill, and I honored that campaign commitment. But more broadly, you know, the notion Marco is suggesting that, that, that somehow he, he also has tossed uh, more than a few insults this direction. Let's be absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. Let's. <laughs> ISIS... And radical Islamic terrorism will face no more determined foe than I will be. We will yeah. utterly destroy them by targeting the bad guys. And one of the problems in their, in their you capital city, fought foreign policy is he has far too often supported Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama undermining governments in the Middle East that have helped radical Islamic terrorists. We need to focus on killing the bad guys, not getting stuck in Middle Eastern civil wars that don't keep America safe. Senator Rubio. Yeah, let me, three points of distinction. The first is, if you're an American citizen and you decide to join up with ISIS, we're not going to read you your Miranda rights. You're going to be treated as an enemy combatant, a member of an army attacking this country. Number two... We do need our defense capabilities. It is a fact that the cuts we are facing today and the cuts that Senator Cruz would have supported would leave us with an even smaller Air Force and a smaller Navy than the one we are going to be left with. And the final point that I would make is Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama's strategy is to lead from behind. It sounds like what he's outlining is not to lead at all. We cannot continue to outsource foreign policy. We must lead. We are the most powerful nation in the world. We need to begin to act like it again. We're going to have much more on this. We're yeah. going to have much more on this, but I want to move now back to Mr. Trump. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a lot to discuss. I want to move to Mr. Trump right now. We, we have a question on this war they against ISIS and how you would fight no. and win this war. Here's the question Was from Facebook. From Listen Carson to this. Or <laughs> I'm Josh Jacob from Georgia Tech. Recently, Donald Trump mentioned that we must kill the families of ISIS members. However, this violates the principle of distinction between civilians and combatants in international law. So my question is, how would intentionally killing innocent civilians set us apart from ISIS? Oh. Mr. Trump, 
We have to be much tougher. We have to be much stronger than we've been. We have people that know what's going on. You take a look at just the attack in California the other day. There were numerous people, including the mother, that knew what was going on. They saw a pipe bomb sitting all over the floor. They saw ammunition all over the place. They knew exactly what was going on. When you had the World Trade Center go, people were put into planes that were friends, family, girlfriends, and they were put into planes, and they were sent back, for the most part, to Saudi Arabia. Oh, They knew what was going on. Part of the they went or, home, and they wanted to watch the their boyfriends on television. I would be very, very firm with families. And frankly, that will make people think, because they may not care much about their lives, but they do care, believe it or not, about their families' lives. Donald, this is another of the example of the lack of seriousness. Yeah. Look. Well, this is this is troubling because we're at war. They've declared war on us and we need to have a serious strategy to destroy ISIS. But the idea that that is a solution to this is just it's just crazy. It makes no sense to suggest this. Look, two months ago, Donald Trump said that ISIS was not our fight just two months ago. He said that Hillary Clinton would be a great negotiator (laughs) with Iran. And he got gets his foreign policy experience from the shows. Uh, come on, give that me. is not a serious kind of candidate. We need someone that thinks this through, that can lead our country to, to safety and security. Mr. Trump. Look, the, the problem is we need toughness. Honestly, I think Jeb is a very nice person. He's a very nice person, but we need tough people. We need toughness. We need intelligence and we need tough. Jeb said when they come across the southern border, they come as an act of love. You said in September 30th that ISIS was not a I, I, Am I talking or are you talking, Jeb? I'm talking. talking. <laughs> I'm talking. You can go back. You're not talking. talking. You interrupted me, September 30th. Shut the fuck up, Jeb. No. Am I allowed to finish? Yes, one at a time. Excuse go ahead, me. Mr. Am I allowed to finish? Go ahead, Mr. Trump. So, little of your again, own I know oh. uh, you're trying to build up your Look, look, look. We need a toughness. We need strength. We're not respected as a, you know, as a nation anymore. We don't have that level of respect that we need. Party. And if we don't get it back fast, we're just going to go weaker, weaker, and just disintegrate. We can't allow that to happen. We need strength. We don't have it. When Jeb comes out and he talks about the border, and I saw it, and I was witness to it, and so was everyone else, and I was standing there, they come across as an act of love. He's saying the same thing right now with radical Islam. And we can't have that in our country. It just won't won't work. We need strength. Governor Bush. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. That's not going to happen. And I do have the strength. Oh, that was great. Leadership, leadership Leadership is not about attacking people and disparaging people. Leadership is about creating a serious strategy to deal with the threat of our time. And I laid out that strategy before the attacks. Uh, in Paris and before the attacks in San Bernardino, and it is the way that the, of the way forward. We need to increase our military spending. We need to deal with a no-fly zone in Syria, a safe zone. We need to focus on building a military that is second Thank to you. none, so that we can destroy Islamic terror. With Jeb's attitude, we will never be great again. That I can tell you, we will never be great again. <laughs> All right, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh at Adenabash. Hugh, just, go ahead with the next question. Not even worth responding to, Dr. Carson. Um, you mentioned in your opening remarks that you're a pediatric neuro, uh, neurologist. Surgeon, neurologist? Neurosurgeon. And yeah. people admire and respect and are inspired by your life story, your kindness, your evangelical core support. No. We're talking about ruthless things tonight. 
carpet bombing, toughness, war. And people wonder, could you do that? Could you order airstrikes that would kill innocent children by not the scores, but the hundreds and the thousands? Could you wage war as a commander-in-chief? that's what's important. That's what we need. Well, interestingly enough, you should see the eyes of some of those children when I say to them, we're going to have to open your head up and take out this tumor. They're not happy about Uh, it. I don't know. And they don't like me very much at that point. But later on, so these they kids, love me. you're about to Sometimes bomb you, and destroy. I sound like him. Like kill. Uh, yeah. Later, <laughs> they got look at you. You know, later on. That was kind of funny. You know, they really realize what's going on. And by the same token, you have to be able to look at the big picture. So if you blow them up, they'll understand. It's they'll, actually They'll be grateful merciful. later on. Yeah. If you go ahead and with finish virgins, the job, they'll be grateful. They'll be grateful. Death by a thousand pricks. So you Thank are you, okay Carson, with the all death of thousands yeah. of innocent children and civilians. Death by a thousand pricks. I think that's the <laughs> Republican. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the new Republican slogan. Death yeah, by yeah, a thousand, thousand pricks. pricks. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how many it's are like, running for president. You got it. You got it. That, that is what more. Can, can you be as ruthless as Churchill was yeah. in prosecuting yeah. the war against the Nazis? Ruthless is not the, necessarily the word I would use. That boo. You wanted to hear audience. what caused the boo? Yeah, there's a big uproar. That was good. And understand that it's actually merciful if you go ahead and finish the job rather than so blow them up. death by a thousand pricks. So Instead you are okay them. with the deaths of thousands of innocent children and civilians. It's, it's like... <laughs> you got it. You got it. That is what war... Wow. Can, wow. can you be as ruthless as Churchill was in prosecuting the war against the Nazis? Ruthless is not the, necessarily the word I would use, but tough, resolute, understanding what the problems are, and understanding that the job of the president of the United States is to protect the people of this country and to do what is necessary in order to get it done. I think he did say he would kill the kids. You said ISIS grew stronger because of the hawks in your party. Do you really think that Republicans have fueled the rise of ISIS? Oh, yes. I think that by arming the allies of ISIS, the Islamic rebels against Assad, that we created a safe space or made that space bigger for ISIS to grow. I think those who have wanted regime change have made a mistake. When we toppled Gaddafi in Libya, I think that was a mistake. I think ISIS grew stronger. We have a failed state and we are more at risk. I'd like to also go back to another question, which is, is Donald Trump a serious candidate? The reason I ask this is, if you're going to close the internet, realize, America, what that entails. That entails getting rid of the First Amendment, okay? It's no small feat. If you are going to kill the families of terrorists, realize that there's something called the Geneva Convention we're going to have to pull out of. It would defy every norm that is America. So when you ask yourself, whoever you are, that think you're going to support Donald Trump, Think, do you believe in the Constitution? Are you going to change or the Constitution? Or do you believe in pulling out? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely pulling out. So. Pull out of here. She won't go. They can kill us, but we can't kill them. 
That's what you're saying. And as far as the internet is concerned, not their families. I'm talking about closing the internet. I'm talking about parts closing of Syria, parts of Iraq, we where can't ISIS just do is that. spotting it. Now you could close it. What I like even better than that is getting our smartest and getting our best to infiltrate their internet, so that we know exactly where they're going. The fuck exactly are you talking about? We, I like that better. We're gonna put midgets in their in their coaxial cables. Yeah. There's gremlins in the water. Mortars, not mortars. Kill us, modems. And you're you're objecting to us infiltrating their conversations? I don't think so. I don't think so. Senator Paul, it doesn't work that way. He has no idea what he's talking about. You saying that ISIS grew stronger because of hawks in your party? And do you think that your own party, the people who you're describing, are responsible for the rise of ISIS? I think that if you believe in regime change, you're mistaken. In 2013, we put 600 tons of weapons, us, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar, into the war against Assad. By pushing Assad back, we did create a safe space. We had people coming to our foreign relations committee and saying, oh, we need to arm the allies of al-Qaeda. They are still saying this. It is a crazy notion. This is the biggest debate we should be having tonight, is is regime change a good idea? Has it been a good idea? There are still people, the majority on the stage, they want to topple Assad. It's a good, and then good idea chaos, in Israel. And I think ISIS Senator, will then be in charge Senator, of Syria. Senator, we're going to talk about regime change uh, in a bit, but Governor Kasich, would you like to respond to Senator Paul? Yeah, let me, let me just suggest to everybody, and I hear, uh, last February, I said we needed to have people on the ground in a coalition. You're really going to use your time to say allies. what you already said? This is not going to get done just by working with the Sunnis, and it is not going to get done if we just embed a few people. We have to go massively like we did in the first Gulf War, where we destroyed Sodom's ability to take Kuwait. We need to have a coalition that will stand for nothing less than the total destruction of ISIS, and we have to be the leader. We can't wait for anybody else. I served on the Armed Thank Services you. Committee for 18 years, and we must lead or the job won't get done, Thank unfortunately, for our country. Thank you, Governor. Senator Rubio. Let's continue this conversation. This is a critically important issue. I hope at some point that, you're going to ask me my strategy. We, <laughs> we have a lot of time. Uh, that was an entirely different situation. I want to get Senator yeah. Rubio. Oh, yeah. The first right Gulf War Let's talk about was fundamentally one of the aspects of your strategy. What we're, the first Gulf War, we were facing uh, a sovereign nation. Yeah. We were facing, a, and, and you, you could argue about the whole oil and, and all that and were there but, underlying other things going on. But but we were facing a sovereign nation, a sovereign government that was invading another sovereign nation. That's not what's happening. ISIS is not a sovereign nation. No. It's it's not it's not the not same a paradigm. Nation. It's not a nation at all. So it's it's kind of apples and oranges to say that that we should and I was in the first Gulf War and I I supported it. I, I realized there were there were some, you know, other considerations there that maybe we should or should not have been there but well i think the the first gulf war was a a whole lot different animal than invading iraq yeah secondarily i mean we're we're talking about stopping saddam hussein from invading kuwait right versus invading iraq and and right doing what saddam did to kuwait was the second 
Gulf the sec, what George W. Bush did right. was what Saddam did to Kuwait. Right. So and and we did what we needed to do, and we got the fuck out. We yeah. Had no fly zones, and you know, and we just that was that was it. And and we had a, a but again, it was a sovereign nation. It was. It was a very different paradigm, and it's, it just—it's tough to equate that with ISIS now. Yeah, right. On the one hand, just, you have Curly. Way to defeat ISIS is with ground forces made up primarily of Sunni Arab forces. Those Arab nations, though, as you well know, they've conducted less than 5% of the airstrikes and actually none since August. What makes you think? They are willing to fight on the ground if they're not even willing to fight from the air. Well, they most certainly will have to be worked on to provide more than what they are doing now. There's no doubt about it. And there's one one major reason why they have not been willing (laughs) to be a broader part of the coalition. And that is they have lost complete trust and confidence in this president. This president cut a deal with their mortal enemy, the Shia, in Iran. And this is the reason why they no longer trust this president. So they no longer defend themselves? But they have as much invested in this as we do. In fact, more so. For it is the king of Saudi Arabia they want to behead first. It's the king of Jordan that they want to dethrone. It's the, they want to go into Egypt, like the way they've already gone into Libya. And on another point we need to talk about, Assad is one of the main reasons why ISIS even Wait, exists to Iran begin with. Assad Libya? is a puppet of Iran. I guess. And he has been so brutal towards the scene of Sunni within me, yeah. Syria Must that he created happened. the space that led so. for the people of Syria themselves to stand up and try to overthrow him. That led to the chaos, which allowed ISIS to come in and take advantage of that situation <laughs> and grow more powerful. And the fact that this president led from behind meant there were no alternative groups on the ground to be empowered leaving ISIS the prime operating space they needed to become the force they have now become. That's just factually incorrect. Stand by. (laughs) Ms. Fiorina, the former Defense Secretary Bob Cates says the chances of getting Sunni Arab forces on the ground to get the job done, his words, chances very remote. What's your strategy? Well, first I'll just point out that talking tough is not the same as being strong. And to wage war, we need a commander-in-chief who has made tough calls in tough times and stood up to be held accountable over and over, not first-term senators who never made an executive decision in their life. One or of the things no-term I would senator? do, in addition to defeating them here Boom, at home, Marco. is bring back the warrior class, Petraeus, McChrystal, Mattis, Keene, Flynn. Every single one of these generals I know, everyone was retired early because they told President Obama things that he didn't want to hear. We must have Sunni Arabs involved. Or they were having affairs and they didn't Support and resolve. I'll just add that Margaret Thatcher once said, if you want something talked about, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Thank you. We're not talking about the dishes here. Governor Christie, what's your strategy? Wow. You know, you sit up here and, and you listen to this stuff and you think that so many of these people have had oh, yeah, so much running. to do in this national debate. Are, they, they talk like they were bystanders. You know, we talk about our military being degraded over time, and yet we've had folks on the stage who've been a part of Congress who have participated in sequester, <laughs> who participated you. in the degrading yeah. Yeah. of this military over time. Yeah. And I, that's why I think people get so frustrated with Washington, D.C. now. That's why they're so angry with the, ele- the electorate, so angry with everybody who's involved in government in Washington, D.C. Because if you listen to the folks up here, you would think that they weren't even there. 
It had nothing to do with this. This is the difference between being a governor and, and, and being in a legislature. See, because when something doesn't work in New Jersey, they look at me. Say, why didn't you get done? Why didn't you do it? You have to be responsible and accountable. And so on ISIS, let's be clear. The president needs to be a force that is trusted in the world. And on this, I agree with Marco. You know, we, this president's not trusted. If you're the king of Jordan, if you're in the royal family in Saudi Arabia, and he's made this deal with Iran, which gives them $150 billion to wage a war and try to extend their uh, empire across the Middle East, why would you want to do it now? But I will tell you this, when I stand across from King Hussein of Jordan, I say to him, you have a friend again, sir, who will stand with you to fight this fight. He'll change his mind. Dr. Carson, what's your strategy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first first of all, uh, I've been talking about this for over a year. We have to destroy their caliphate uh, because that gives them legitimacy to go ahead with the global jihad. Uh, we have to take their energy because they take are the, their energy. ISIS is the richest terrorist organization. We're going to use stones. Oh, take their oil, man. shut down all the mechanisms whereby they can disperse money because they go after disaffected individuals from all over the place and they are able to pay them. That makes a difference. As far as the so command centers are concerned in Raqqa yeah. and to a lesser degree in Mosul, cut those off. Do the same kind of thing that we did with Sinjar a few weeks ago, working with our embedded special forces, with the Kurds, shut off the supply route, soften them up. Then we go in with special ops followed by our Air Force to take them over. Those are, those are things that work. But also... You know, this whole concept of boots because on the ground. Special. You know, we've got a phobia about boots on the ground. If yeah, our military experts say history. we need boots on the ground, we should put boots on the ground and recognize there will be boots on the ground and they'll be over here and they'll be their boots if we don't get them out of there now. Thank you. Uh, oh, no. He just got a little bit energized. Just beginning, uh, coming up. Uh, which candidates uh, on this stage tonight want to move U.S. foreign policy in a dramatically new direction? We'll be right back. This is the godless interruption. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. What? 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 what ben? I don't know. What, oh. I don't know what the fuck Ben was just talking take about. Away I don't, their, I don't take think away their knows. money. Take away their energy. Take away their energy with our magic stones. Yeah. I don't know. What the fuck is he talking about? He keeps talking. We'll find their tantric energy points. (laughs) Locate their chi. We'll send Deepak Chopra over there. When he keeps saying we got to destroy their caliphate, their caliphate all relies on al-Baghdadi, who is like the leader of the caliphate, who's the top guy. He's their, like, he's the third coming of their, I can't remember what number of caliphate this is. Third coming. keep track. Well, it's like, it's like the Reich. There's a first Reich, there's a second Reich, there's a third Reich. Third Reich Caliphates right. go the same way. There's an old caliphate, there's another caliphate, then another yeah. one, now this current one going on. Popes but, go the same way. Yeah, too. So, yeah but I mean, it's al-Baghdadi is the leader of this one. He's the head man who is like never seen on TV. No one ever, he's got one video of him out there actually doing a public prayer or talk in front of their people. So even if you kill him, they're going to keep letting him live on in people's war dreams and stuff because nobody ever sees the fucker. Huh. So how are you going to kill someone who's already basically an imaginary guy over there? Well, Dan says he's cold. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you guys are cold. No, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> all right. Because I'd open the window earlier. And, uh, the window is open. I didn't even notice. <laughs> okay. And Ryan's from Wisconsin. It does get a little Grant it, story is it, it gets a little stuffy in here. Yes, so I open the window. No, this so. is this I was is outside shoveling today with my bald head and no gloves and no jacket <laughs> on. So no, this is preferable to stuffy for me. All right, I don't tend to get cold. Yeah, me too. I have I have an eighty pound. 80 plound. 80 plound. Plound. <laughs> blanket of fat covering my body. So. And, a, and a 20 pound beard yes. covering his yeah. face. I'm just a, trying a to be a good host, man. Come on. <laughs> I noticed your beard was, is the beard braiding out of anger? It's so I don't tear it out. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I noticed like throughout the debate, I'm like grabbing fistfuls yeah. of it and. And tugging. So I just I noticed also it went from grabbing nice. fistfuls to being braided. Yeah, I, I braided it to avoid the fistfuls of of beard grabbing. I, I didn't nice. know if it's you're just braid. calling yeah. upon like your Viking face looks tidy. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I, I just noticed you you're sporting a healthier beard than yes, than I usually see. Or well, are, are, are we having a bit of co-host envy here? I mean, is there? Is there what's, what's what's going on here? Mostly laziness. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm not required at work to do anything, and so I'm like, why have I been doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's, that's that's mostly it. Why am I spending so much money on razors and cream? Yeah, like just, that's crazy. I don't gotta do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 time away from building my base in Fallout Four, and so. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> It's it's time I can't afford. You see, oh, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. Ryan Ryan would crush your base as long as he's got a belly full of whiskey. <laughs> and, That's yeah, right. and as long as he's talking about the right goddamn game. That too. He's, th- I, I he's was... thinking about Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. There, there's a certain irony there, though. though I I just noticed it though, and you know you don't see it on the on the audio. But one side of the table is, is very hairy, and the other side of the table is bald, <laughs> relatively bald. That's interesting. Yes, yes, very true. It's an interesting dichotomy you pointed yeah. out. Yeah. You, usually, I, usually I have the locks up top, but, uh, but you've yeah. been kept true. You harassed uh, fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm like, sorry. I, like I didn't. The Grant's the one who pointed out it's your a, follically challenged nature. Yes. Well, it's it's like the crossfire of uh, hair. <laughs> I, there, there, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to be competing with Dan's beard. There's, I mean, that's clear but, from uh, the beginning. But I was even I thinking I'll, of the I'll fact that shot. you segregated us to begin with. <laughs> it's like you bald fucks have to sit on that side of the table. I'm not dealing with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm oh. the only one under six feet, though, so there's that. <laughs> True. <laughs> if you got BPC, there's always a reason. Yeah, sure. There's always something to be offended about. Here at the Venetian Las yeah. Vegas, the war against ISIS will pose many new challenges for the next commander-in-chief. The last two presidents pursued a Middle East policy that supported toppling dictators to try to promote democracy. Senator Cruz... You have said the world would be safer today if Saddam Hussein were still in power in Iraq, Muammar Gaddafi ruled Libya, and Hosni Mubarak ruled Egypt. So would it be your policy to preserve dictatorships rather than promoting democracy in the Middle East? Well, 
Why is it keep Obama pausing? and Hillary Clinton? And unfortunately, more than a few Republicans have gotten distracted from the central focus of keeping this country safe. So let's go back to the beginning of the Obama administration when Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama oh, led Hillary NATO Clinton was there at the beginning? in toppling the government in Libya. And they did it because they NATO. wanted to promote democracy. A number of Republicans supported them. The result of that, and we were told then that there were these moderate rebels that would take over. Well, the result is Libya is now a terrorist war zone run by jihadists. Move, move over to Egypt. Once again, the Obama administration, encouraged by Republicans, toppled Mubarak, who had been a reliable ally of the United States, of Israel, and in its place, Morsi and the Muslim Brotherhood came in, a terrorist organization. And we need to learn from history. These same yeah, that Republicans leaders, don't work Obama, in the Clinton, and far too many Republicans <laughs> want to topple Assad. Assad is a bad man. Gaddafi was a bad man. Mubarak had a terrible human rights record. But they were assisting us, so at least Republicans. Gaddafi and Mubarak, in fighting radical oil. Islamic terrorists. And if we topple Assad, the result will be ISIS will take over Syria, and it will worsen U.S. national security interests. And, and the approach... Instead of being a Woodrow Wilson democracy promoter, we ought to hunt down our enemies and kill ISIS rather than creating opportunities for ISIS to take control Thank you, of Senator. new countries. Thank you, Senator. Senator Rubio. So as long as these people are, some more, are, are supporting American interests, fuck let, the people let, that they rule over. Yeah. Let them be inhumane and kill their citizens yeah. as long as they help us. Yeah. Yeah. I, as long as they support the oil flowing into America. Yeah. You know, fuck their if, fuck the citizens that they have complete control yeah. over and are if, murdering. If, if they're not helping us, fuck them. I'm yeah. actually not. I'm not. I'm not totally against the idea of leaving Assad alone. Well, the uh, war is already happening. There's a civil yes, war yes, going on. Yes, yes. I, I. But but I mean, but if that if that's something we had to do, his solution is absolutely wrong. We need to just withdraw. I'm. I'm. And let, I'm on. Let it. And let it play out. But I'm, I mean, I'm on. I'm on that. I, I, I'm not opposed to just leaving the entire Middle East alone. So you guys just, are isolationists. Not I like as long as as no, long as I wouldn't say isolationists. They're not directly attacking the United States. Like yeah. fuck, fuck everything else. Fuck, no, I, fuck how they're treating their that, own people. No, how, no, fuck I, how they're treating no, people I, in the I region. I would say we should be there for humanitarian support and need humanitarian relief, and we should help. Anyone get out who wants to get out and help them, but fighting the the fucking battles? No, I mean it's it's their war that they've been waging between each other for thousands of years. Yeah, and, you know, I mean we're and and we've failed miserably for a long time, and the British before us to try and instill. Uh, you know, some kind of our idea of government on on them. It's like let them fight it. We should. So what be is the there. root of what is the root of the problem? There, you think? Well, I religion. I, I yes, uh, the, <laughs> yes. The, the, theocratic, you know, fundamentalism. I I I think is the root. I I think there are a lot of moderates there that that are stuck in the crossfire, and we should be there to help them. And you know, you know, help them get out, and either come here or or help them get somewhere else. But fighting the war and trying to stop the the war between these fundamentalists, 
we failed at that. We failed time and time again, and and the British failed before us. Yeah, it's it's never worked. And this war has been going on in the Middle East in one form or another for a long, long time. Yeah, and and well, I'm like just, you said, thousands of years. And I'm just I'm I'm tired of being a part of it, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we shouldn't be a part of it. We should provide humanitarian support. I absolutely agree with that. But to try and stop the war, I, I don't think that's something they've got to do. Yeah, I, I don't think we can stop the war. It's just like until, we had to settle Until our and unless we are able to educate the people there that, you know what, your religious ideas are no more valid than yeah. the other reli- ridiculous fucking religious ideas that your opponents are espousing. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. they're, they're both fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to clear up. I, I don't know that I would say I'm a hardline isolationist necessarily. Yeah, but I I would I would tend to be a lot more of an isolationist than an interventionist slash occupier. Uh, okay. Of, of George W. Bush, but that wasn't even the point of what I was saying. What I was saying was, if I had to pick a highlight out of what Ted Cruz just said, the only thing I could maybe possibly agree with is leaving Assad alone and getting the fuck out of there. But that wasn't his proposal. It was leave Assad alone, but go in and kill ISIS anyway, which is almost the same to me. Yeah. You go in and kill yeah, how Assad, is that any different than what we're ISIS. doing now, I, Yeah, really. I don't want any of that. So, you know, yeah. So that was only my point. But yes, yeah. Yeah. It, it, if, in terms of occupying a foreign country or being an isolationist, yes, I would take isolationist. But well, that's not to be always honest, my position. The only, the only reason they're a threat to us to begin with is because we're interfering in Because we've been occupying them in the first place, yes. You know, I mean, there there are a lot of countries out there, and we were talking about this before the show. There are a lot of countries out there that ISIS isn't. I mean, ISIS isn't bombing Jamaica, yeah, uh, <laughs> Jamaica, you know, or Canada, or or well, a well, lot I of had other, proposed, you know, ganja for guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, ganja. That's that's right. actually a good idea. Every, that's that's every, the buyback program. Everything <laughs> the Republicans would hate. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're the we, Libertarians would be on board. No, we're, maybe we're, no. We're no, being wouldn't. targeted because they want of their guns. Our they want ganja and guns. <laughs> yeah, because we invaded those countries. But, yeah, and, yeah. The libertarian because, version uh, of for, ganja for guns is for show us decades. how many guns you have, and we'll give you that much ganja. Right, right. And then we'll take it all back to the Shire. <laughs> and, and our our intrusion into that predates it predates the first Iraq War. Predates nine yeah. eleven. It, it goes back to our you know. Our influence in Iran and and our overthrow of of the democratic and the insulation of the yeah. Shah or uh, you know all that it goes I mean, back to the Crusades, dude. It, if you're, I mean, it, you're kidding me if you think that they don't on. think that the United States and Western Europe have been connected since the late 1500s, exactly yeah. or early. So you know, if we just yeah, that's why we are a target. It's not because we're the the greatest threat. To well, them. that's I, part of it. Because we've been fucking with them. We've been poking been this beehive forever. Because of the oil. I, I mean, mean it's, I, yeah. it's the, the same, oil is a big It's the part same reason why like everybody that. hates the Patriots. Because they've been the best. Hey, everybody. This is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist... A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids 
handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. <laughs> that's that's and that's part of it. That's just part of being the best. And all, the ones all, that don't all inflate football. You know, the Raiders beat the Broncos. And on yeah, and I'm very grateful because that, that moved yeah. New England back into the number one seed in the AFC after their thrashing of the Texans. And you're all welcome. I'm, all I'm seeing yes. on this table you, are Raiders. Raiders and Green Bay Packers. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got the we got the Patriots. Over. Oh, there's a Patriot. Oh, okay. I got the Patriots over so, yeah. I, I bought I bought everybody their own special little coasters. I got the Raiders as the Patriots. And I'm Ryan's got Green Bay. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I, I rarely notice Patriots anyway. True. Um, well, then you don't Olympia, watch football. Is clearly growing there. Senator Cruz says you haven't learned your lesson. Do you have any regrets for supporting President Obama's intervention in Libya? To begin with, Muammar Gaddafi and the revolt against Gaddafi was not started by the United States. Again. It was started by the Libyan people. <laughs> and the reason why I argue we needed to get involved is because he was going to go one way or the other. And my argument then was proven true, and that is the longer that civil war took, the more militias would be formed and the more unstable the country would be after the fact. As far as Muammar Gaddafi is concerned, by the way, Muammar Gaddafi is the man that killed those Americans over Lockerbie, Scotland. Muammar Gaddafi is also the man that bombed that cafe in Berlin and killed those Marines. And you want to know why Muammar Gaddafi started cooperating on his nuclear program? Because we got rid of Saddam Hussein. And so he got scared that he would be next, and that's why he started cooperating. Look, we will have to work around the world with less than ideal governments. The government in Saudi Arabia is not a democracy, but we will have to work with them. The government in Jordan is not perfect, but we will have to work with them. But anti-American dictators like Assad, who help Hezbollah, who help get those IEDs into Iraq, if they go, I will not shed a tear. Senator Cruz. That was a pretty well, good answer. Well, it's more than not shedding was, a tear. It's, it's actively getting involved to topple a government. And we keep hearing from President Obama and Hillary Clinton and, and Washington Republicans that they're the searching Hillary. for these mythical moderate rebels. It's like a purple the unicorn. They never works. exist. These moderate <laughs> rebels end up being jihadists. And I'll tell you who's like view on Assad is the same Texas. as mine. It's Prime Minister Netanyahu. Prime Minister Netanyahu has said Israel doesn't have a dog in that fight because Assad is a puppet <laughs> of Iran, a Shia, radical Islamic terrorist. But at the same time, Prime Minister Netanyahu doesn't want to well, see Syria governed by ISIS. And we need to focus on American interests, not well, I, on global I, I aspirations. Everybody stand by for a moment. Governor Kasich, go ahead. I, I don't understand this thing about Assad. He has to go. Assad is aligned with Iran and Russia. The one thing we want to prevent is we want to prevent Iran being able to extend a Shia crescent all across the Middle East. Assad's got to go. And there are moderates there. There are moderates in Syria who we should be supporting. I do not support a civil war. I don't want to be policemen of the world. But we can't back off of this. And let me tell you, at the end, the Saudis have agreed to put together a coalition inside of Syria to stabilize that country. He must go. It will be a blow to Iran and to Russia. We're going to talk about Assad in a moment. Mr. Trump, are Americans safer with dictators running the world in the Middle East? In my opinion... There's a protester. We got a heckler. Four trillion dollars. Somebody that can't be thrown out. 
various people. I think that, I heard frankly, something, but we don't need billionaires. We could have spent no. that four trillion dollars in the United States to fix our roads, our bridges, and all of the other problems, our airports, and all of the other problems we have. We would have been a lot better off. I can tell you that right now. We have done a tremendous disservice, not only to the Middle East. We've done a tremendous disservice to humanity. The people that have been killed. The people that have been wiped away, and for what? It's not like we had victory. It's a mess. The Middle East is totally destabilized, a total and complete mess. I wish we had the $4 trillion or $5 trillion. I wish it were spent right here in the United States on our schools, hospitals, roads, airports, and everything else that are all falling apart. Thank wow, you. that is exactly well, what President Obama you. said. <laughs> Go ahead. That's exactly what President Obama has said. I'm amazed to hear that from a Republican presidential candidate. But let's just start. Let's just start with who got it wrong. Mm. Who really got it wrong? He's having trouble containing Hillary his Clinton has misogyny. gotten every foreign policy challenge wrong. The gimmicky red reset button with Vladimir oh, yeah? Putin. Recall that she called Bashar al-Assad a positive reformer. And then she opened an embassy. And then later she said over and over and over again, Bashar al-Assad must go, although she wasn't prepared to do anything about it. Recall that Hillary Clinton was all for toppling Muammar Gaddafi, then didn't listen to her own people on the ground. And of course, when she lied about the terrorist attack in Benghazi, she invited more terrorist attacks. Thank you. Mr. Trump. Well, there's nothing to respond to. People feel differently. I mean, the fact is Benghazi was a disaster because of Libya. Everything just fell into place. It could not have been worse. What do we have now? We have nothing. We've spent $3 trillion and probably much more. They have no idea what we spent. Thousands and thousands of lives. We have nothing. Wounded warriors all over the place who I love. We have (laughs) nothing for it. And by the way, and Ben said, and correctly, and I'm not saying this is a... He loves wounded warriors. Uh, just his fanaticism about the veterans. The warriors who They're are not wounded. So disingenuous. Probably not so much, but wounded warriors he fucking loves. <laughs> this is one of the finest men. You're not going to find a finer man. But I've been talking about oil for three years. I've been saying, take the oil, take the oil. I didn't say just bomb it. I said, take it and use it and distribute it <laughs> oh, so brother. that the wounded warriors and people... But I've been saying what? this now right. for many years. Now, all of a you sudden, have? everybody's saying, take the what oil. It, it wasn't so fashionable to take the oil six months Thank ago. You. I've been saying we, it for years. Dr. Carson, Dr. Carson, is the Middle East. Dr. Carson, is the Middle East better off with dictators? No one is ever better off with dictators, but there comes a time, you know, when you're on an airplane. They always yeah. say, in case of an emergency, oxygen masks will drop down, put yours on first, okay. and then administer help to your neighbor. We need oxygen right now, and we need to start thinking about the needs of the American people before we go and try to solve everybody else's problems. The fact of the matter is the Middle East has been in turmoil for thousands of years. Uh, for us to think that we're going to go in there and fix that with a couple of little bombs and, and a, a few little declarations well, the bombs aren't is very relatively little. foolish. <laughs> we, we Governor- are- right, oh, that was, right. That was Ben Carson actually talking like he knows what the fuck is going on. I know. And what and people are talking about on stage. And it's interesting, too, because... That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> because the Middle East has been in turmoil for thousands of years, and nobody's disputing that. Even though... It's the home of the Prince of Peace, right? That everybody in the whole 
most of the whole world worships. All of the Abrahamic religions have some tie to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who came from Galilee, yeah. right in the center, right in the heart of the problems that have been existing in this in this region, in this world, on this earth for thousands of years. So are you saying all the problems we got is because fucker Jesus was born there? No, no, I'm not. He didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword. Right, True. but what I'm saying is for an all-powerful demigod, he sure didn't do a very good job. Yeah, for vice god of the universe. Yeah, he fucked it up. I mean, he allowed well, the status quo, which is fucking it up. That's because he didn't have his second coming here in Missouri. True. And yeah, and yeah. now now that he got it right here in America with the LDS church, you know, now now <laughs> things will be different. Yeah. Be <laughs> Governor Bush. Look, I think we're focusing but, on Hold on, dip. hold on, Governor Bush, here's oh. the question. Oh. You said getting rid of Saddam Hussein in your words was a pretty good deal. In light of what has happened in Iraq, do you still feel that way? I do, and I think the lessons learned are that we have to have a strategy to get in and a strategy to get out, which means that you create a stable so situation. This president, and this is what the focus ought to be, it's not the differences between us, it's Barack Obama He's does totally not believe America's leadership in the world is a force for good. <laughs> he does not believe that our strength is, is, a, is a place where security can take place. He leads from behind. He creates an environment that now we're creating the most unstable situation we've had since the World War II era. The focus ought to be on the simple fact that Hillary Clinton wants to double down on a failed foreign policy, and we need to be united to defeat that. Because we're going to be in a place that is far less secure than it is today. But you agree, yes, Senator Paul? Senator Paul? Senator Paul? Was getting rid of Saddam Hussein a pretty good deal? These are the fundamental questions of our time, these foreign policy questions, whether or not regime change is a good idea or a bad idea. You sound I don't so think wise, because Sam I wise. think the regime change was a bad idea, it I means that Hussein was necessarily a good idea. There's often variations of evil on both sides of the war. What we have to decide is whether or not regime change is a good idea. It's what the neoconservatives have wanted. It's what the vast majority of those on the stage want. They still want regime change. They want it in Syria. They wanted it in Iraq. They wanted it in Libya. It has not worked. Out of regime change, you get chaos. From the chaos, you've, had, you've seen repeatedly the rise of radical Islam. So we get this profession of, oh my goodness, they want to do something about terrorism, and yet they're the problem because they allow terrorism to arise Thank you. out of that and, chaos. And Thank we'll, you, Senator. We'll, Q, we'll, Q, we'll, go ahead. We'll, we have some very ardent supporters in the crowd. Hold on. Hugh Hewitt, we'd like to hear you say some bullshit. ...is asking the wrong question. We should be defeating our enemies. So the problem Senator, with defeating... Senator, you've said this already. Senator, Senator, Senator shut have the fuck up. Hours debate. We'll have plenty of time. Let Hugh ask his question. Well, but let me explain. No, the focus no, should please. be on defeating no, our enemies. So, no. for example, shut Senator, your regime you'll have plenty of no. opportunity. Hugh, is Iran, because Iran ahead, has declared war on us, but we shouldn't be top that are fighting radical Islamic terrorists and that are helping... These are the rules all of you agree to. Hugh, go ahead with your question. Shut your fucking mouth. Yes, We are talking about the most important thing. That's why it's heated. And it's, you're okay with Mr. Assad staying in power, but you're also in favor of winning. If he stays in power, Iran is winning. Hezbollah is winning. Uh, Iran is winning in, in Yemen. They are winning everywhere. If they're winning, how can we be winning? I think Assad is a bad guy. 
Very bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> Lots of people killed. I think we're backing people. We have no idea who they are. The rebels. We call them the rebels. The patriotic rebels. We have no idea. A lot of people think you that they're ISIS. We have to do one thing at a time. We can't be fighting ISIS and fighting Assad. Assad is fighting ISIS. He's fighting ISIS. Russia's fighting now ISIS. And Iran is fighting ISIS. We have to do one thing at a time. We can't go. And I watched watch Lindsey Graham. He said, I've been here for 10 years fighting. Well, he'll be there with that thinking for another 50 years. He won't be able to solve the problem. We have to get rid of ISIS first. After we get rid of ISIS, we'll start thinking about it. But we can't be fighting Assad. And when you're fighting Assad, you're fighting Russia, you're fighting Iran, you're fighting a lot of different groups. But we can't be fighting everybody at one Governor time. Governor Christie, is he right? Because if we step back, Iran goes nuclear. Is, doc, is Donald nuclear. Trump right? We have to focus you on exactly you, what priorities you, you. are. Are you kidding and, and to me, me dude? what I've always said is that um, the president has set up an awful situation through his deal with Iran. Because what his deal with Iran has done is empowered them and enriched them. And that's the way ISIS has been created and formed here. ISIS is created and formed because of the abuse that Assad and his Iranian sponsors have rained down on the Sunnis in Syria. And so when we empower Iran, this is why this president, and when Hillary Clinton says her theory against ISIS will be just about the same as the president, then get ready for more unrest and more murder and more violence in the Middle East. We need to focus our attention on Iran, because if you miss Iran, you're not going to get ISIS. The two are inextricably connected because one causes the other. Senator Paul, let me ask you, you heard Governor Uh, Kasich say Assad must go. Do you agree? No, I think it's a huge mistake. I think uh, regime change in Syria, and this is what I've been saying this for several years now. In 2013, when we first went in, I said, you're going to give arms to the allies of al-Qaeda, to radical jihadists? That's crazy. But the other thing I said is the great irony is you'll be back fighting against your own weapons. Had Assad been bombed when he used chemical weapons two years ago, ISIS would be in charge of all of Syria now. We have to have a more realistic foreign policy and not a utopian one where we say, oh, we're going to spread freedom and democracy and everybody in the Middle East is going to love us. Governor They're not going to love us. Mistake. <laughs> In foreign policy, you know how to, you have to know how to pick and choose. There's no way, if Saddam had not had weapons of mass destruction, I would have gone. Because I don't believe that the U.S. should be involved directly in civil wars. I opposed the U.S. involvement in Lebanon. We ended up having to withdraw our Marines after our barracks Uh, were blown up. There's a difference between uh, Iraq, where you have Sunni, Shia, and Kurds, put together after First World War by the Western powers. It doesn't work. It needs to break up into three parts. And finally, you, in regard to Syria, understand that, that Assad is an ally of Iran who wants to extend that Shia radicalism all the way across the Middle East. He has to go. And for the Russians... Frankly, it's time that we punch the Russians in the nose. They've gotten away with too much in this world, and we need to stand up against them, not just there, but also in Eastern Europe, where they threaten some of our most precious allies. Let's continue with Russia right now. We have another question from Facebook. Listen and watch. My name is Ashley Tofel. Ms. Fiorina, in November you said that you would not talk to Vladimir Putin after you were elected because you would be communicating from a position of weakness. Do you believe that it is feasible to not communicate with another world leader and do you think that that also is a sign of weakness? 
this Fiorina. As you know, U.S. and Russian warplanes, they're flying all over Syria right now with so many lives on the line. Is this a good time for the United States not to talk to Putin? I didn't say I would cut off all communication with Putin. What I said was, as president if of the United States, now is them. not the time to yeah. talk with him. Reagan walked away at Reykjavik. There is a time and a place for everything. There is a time and a place for talk, and there is a time and a place for action. I know Vladimir Putin. He respects oh, you know him. strength. He lied to our president's face, didn't bother to tell him about warplanes and troops going into Syria. We need to speak to him from a position of strength. Well, we knew so as they were going into chief, Syria. I will not speak to him until we've set up that no-fly zone, until we've gathered our Sunni Arab allies and begun to deny ISIS territory, until I've called the supreme leader of Iran and told him, New Deal, New Deal, we, the United States of America, are going to cut off the money flow, which we can do, which we don't need anyone's permission or collaboration to do, and I will not speak to him personally until we've rebuilt the Sixth Fleet a little bit right under his nose, rebuilt the missile defense program in Poland right under his nose, and conducted a few military exercises in the Baltic states. And let us remember one other thing. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama are responsible for the growth of ISIS because they precipitously <laughs> oh. withdrew from Iraq in 2011 against because the advice we of every single agreement. general and for political the agreement expediency. Set up by it's board. not these yes. people up here. Yeah. It's Hillary Clinton. Thank you, Ms. Fiorino. Governor Christie, if the U.S. imposed the no-fly zone over Syria and a Russian plane encroached, invaded that no-fly zone, would you be prepared to shoot down that Russian plane and risk war with Russia? Not only are we prepared to do it, I would do it. A no-fly zone means a no-fly zone. Wolf, that's what it means. See, maybe, wow. maybe because I'm from New Jersey, I just have this kind of plain language <laughs> hang-up. But <laughs> I, would be very clear. I would not talk to Vladimir Putin. In Fuck fact, Jersey. I would talk to Vladimir Putin a lot. And I'd say to him, listen, Mr. President, there's a no-fly zone in Syria. You fly in, it applies to you. And yes, we would shoot down the planes of Russian pilots if, in fact, they were stupid enough to think that this president was the same feckless weakling that oh, the president wow. we have in the Oval Office Jesus is right now. Christ. A feckless weakling. So he would Senator risk Paul. World War III with Russia. Yep. Senator Paul, I want you to respond uh, to what we just heard from Governor Christie, uh, if there was a no-fly zone, you say that potentially could lead to World War III. Why? Well, I think if you're in favor of World War III, you have your candidate. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Motioning to Chris Christie. And everyone's cheering. My goodness, what we want in a leader is someone with judgment, not someone who is so reckless as to stand on the stage and say, yes, I'm jumping up and down. I'm going to shoot down Russian planes. Russia already flies in that airspace. It may may not be something we're in love with the fact that they're there, but they were invited by Iraq and by Syria to fly in that airspace. And so if we announce that we're going to have a no-fly zone, and others have said this, Hillary Clinton's also for it, it is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for World War III. We need to confront Russia from a position of strength, but we don't need to confront Russia from a point of recklessness that would lead to war. This is something, this type of judgment, you know, it's, it's having that kind of judgment, who you would appoint and how you're going to conduct affairs, that is incredibly important. Yes. I mean, I think when we think about the judgment of someone who might want World War III, we might think about someone who might shut down a bridge because they don't like their friends. Oh! Damn! I think we need to be very careful. He went Bridgegate! Oh! Well, I'll tell you what reckless is. Shit just what got exciting. Is calling Assad a reformer. <laughs> 
What reckless is, is allowing Russia to come into Crimea. And when he mentioned those who want World War III, doesn't that explain every fucking Christian on the planet? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, they just want, they just want the rapture. Inviting Russia yeah. into Syria to team with Iran. That is reckless. And the reckless people are the folks in the White House right now. Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are the reckless people. And if you think yeah. that a no-fly zone is a reckless policy, you're welcome to your opinion. But how's it working so far? As we have 250,000 Syrians murdered, slaughtered, millions running around the world running for their lives, it's not working. We need to try something else, and that is not reckless. It's not because of Russia, though. Governor Bush. Commander-in-Chief question. You said that uh, Mr. Trump is not qualified to be president because he's not qualified to deal with Vladimir Putin. Why are you uh, better qualified to deal with Vladimir Putin than Mr. Trump? Because I, first of all, I, I know what I don't know. I, Which is Hewitt, everything. Hugh Hewitt specially seems to be pitting the candidates against, against each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah, and not knowing shit about anything. Mr. Trump <laughs> is not qualified to be president because he's not qualified to deal with Vladimir Putin. And not Putin. having an Why upper lip that moves. Why are better qualified <laughs> to deal with Vladimir Putin than Mr. Trump? Because, I, first of all, I, I know what I don't know. I know what I don't know. I no, you don't. That's the whole I fucking point of not knowing what you exists. don't know. Then why do you want to be president? I will get my information from the shows. I don't know if that's Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Uh, I don't know which one. I will seek out the best advice, and I will create a strategy, and I will persuade the American people what the, what the role of America should be. I've laid out a policy of rebuilding our military. All of the talk that we're saying here, most of which I agree on, frankly, uh, requires a much stronger military. We now have a lack of readiness that is quite scary. We have planes that, were, that Harry Truman inaugurated, the B-52. We have the Navy has been gutted and decimated. The readiness of the Marines is way down. If we're serious about America's leadership in the world, then we need to make sure that we have the back of the armed forces. The armed forces radio is here listening to this today. I hope they know that if I'm president, I'll be a commander-in-chief, not an agitator-in-chief or a divider-in-chief, that I will lead this country in a way that will create greater security and greater safety. Mr. Trump. I think it's very sad that CNN leads Jeb Bush, Governor Bush, down a road by starting off virtually all of the questions, Mr. Trump this, Mr. I think it's very sad. And frankly, I watch, I think it's very sad. And frankly, I watched the first debate and the first long number of questions were, Mr. Trump said this, Mr. Trump said that, Mr. Trump. These poor guys, although I must tell you, Santorum, good guy. Governor Huckabee, good good guy. guy. They were very nice, and I respect them greatly. But I thought it was very unfair that virtually the entire early portion of the debate was Trump this, Trump that, in order to get ratings, I guess. In order to get ratings, I guess. I was on CNN last night watching Excuse me. I think it's very unprofessional. But it wasn't CNN. And it is. And it is. And it is. And that's the first thing I agree with. It's not CNN. It's America's watching you. Okay, Thank fine. you for it's calling America's out Hugh Hewitt. Oh, I was mentioning so I can bring up something I think. Right. Look, the simple fact he's is, if you think this is tough and you're not being not. treated fairly, right. imagine what it's going to be like dealing with Putin or dealing with President Xi or dealing with the Islamic terrorism that exists. This is a tough business to run for president. Oh, no, you're a tough guy, Jeb. And we need to have... You're never going to be president of the United States by insulting your way to the president. Let's see, I'm at 42 and you're at 3, so so far I'm doing better. You know, you started off over here, Jeb. You're moving over further and further. Pretty soon 
you're going to be off the end. This doesn't do a thing. Go ahead. It sounds more and more. Fuck you, Jeb. Your numbers are irrelevant. All the fighting and arguing is not advancing us. It will not. It is not the the way we're going to strengthen our country. We will strengthen our country (laughs) when we come together. And look. You've got Rand Paul, you've got Ted you've got issues. You know what a leader does? A leader has a sound program, has a good policy, and then brings people together to solve problems. Guess what? Both in Congress and balancing the budget, in an Ohio fixing the economy. You did that? By the way, we talk <laughs> yeah. about the did fence. He, did he do that? The is first thing we've done? better get, do, get going is strengthening our economy. Because if we don't have a strong economy, Dr. we can't Carson. pay for all of this. And the world wants us to be able to function from strength, believe it or not. Get our economy going. Get these people together in a room. We can Thank fix you. this, Thank ladies you. and gentlemen. We, we don't have to Governor. fight all the time. It can be done, and we will be great Thank when you, we Governor. join together. Thank you, you. Dr. Carson. Thank you, you. Commander-in-chief, question again. <laughs> You've been the head of neurosurgery for a big hospital. You're on a lot of boards of a lot of companies. You've traveled the world. You're going traveling again you, next you week. You know, I've, I've, seen some of the, I've seen some of the surveys and reports and interviews with people from other countries. People from other countries have have far less interest in what we do than we think they have interest yeah. in. Yeah. You know, we we think they care about what we decide far more than than what they actually care. Yeah, they just don't Djibouti like us. to <laughs> Japan trips from Af- again. You've been the head of neurosurgery for a big hospital. You're on a lot of boards of a lot of companies. You've traveled the world. You're going traveling again next week. But does that prepare you to command you troops from invisible Djibouti boobies. to Japan, troops from Afghanistan to Iraq to be in charge of the men and women watching on Armed Services Network tonight? Well, you know, there's a, there's a false narrative that uh, only the political class has the, the wisdom and the ability to be commander-in-chief. But if you go back and you study the design of our country, it was really designed for the citizen-statesmen. And uh, we need to be talking about where does your experience come from? You know, and I've had a lot of experience. How many people have you things, tried to stab? Yeah. Uh, organizing things, uh, you know, a Birthday national parties. scholarship program. <laughs> One of the things that you'll notice if you look through my life is that I don't do a lot of talking, I do I'm a lot bad of at doing. It. And really, it says more about a person than how much they talk. And then some people say you're weak because you know you're not loud and you're not boisterous and you're not rude. But the fact of the matter is, I look and see no. what I've done, and that speaks volumes about strength. Thank you, Dr. Carson. No, uh... we've been talking tonight about programs and policy proposals that you all have to keep Americans safe, and it's a big dis- discussion on the campaign trail also about border security and immigration. So let's talk about immigration. Senator Rubio, you co-authored a bill with Democrats two years ago that allowed a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. (laughs) Do you still support that path to citizenship, which means giving those immigrants rights, like the right to vote? Yeah. Immigration is not an issue that I read about in the newspaper or watch a documentary on PBS or CNN. It's an issue I've lived around my whole life. My family are immigrants. My wife's family are immigrants. All of my neighbors are immigrants. I see every aspect of this problem, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And here's what we learned in 2013. The American people don't trust the federal government to enforce our immigration laws. 
And well, we will not be able to do it? anything on immigration yeah. until we first prove to the American people that illegal immigration is under control. And we can do that. We know what it takes to do that. It takes at least 20,000 more additional border agents. It takes completing those 700 miles of fencing. It takes a mandatory verify system and a mandatory entry-exit tracking system to prevent visa overstays. After we've done that, armed. the second thing we have to do is reform and modernize the legal immigration system. And after we've done those two things, I think the American people are going to be very reasonable with what do you do with someone who's been in this country for 10 or 12 years, who hasn't otherwise violated our laws because if they're a criminal, they can't stay. They'll have to undergo a background check, pay a fine, start paying taxes, and ultimately they'll be given a work permit. And that's all they're going to be allowed to have for at least 10 years. But you can't even get to that third step until you've done the other two things. And that was the lesson we learned in 2013. There is no trust that the federal government will enforce the law. They will not support you until they see it done first. Senator, but you haven't answered the so question. You, sure. you haven't answered you the question. The, the root of that whole argument is based on... 2013 that the American people don't trust the American government on immigration law. Mm-hmm. But the that trust is based on what the American people are being told yeah. by, by the politicians, half of which are being told outright lies yep. yeah. about by what's people going like Marco on, Rubio. What's going on to begin with. I mean, we we have zero, you know, I mean, we're we're down to zero net. Uh, uh, Less than zero. Um, we have negative immigration right now. Negative immigration. So you know, there, there, this, this statistic he's using as the root of his argument is is based on the ignorance of the American people, not on any actual real, real data. Yeah. Right. You know, so it, it's it, it's kind of bullshit to begin with. So you just described a very long path, but does that path end? At citizenship. Oh, but I've answered that question repeatedly. I am personally open. After all of that has happened, and after 10 years in that probationary status where all they have is a work permit, I personally am open to allowing people to apply for a green card. That may not be a majority position in my party, but that's down the road. You can't even begin that process until you prove to people, not just pass a law that says you're going to bring illegal immigration under control. You're going to have to do it and prove to people that it's working. And that was the lesson of 2013, and it's more true today than it was then. After a migratory crisis on the border with minors coming over that you're seeing start up again now, after all these executive orders the president has issued, more than ever, we need to prove to people that illegal immigration is under control. Thank you, Senator. Senator Cruz. (laughs) Senator Cruz, on the campaign trail, Senator Rubio has said that his immigration plan isn't that different from yours. Is that true? (laughs) Well, he, he has attempted to muddy the waters, but I think anyone that watched the battle that Wasn't we had, that kind of a, you know, there was a time for choosing, as Reagan put there. it, where there was a battle over amnesty. And, and some chose, like Senator Rubio, to stand with Barack Obama and Chuck Schumer and support a massive amnesty plan. Others chose to stand with Jeff Sessions and Steve King and the American people and Jeff secure Sessions the border. And the let me mention, this issue is actually around. directly yeah. connected to what we've been talking about because the front line with ISIS cotton. isn't just in Iraq and Syria. It's also in Kennedy Airport and the Rio Grande. Border security is national security. And, you know, one of the most troubling aspects of the Rubio-Schumer Gang of Eight bill Say two was Cubans. that it gave President Obama <laughs> yeah. blanket authority to admit refugees, including Syrian refugees, without mandating any background checks whatsoever. Now, we've seen what happened what? in San Bernardino. Bullshit. When you're letting people in Bullshit. when the FBI yeah. can't vet them, it puts American citizens at, rest, at risk. And I tell you, if I'm elected president, 
we will secure the border. We will triple the border patrol. We will build a wall that works, and I'll get Donald Trump to pay Thank for it. include the northern border? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll build it. <laughs> I'll build it and I'll make the Mexicans pay for it. In the Canadians. We had never faced a crisis like the Syrian refugee crisis now. Up until that point, a refugee made someone fleeing oppression, fleeing communism, like it is in my community. As far as Ted's record, I'm always puzzled by his attack on this issue. Ted, you support legalizing people who are in this country illegally. Ted Cruz supported a 500% increase in the number of H-1B visas, the guest workers that are allowed into this country, and Ted supports doubling the number of green cards. So I think what's important for us to understand is there is a way forward on this issue that we can bring our country together on. And when I'm president, I will do it. And it will begin by bringing illegal immigration under control and proving it to the American people. Dana. Senator Cruz. Look. I understand that Marco wants to raise confusion. It is not accurate what he just said, that I supported legalization. Indeed, I led the fight against his legalization and amnesty bill. And, and, you know, there there was one commentator that put it this way, that that for Marco to suggest our record's the same is like suggesting the fireman and the arsonist have the same record because they're both at the scene of the fire. He was fighting (laughs) to grant amnesty and not to secure the border. I was fighting to secure the border. And, And this all also goes to trust. Listen, on campaign trails, candidates all the time make promises. You know, Marco said he learned that the American people didn't Senator trust Cruz, the federal government. No, Dana, he you campaigned in Florida Ted, promising to lead the fight against amnesty. He campaigned promising to lead the fight against amnesty. Ladies and gentlemen, this exactly is why I stand by Senator Cruz. Can you answer that question, please? Does Ted Cruz rule out ever legalizing people that are in this country illegally now? Senator Cruz? I have never supported legalization. Do you rule it out? I have never supported legalization, and I do not intend to support legalization. And let me tell you how you do this. This What you do is you enforce the the law. What you do is (laughs) they're all talking over each other. Ms. Fiorina, please wait your turn. We're going to get to you on this. Go ahead. Sorry, you haven't gotten to me. This is what you do. This is a shit show. Is you enforce the law? I've laid out a very, very. Did you hear somebody in the audience? Let him talk. He's been talking forever, and he's saying the same bullshit. Yeah is you enforce the law. I've laid out a very, very detailed immigration plan on my website, tedcruz.org. It's 11 pages, existing federal law, and in particular, the question of what to do with people who are here now. You enforce the law. That means you stop the Obama administration's policy of releasing criminal illegal aliens. Do you know how many illegal aliens Bill Clinton deported? 12 million. Do you know how many illegal aliens George W. Bush deported? 10 million. We can enforce the laws, and if we secure the border... Why won't you say Obama's number? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, Obama's number is larger. Yeah. Solves the problem, and as president, I will solve this problem and secure the border. Mr. Trump, you like to say that you restarted this conversation in the campaign. I think I did. So, (laughs) who do you side with? Who do you side with in this? Senator Rubio or Senator Cruz? I have a very hard-line position. We have a country, or we don't have a country. People that have come into our country illegally, they have to go. They have to come back in through a legal process. I want a strong border. I do want a wall. Walls do work. You just have to speak to the folks in Israel. Walls work. If they're properly constructed, I know how to build. No. They don't fucking work in Israel. No. I feel a very, very strong But there are no Mexicans there. And and really, I'm bound to this country. We either have a border or we don't. People can come into the country. We welcome people to come in, but they have to come in legally. Thank you. Governor Bush, listening to this... 
Do you think this is the tone, this immigration debate, that Republicans need to take to win back Hispanics into your party, especially states like where we are in Nevada that has a pretty large Hispanic community? No, it isn't, but it's an important subject to talk, talk about for sure. And um, I think people have good ideas on this. Clearly, we need to secure the border. Coming here legally needs to be a lot easier than coming here illegally. If, if you don't have that, you don't have the rule of law. We now have a national security consideration of public health debate? issues. We have an epidemic of heroin overdoses in all sorts, all, all places. Oh, we're halfway through. We've got to be more than halfway. We're at like a four-hour podcast already. Because of the ease bringing heroin in, we have to secure the border. It is a serious undertaking, and yeah, we do need more fencing, and we do need to use technology, and we do need more border control, and we need to have better cooperation, by the way, with local law enforcement. There are 800,000 cops on the beat. They ought to be trained to be the eyes and ears uh, for law enforcement, for the threat against terror, as well as for immigration. This is a serious challenge, and if we can get it right, yeah, we'll, we'll start winning votes again. The real problem isn't anybody on this stage. The real problem is Barack Obama has had six years to advocate a position to fix this, and he's done nothing. The Congress has funded these programs of building more fencing and doing all this, and he hasn't done it. He wants to maintain it as a wedge issue, and so does Hillary Clinton. Republicans need to fix it, and when we do, we'll be better off. Governor, thank you very much. Dr. Carson, you recently visited a refugee camp in Jordan, and you deemed it, in your words, really quite nice, saying the people there really quite didn't nice. want to come to the United States. Do you think these camps are a uh, long-term solution to the problem of Syrian refugees? Well, it was very interesting having the opportunity to talk to the Syrians themselves, and I asked them, what do you oh, yeah, they love Libyan what is your camps. supreme <laughs> desire? Their supreme desire was to be settled back in their own country. I went to camp every said, summer what can Americans and other yeah, countries do? Loved it. They said, support the, the rest of, your life. of the those Japanese who are trying to pr- uh, yeah. provide safety for us, including the Jordanians. Of course, they had a brand new hospital, for the instance, Jewish? that Is was that unstaffed. Too, because I, 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 I didn't want to go there. To <laughs> too but soon? What's really uh, I didn't want to go there. If you go into Hasaka <laughs> province in northeastern Syria, that's an area that's as big as Lebanon. It's controlled by the Kurds, the Christians, and the moderate Sunnis. Uh, and there are airstrips and hotels. You could settle a lot of people there. All we would have to do is be willing to provide them with some weaponry, some defensive weaponry. And we seem to be afraid to give the Kurds weaponry. We like to send it for some strange reason through Baghdad, and then they only get a tenth of it. And and if we would support them, we have a perfect ideal there. We don't need to set this up as we either take a bunch of uh, refugees who will be infiltrated with terrorists, I guarantee you, for them not to be, would to be terrorist malpractice. And uh, we need to, to, to choose what? the right terrorist choice, not these false choices. I've never Senator heard Paul, that. You oppose letting in Syrian refugees insurance? at this time into the I United States. So. Uh, the U.S. has already accepted 2,000 Syrian refugees, including 13 living here in Las Vegas right now. Would you send them back? What would you do with these people? You know, I think we need to set the record straight on this because I think uh, Marco misspoke about the bill. On the Gang of Eight bill, there was no provisions really for extra scrutiny or safety for refugees. At the time the bill came up, two Iraqi refugees came to my hometown, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Their fingerprints were on a bomb from Iraq. They were in the database, but we didn't pick them up. 
We relocated them here, put them in government housing, got them on food stamps, and we began providing for them, but we didn't have adequate security. On the Gang of Eight bill, on Marco's bill, we had an opportunity. There was a conservative consensus for a, an amendment I put forward called Trust But Verify that would have strengthened border security on both refugee students and those coming here. And Marco sided and was, I guess, more sympathetic to Chuck Schumer and to the president than he was to conservative principles. But this goes directly to national defense. And if he wants to run as a national, national defense conservative, he's got to explain why he hasn't stepped up to support border security. Senator Rubio. Well, as he's just admitted, as he's just admitted, the reason why those refugees were allowed in is because they messed up in how they used the actual database. They should have known they didn't because they didn't run the actual law as it exists now. It didn't work well. As far as the refugees are concerned, it's not that America doesn't want to accept refugees, Wolf. It's that we may not be able to, because this is an issue we have to be 100% right on. If we allow 9,999 Syrian refugees into the United States, and all of them are good people, but we allow one person in who's an ISIS killer, we just get one person wrong. We got a serious problem. And there is not a single person in the national defense apparatus of this country that can guarantee you we're going to be 100% right. And that's why, as president, I'll take this very seriously. Senator Paul, Wait, you didn't answer the on. question about we, the 2,000 Syrian. We haven't paused in a while. I just want to say real quick, the idea of letting 10,000 people in with the chance that one out of those 10,000 people might be a terrorist is exactly the idea of innocent until proven guilty in which this uh, this country is found. Well, now yeah. they're guilty until proven innocent. Well, and so is every American citizen. Yeah. But the problem some, is... Some, uh, the, and they, they don't talk they about would, the number of American citizens who who we know would, have yeah, committed no, 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 these no. types yeah, of... Yeah, no, forget about all that. Yeah, I would say, My yeah. point is just that he's going to say, well, what we need to do is make sure that we're 100% perfect rather than let in 9,999 right. good people. And That's I don't, I don't disagree. With astoundingly you. I, anti-American. They, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I think their argument would be that the rights that you're talking about only extend to American citizens, and we're not talking about American citizens. Yeah. So, well, and I don't disagree with it. I, I feel like those fundamental but rights, but they would become American citizens once they're immigrated. Well, and I, once and I, I think those I, should be I considered feel, human rights. I, I mean, what, so I mean, do I. So I, I feel like the we Bill don't of even rights get that, but I mean, but still, I, I feel like the Bill of Rights and, and those fundamental rights that, that we have should be human rights and not not American. But that, sure. I'm just saying that that would be the argument. I, th I think it's a valid question, but we're talking about a party that touts the Constitution at Absolutely. every turn they possibly can. Don't tread on me and all the you know, right. I mean, this is and, their and the Constitution, the Declaration. This is their thing. You know, and yet, they they state that that all men are created equal. They're yeah. not just American right. citizens right. are created equal. It's just, yeah, except you know, for that, immigrants. Yeah, well, except for immigrants. <laughs> my <laughs> my question is this: any any state that allows a, a, a Syrian refugee, assuming assuming it's it's even legal for a state to deny it, which is far which it's out, not, which it's right. not. But let's say let's say for sake of argument, you you couldn't. Or you could. The state could deny a Syrian refugee. Would it be valid? Let's say Utah, for example, uh, denied Syrian refugees. Would it be valid for Nevada to then put up a wall and deny travel between Utah and yeah, Nevada? Yeah, well, and that's just it, is that they can't fucking do that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, how, how fucking stupid is that? Yeah. You know, so... 
right. refugees who are already here in the United States. Will you send them back or let them stay? What my bill would do would be only for refugees going forward. So I haven't taken a position on sending anyone home, but I have taken the position that we have a lot of problems here in our country and that one of the things that we do, charity is about giving your own money. Charity isn't giving someone else's money. To put everyone on government housing and food stamps and bring them in from around the world, I think is a mistake. To give of your own money, I've given to my church. My church has helped people that came from Bosnia. That's a good thing. But we shouldn't have a program where we just say that we're going to take care of the world's refugees. Nobody in the Middle East is doing anything. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, all the Gulf nations are doing nothing. They need to step up and we take have another, refugees. We have another question. We have another question from Facebook. Let's listen. My name is Carla Hernandez. I'm from the University of Texas at Austin, and my question is directed to all the candidates. If the Bible clearly states that we need to embrace those in need and not fear, how can we justify not accepting refugees? Governor Christie, you say there should be a pause in allowing new refugees to come in uh, to the United States, including orphans under the age of five. What do you say to Carla? What I say to Carla is that the first job of the President of the United States is to protect your safety and your security and the security and safety of your family. And this debate stops with me in the discussions with the FBI director. Now, listen, I'm a former federal prosecutor. I know Jim Comey. We've worked together. He was the U.S. attorney in Manhattan when I was the U.S. attorney in New Jersey. And when Jim Comey gets up before Congress and says, we cannot effectively vet these people, for me as president, that's the end of the conversation. We have to put America's security first. The, the American people, we on this stage need to open our ears. We need to open our ears. The American people are not whispering to us. They're screaming to us. And they're screaming to us that it's our job to actually make this government work. It's so dysfunctional under Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. It's so ineffective. It's so ineffectual that the American people say, we don't trust them to do anything anymore. So I'm not going to let Syrian refugees, any Syrian refugees in this country. And it was widows and orphans, by the way. And we now know from watching the San Bernardino attack that women can commit heinous, heinous acts against humanity just the same as men can do it. And so I don't back away from that position for a minute. When the FBI director tells me that he can vet those people, then we'll consider it, and not a moment before, because your safety and security is what's most important to me. Governor Kasich. Well, I'm, you know, obviously, as President of the United States, I, we've got to keep the people safe. That's a first and foremost. But as governor of Ohio, I have an obligation to keep the 11 and a half million people in Ohio safe. And we've been very effective uh, with our joint terrorism task force being able to right make busts. In fact, we just made one <laughs> three, four weak, weeks sir. ago against a person who was favorable to ISIS living in Akron. But let me tell you what's interesting about the administration. We had Central American miners that were placed in Ohio, and we never knew a thing about it. We didn't know where they were. And in fact, we know now that some of them, there is a case going on where some of them may have been human trafficked. So when the administration tells me we have yeah, a great vetting process, let you know about the that. proof's in the pudding. They yeah, sent these illegal. minors to us. Our schools were disrupted. We didn't know where they were. And bad things happened to them. And now they tell me that we ought to, we ought to be able to admit these uh, Syrian refugees. So, Wolf, look, people have accused me at being times a of having too is big different of a heart. Than being a <laughs> you know, and that's trafficked. okay. But I have to also Thank say you. I must keep the people yeah. of my state safe. So we take a pause. Thank you, Governor. Uh, there is much more coming up. We are only just beginning. Uh, coming up. Just beginning? Only just beginning? What the fuck are you talking about just beginning? 
only just beginning. God damn. This is being this is a long fucking this seems longer than two hours. <laughs> we've, we've way been, longer than we've talked a lot. And I think this is like the second commercial we've break they've taken. Just begun. <laughs> <laughs> it did say it was only a two hour debate. Presidential debate. We're here at the Venetian I think it Las might be Vegas. Three hours. Tonight we've been focusing in a lot on the Middle East. Holy Let's fuck. turn to some other world <laughs> yeah. threats that you will potentially face as commander in chief. Ms. Fiorina. Candidates here have called the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un a maniac who is mentally unstable. Last week, he said he now has a hydrogen bomb. If you're elected president, what would you do about Kim Jong-un? Well, first, Kim Jong-un is a dangerous leader, without a doubt. And both Republican and Democrat administrations have been completely ineffective in dealing with him. So we must continue to isolate him. We will need China as part of that strategy. China is a rising adversary. So one of the things we have to do if we want China's support is to push back on China. They too recognize one thing, strength and their own economic interest. I have done business in China for 25 years. So I know that in order to get China to cooperate with us, we must first actually retaliate against their cyber attacks so they know we're serious. We have to push back on their desire to control the the South China Sea through which flows $5 trillion worth of goods and services every year. We cannot let them control the disputed islands, and we must work with the Australians, the South Koreans, the Japanese, and the Filipinos to contain China. And then we must ask for their support and their help with North Korea, because believe it or not, China is as concerned about Kim Jong-un as we are. Dr. Carson, what would you do about Kim Jong-un? Well, I definitely believe that he's unstable, and I do, in fact, believe that China has a lot more influence with him than we do. Uh, But we also recognize that North Korea is in in severe uh, financial straits, and uh, they have decided to use their resources to build their military rather than to feed their people and to take care of the various humanitarian responsibilities that they have. We can capitalize upon that. You know, we should use our economic power in lots of different ways. I think we can use that in order to keep Putin contained because he's a one-horse show, energy. And uh, we have an abundance of energy, but we have archaic energy exportation rules. We need to get rid of those, allow ourselves to really make Europe dependent on us and other parts of the world dependent on us for energy, put him back in his little box where he belongs. And, you know, we need to be doing a lots of other things. Uh, He's going to use those crystals to use the sap have. power. So economic <laughs> power works just as well as military power, perhaps even better. And speaking of that, yeah, our military needs to be upgraded. You know, you look at things Am like I'm our Ohio something? class submarines. When did North Korea become a major old, energy exporter? missiles. They are 34 years old. Yeah, B-2, uh, B-52 bombers, 50 years old. You know, I, if we I don't get the military right, like nothing else matters. We have embargoes you, against Carson, them, so uh, they Dan can't Hugh, import exports. Well. Oh, maybe he's talking about Governor that recent Christie, report that came out from Curly Hoagland. If China launches a cyber attack against the U.S. <laughs> on your watch, quote, they're going to see cyber warfare like they have never seen before. What exactly would You're that really response look like? Well, what it would look like is we have one of the great advantages of America being the open society that we are. Is We're not hiding things from the American people. But China every day is conducting business in a way that it hides things from their people. So if they want to come in and attack all the personnel records in the federal government, which they've done, and which they now have my social security number and my fingerprints, as well as maybe some other folks who are on this stage, the fact is they need to be fought back on. 
And what we need to do is go at the things that are most sensitive and most embarrassing to them, that they're hiding, get that information, and then put it out in public. Let the Chinese people start to digest how corrupt the Chinese government is, how they steal from the Chinese people, and how they're enriching oligarchs all throughout China. They need to understand that. And we need to take like those types of do steps. With the this president has seen personnel records of people who have sacrificed for the American people and for the federal government stolen by the Chinese, and he's done nothing in return. This is why, this is why I said at the beginning that this administration, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, through their foreign policy, have betrayed the American people because the weakness they've displayed has led to Putin's incursions in the Middle East and in Eastern Europe, and has led has led to significant problems in the Middle East as well and the death and murder of lots of folks. Governor Bush, Sources, what please. you just heard from Governor Christie, yeah. are you concerned that that could really escalate with China, that they would retaliate? And, for example, as the NSA has said, uh, attack the U.S. and maybe its power grid, which the Chinese have the capability to do? I, I completely agree with Chris. And um, this administration has been so lax. Think about it. Hillary Clinton's using a private server for where classified information Benghazi. goes by. This is, a, this is a serious administration. The president yeah. uh, receives an inspector general's report that the Office of Personnel Management could be hacked into. They antiquated firewalls. 23 million files have been uh, are in the hands of the Chinese, allegedly. Because Including, the by the Republican, way, members of the press, it, it turns out, the last Republican week. Republican Congress won't provide Maybe that's the funding. only part that, yeah. uh, huh. yeah, that's yeah. good news, so that you guys can get a feel for what it's like now to see this, this type of attack. This is something we have to have the best defensive capabilities. We need to coordinate all of our efforts with the <coughs> private sector. We need to give them liability relief so that we can do that. And offensively, we need to have capabilities second to none. We need to create a, a situation where they know that there will be adverse impacts if they continue yeah. to do what they're doing. They'll respect that. They'll so, respect the United States that is serious about protecting our, our infrastructure. If we don't do it, we'll continue to see what's exactly what's happening, not just from the Chinese, by the way, the Russians and, and rogue actors, including ISIS. This is a serious part of the 21st century uh, security challenge that we face. So, so the last two responses were fairly hawkish about, about our response to China. And, well, and, and, and they we're... talk as if the United States and, isn't doing anything right, in response. Right. Yeah, and, right. and how we should stand up and how we should embarrass them, how we should do all these things. But what about all those American companies, those big American companies, the Walmarts, the multi-billion dollar who do business with China, who who have their the stuff manufactured, the, Dells, the HPs, the Donald the, Trump, yeah. the, the Trumps, the Apples, for yeah. Christ's sake. Who you know the the WalMarts who do business have their stuff manufactured? What about calling them out? What about denying them the the right to have their stuff imported from China? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. no, you're you're not going to hear that. And right. and if anything is going to hit China, that would be it. That would be it, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. be the big thing? I would think so, yeah. I mean, we're obviously not the only country manufacturing things in China. But we got to be the largest. It's certainly, it, it certainly would be would, a it fairly would, major. Yeah. Even if we weren't the largest, it would be a big hit, no doubt about it. But I, I just I find this all this rhetoric about China a little disingenuous. If you're not going to take the, the actual real step of, of uh, you know, addressing China by... Of saying U.S. companies can't deal, deal with China anymore. can't deal with China Right. Companies right. boycott China. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Dr. Carson just referenced the single most important job of the president, the command, the control, and the care of our nuclear forces. And he mentioned the triad. The B-52s oh, are older nuclear, than I am. He did the say nuclear. The missiles are old. The submarines are aging out. You go, it's an you. executive order. Someone it's corrected him during the decision. break. What's your priority among <laughs> our nuclear triad? this. Well, first of all, I think we need somebody absolutely that we can trust who's totally responsible, who really knows what he or she is doing. So not that is you. so powerful yeah. and so important. <laughs> And so, one of the things so that big, I'm frankly so most proud of is that in 2003, 2004, so I was totally against going into Iraq because you're going to destabilize the Middle East. I called it. I called it very strongly. And it was very important. But we have to be extremely vigilant and extremely careful when it comes to nuclear. Nuclear changes the whole ballgame. Frankly, I would have said, get out of Syria, get out. If we didn't have the power of weaponry today, the power is so massive that we can't just leave areas that 50 years ago or 75 years ago, we wouldn't care. It was hand-to-hand combat. The biggest problem this world has today is not President Obama with global warming, which is inconceivable. This is what he's saying. The biggest problem we have today is nuclear, nuclear proliferation, and having some maniac, having some madman go out and get a nuclear weapon. Like Trump in the White House. That is the single biggest problem that our country faces. Uh, 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 because you don't understand triad, though, Do you have a priority? Because I want to go to Senator Rubio well, I, I after think, that. I think him. to me, Luke, nuclear is just the, the power, the devastation is very important to me. Senator, Senator he Rubio, wants you have it. a the power, the well, devastation. First, first, let's explain to people home the triad, what the triad is. Maybe a lot of people haven't heard that terminology before. The triad is our ability of the United States to conduct nuclear attacks using airplanes, using missiles launched from silos or from the ground, and also from our nuclear subs. So three different sources? It's important. All three of them are true. It gives us the ability at deterrence. Now, some have become more critical than others. For example, the submarines. And that's the Ohio-class submarine that needs to be modernized. The air component also needs to be modernized. The B-52, as someone earlier pointed out, is an outdated model that was flown by the grandparents. Yeah, but now we got the B-1, the B-2, and the new stealth bomber coming out soon, too. On our silo launch missiles, all three are critical for the defense. Thank you, Senator Rubio. Some of you on this stage have questioned whether your opponents have the temperament, the right temperament, to be in control. Some of you, Donald. Dana, you have a question on this. Mr. Trump. Just this weekend, you said Senator Cruz is not qualified to be president because he doesn't have the right temperament and acted like a maniac when he arrived in the Senate. But last month, you said you were opening, open to naming Senator Cruz as your running mate. I did. So why would you be willing to put somebody Let who's a maniac you, one heartbeat away from the president? But I've to know him over the last three or four days. He has a wonderful temperament. Three or four days? <laughs> He's just fine. Don't worry. Three or four days. Okay. Since Sunday, when I called him a fucking maniac. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck we had a beer together, and yeah, you know, he's all You right. have not been willing to attack Mr. Trump in public. Yeah, but because you're a coward. His judgment <laughs> in having control of America's nuclear arsenal during a private meeting with supporters. Why are you willing to say things about him in private and not in public? Because you're a fucking Dan coward. He's private, Canadian. Exactly what I'll say here, which is that the judgment that every voter is making of every one of us up here is who has the experience, who has the vision, who has the judgment to be commander-in-chief. That is the most important decision for the voters to make. That's a standard I'm held to, and it's a standard everyone else is held to. And I will note, you know, in the whole course of this discussion about our foreign policy threats, it actually illustrates the need for clarity of focus. You know, my daughters, Caroline and Catherine, came uh, tonight. Story They're time. seven and five. And, yeah. and you think about the Los Angeles school... 
They're fucking adorable. His daughters are fucking cute. I don't know if you guys happen to see the the ad that he tried to put out for his campaign where he's going those through all the kids. different cuts and everything. They're really fucking cute. Yeah, those kids. weren't his though. Yeah. No, his his yes, kids they are they his kids his look kids. very Cuban, so he had to find more Caucasian looking kids to play them. <laughs> <laughs> to look more American. Dan is just totally no. incredulous. <laughs> yes, they are. His they kids. were his kids too, Ryan. <laughs> and they're cute. You're fucking with me. They were adorable. Uh, his daughters. When, when, when his you see those two kids in the next Independence I, I, Day movie, you'll you'll yeah, know they're actors. Yeah. Oh God, I can't. I saw one in a Cheerios commercial. He has too. a couple very cute little daughters. They're fucking adorable. <laughs> Underrated, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the first one. Uh, I, so I loved I. it. It was great. I loved My it too. And now Liam Hensworth is going to be good. And, and you think good. about the Los Angeles schools canceling their schools today. And every parent is wondering, how do we keep our kids safe? Over a we fake need a threat. chief who does what Ronald Reagan did with no. communism, which is he set out a global strategy to defeat Soviet communism, uh, and he directed all of his... Oh, I'm answering the question, Dana. He directed Soviet all of his forces to defeating communism. One of the things we've seen here is how easy it is By for Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton to get distracted to from dealing with radical Islamic yeah. terrorism. They won't even call it by its name. We need a president who stands up, number one, and says we will defeat ISIS, and number two says the greatest national security threat facing America Senator, is Senator, a nuclear need, Iran. Senator, a lot of people and, and we have need seen, to be focused a lot of people have seen these comments you made in private. I just want to clarify, what you're saying right now is you do believe you Mr. Trump has the judgment to be commander-in-chief. What, what I'm saying, Dan, is that is a judgment <laughs> for every voter to make. But what I can tell but what's you your judgment? is all nine That's of the people asking. here would know, make he an infinitely it. better commander-in-chief than Barack Obama or Yeah, of course. Don't deflect, damn you, Never deflect. answer the question. And there is a real you fucking baby. That's when, the president who's out there. Never can question, answer a straight question. There's a real danger when people get distracted by peripheral issues. They get distracted by <laughs> democracy building. Peripheral issues like a direct the, question. Yeah, yeah the I, uh, peripheral <laughs> issues that you have made a fucking issue because you've talked about it in private sessions but yeah. not publicly. He just won't yeah. fucking answer a simple question because yeah. he's a fucking coward i have an irony boner <laughs> <laughs> on on one of the on one of the news shows or on one of the news shows uh fucking ah, i can't remember the the uh stuart varney had a had a lieutenant colonel on there who called president obama a total pussy yeah Mm-hmm. I would like yes. to see him call Ted Cruz a total pussy <laughs> for not answering this fucking question. He won't. Focus on defeating shields are a full strength ISIS captain. and Iran have declared <laughs> war. I'm giving her. She's all she's got. Chief who will do everything necessary to keep our children safe. Thank you, Senator. And I will do everything necessary to keep our children Thank safe. Thank you, Senator. We're a month and a half away now from the first real test. Who will be the Republican presidential nominee? Hugh, you have a question. Mr. Trump, my listeners tell me again and again they're worried that Hillary Clinton will win the White House because you run as an independent. Are you ready to reassure Republicans tonight that you will run as a Republican and abide by the decision of the Republicans? I really am. I'll be honest. I really am. I mean, people have been putting me to crunch. I really am. I could have won. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, what a what a oh my God. what a great oh. moderator! Can I just oh please? What an unbiased what a nice moderator! Impartial. I gain great respect for the Republican Fuck leadership. Fuck you, Hewitt. I gain great respect for many, and I'm going to even say, well, I mean, in different forms. 
He's a Christian radio host. Yeah. In different forms. In different forms. But I have great respect for the people I've met through this process. I've never done this process before. I've never been a politician. I mean, for the last six months, I've been a politician. Oh, and, and, but and you I want to hold the you, highest political power? Uh, I am totally power? committed yeah. to the Republican Party. I feel very honored to be the front runner. And <laughs> I think I'll do very well if I'm chosen, if I'm so... So fortunate to be chosen. I think I'll do very well. Polls have come out recently say I would beat Hillary. I will do everything in my power to beat Hillary Clinton. I can promise you. Dr. Carson, Mr. Trump yeah. just committed to stay the day. Oh, my God. I, can I tell you how excited I would be at the prospect of a Trump-Clinton debate? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I would fucking I would, jizz in my I, pants. I, would, I wouldn't I even... Would, that wouldn't even be that exciting to me. I, it would I just be it would, would just be a tax levied and then deflection. I would rather see Trump Sanders. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I, I would be far more two old ass bastards from the Northeast going at it. <laughs> yeah, yelling at each other. <laughs> that would be better, but I mean, Hillary, going, Hillary, going Hillary, with like, his point like of that, talking that about movie, Clinton. Too grumpy, oh yeah, well, too but, grumpy old man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, 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 right. But Hil- Hillary never says anything. I mean. Uh, Regardless of the result, how about you? Well, you know, the statement that I made last week uh, that I would leave the party uh, was contingent upon whether, in fact, the party acts like they have in the past with a lot of subterfuge and I don't dishonesty, remember that or like they're going state. to act now, no. because I spoke to Reince Pubis, and he criteria. assured me I that Did he the just Washington say Reince Pubis? Uh, Yes, he did. <laughs> right, huge and dishonesty. Right, pubis. Or like they're going to act now because I spoke to Reince Pubis and he assured me. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> who, who the fuck is Reince Pubis? <laughs> Reince Pubis. <laughs> I know who he means, but. <laughs> I spoke to Reince Pubis. I spoke, I spoke to, to Pubis Dickus. Okay. Okay. One more. One more time. Centurion, strike him, Wuffy. Play, play it one yeah, more time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because I spoke to Reince Pubis, and he is. <laughs> Reince <We> Pubis. <laughs> <laughs> Centurion, strike him <laughs> Throw him to the ground. I spoke uh, to White's pubis. White's pubis. Subterfuge and dishonesty. <laughs> Or like they're going to act now because I spoke to Reince Pubis <laughs> that the Washington Post uh, uh, writer had it all wrong and that they're not going to be engaging in th- anything to thwart the will of the people. That's why I got into this race as a member of We the People to try to bring some honesty and we integrity back people. to the process. All right, candidates, uh, we have more coming up. We the people like Reince Pubis. Everyone will have an opportunity to explain oh, why this particular candidate Running for you on the stage in believes the GOP. he or she should be the Republican presidential nominee. <laughs> Wait, do they have their final words coming up next? Uh, very soon. So I'm just confused uh, at the time frame of this shit. <laughs> right. uh, after you, right. cut, after you, uh, 
Centurions. <laughs> oh my god. So after after you cut this into the official four and a half hour podcast that's gonna end up being no. you should you should do like you should do like a twenty minute clip episode where you just cut out like certain <laughs> points. Highlights. Highlights. The highlight show. <laughs> I spoke to Corey Hogwen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Now it's time for the closing statements. Oh, it is closing. closing. Hey. Okay. Wow, we're almost done. I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> we borrow a million dollars a minute. And whose fault is it? Republicans. Well, frankly, it's both parties' fault. <laughs> oh. You have those on the right who clamor and say, I'll oh, we must spend anything on the military. And those on the left who say the same for domestic welfare. But what most Americans don't realize is there's an unholy alliance. They come together, there's a secret handshake. Unholy. We spend more money on yeah. everything. And we are not a stronger nation if we go further into debt. We are not projecting power from bankruptcy court. To me, there is no greater threat than our debt. I'm the only fiscal conservative on the stage because I'm willing to hold the line on all spending. I hope you'll consider me in the election. Thank you very much. Governor Kasich. No Republican has ever been elected president of the United States without winning Ohio. Let me give you a little tip on how you win Ohio. It's reform, it's hope, it's growth, it's opportunity, and it's security. I thought I was going to say The people of Ohio are the people of America. The people of America are reflected in Ohio. Our message has to be big and bold and positive and connect not just with people's heads, but also connect with their hearts. If we do it, we will beat Hillary Clinton and we will run the White House and we will strengthen and fix America. I promise you. Governor Christie. Here's the problem I have. On September 10th, 2001, I was named chief. I've been to Ohio. I've I've checked out a few places in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. me too. I've been to a whole bunch of other places in the U.S. New mm-hmm. York, mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm. You know, Utah, Florida, Arizona. Ohio doesn't really look like a whole <laughs> lot sure of other places not. in the U.S. I I don't know how Ohio became this this microcosm of the of yeah, America. I know it's because funny. There, there's a pretty wide divide between people in Ohio and what they have to deal with, and people in Arizona and California and New York oh, sure. and Florida. You know, yeah. I, Ohio's the rundown little brother of the Upper Midwest. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I that would do better, but really, that, you know, I don't. Maybe with our quite <laughs> understand that, but yeah, I don't know either. Nothing against Ohio. It's <laughs> no, not against Cleveland. Ohio. I can't. I just don't entirely understand how they represent a microcosm of America. America. I've heard. I've heard Toledo has some very good amusement parks, though. (laughs) (laughs) They're not as amusing as Red's pubes. Oh, the memes that are going to be out tomorrow. This show. (laughs) It's it's amazing how Dan picks up on those little things. (laughs) If we do it. 
We will beat Hillary Clinton. Is it really and amazing? We will run the White House. Does it really and we surprise will strengthen you? Strengthen and fix America. I'll have to make America. a, a right cubist photo, like I did with Ronald Reagan. On September 10th, 2001, I was named chief federal prosecutor in New Jersey. And on September 11th, 2001, my wife and my brother, who are in the audience tonight, went through the World Trade Center into their offices just blocks away from the Trade Center. I lost touch with them for six hours that day and praying that they were alive. Luckily, they were sent home. But many of our friends and others in our neighborhood lost their lives that day. So God didn't save Terrorism. them. Because my Radical prayers didn't do jack shit for them. No, yeah. no, I forgot it's about real. them. That's and for seven years, I spent my life protecting our country against another one of those attacks. You won't have to worry when I'm president of the United States whether that can be done. You because can't I've already say done that. It. Yeah, I want no the chance shit. to do it again to protect you, your children, and your families. If you give me the chance and give me your vote, I will protect America from the wars that are being brought to our doorstep. Uh. Ms. Fiorina. I too remember September 11th. I remember immediately putting into place security procedures all throughout our company that did business in 170 countries where we thought corporate interests would be attacked next. To take our country back, to keep our nation safe, we have to begin by beating Hillary Clinton. We need to unify our party. We well, need you are to unified be against Hillary. Than our government, Behind which 75% of the yeah. American people now think is corrupt and incompetent. They're right. We're we need to be better than our politics. 80% think we have a professional political class of both parties that cares Carly more Hogan. about its power, position, and privilege than actually on getting anything done. We need to unify our party. We need a real conservative in the White House. And we need to beat Hillary Clinton to take our country back and keep our nation safe. I can. I am, and together, if you join me, we will take our country back. They never, ever say anything about Bernie. Take it back. Ask yourself, which candidate will keep you and our country safe or stronger and freer? Hillary Clinton has aligned herself. Yeah, drag it it back to the Stone Age. Governor Bush. Ask yourself, which candidate will keep you and our country safer, stronger, and freer? Bernie. Hillary Clinton Bernie. has aligned herself with Barack Obama <laughs> on ISIS, Iran, and the economy. It's an alliance doomed to fail. My proven record suggests that, and my, de- my detailed plans will, will fortify our national and economic <laughs> security. And my proven sentence, record as dude. governor makes, will give you a sense that I don't make <laughs> false so promises. I deliver real results. For America to be safe Just and sound, I ask sentence. for your support. For Thank you America. Senator Rubio. Yeah, America. As we near the end of this year, we enter one of the most important elections in a generation. For what's at stake in this election election. is not simply what party is going to be in charge, but our very identity as a people and as a nation. For over 200 years, this has been a special country, a unique place where anyone from anywhere can achieve anything. Not exactly. But now millions of Americans feel like they're being left behind, insecure in their future and unsafe in the face of terrorism. No, in the face this of election is about electing a president that will restore our economic vibrancy so that the American dream can expand to reach more people and change more lives than ever before and That's rebuild our military and our intelligence programs so that we can remain the strongest nation on earth. Tonight, I ask you for your vote. If you do this, we will rebuild this country and together we will usher in a new American century, the greatest era in the history of this great land. Mm-hmm. Behind Wrench Cubist. Yeah. <laughs> and Curly Hogland. <laughs> Judgment, strength, oh. clarity, and trust. 
Barack our, Obama our said he doesn't believe in American leadership or America winning, he is wrong. America can win again and we will win again. Ronald Reagan reignited the American economy, rebuilt the military, bankrupted the Soviet Union, and defeated Soviet communism. I will do the same thing, cutting taxes, cutting regulation, unleashing small businesses, and rebuilding the military to defeat radical Islamic terrorism. Our strategy is simple. We win, they lose. We've done it before, and we can do it again. When, when did we need to beat ISIS before? I've been fortunate enough to travel to 58 different countries, and I thank God every day that I was born in this country, the most exceptional country that the world has ever known. Nah. And I want to make sure that we preserve that exceptionalism for the next yeah. generation. I hate exceptionalism. My mother told me yeah. if I worked hard and, and I re- believe, believed in American my principles lady, and lady. I believed in God, it, anything it is possible. I believe that is true, and face. that's why I'm yeah. not anxious to give away American values running? and principles for the sake of political correctness. Yeah, he does. Mr. Trump. Our country doesn't win anymore. <laughs> Again. We don't win on trade. We don't win China, on the military. China, Mexico. We can't defeat ISIS. Oh. We're not taking care of our great people, the veterans. We're not taking care of them. We have to change our whole way. Our he health care system is a disaster. It's going to implode in 2017, just like you're sitting there. Doesn't work. Nothing works in our country. If I'm elected president, we will win again. We will win a lot. And we'll right, have Charlie. a great, great country greater than ever before. Thank you. The last person Thanks you said he was always winning got AIDS. Candidates. That does it for this Republican yeah, presidential I, I, It's debate. like I'm watching one of those 80s sports, sports movies, like Hoosiers. <laughs> the coach is coming out. And the Venetian Las Vegas. <sighs> Fucking ridiculous. Wow. All of it. Yep. Yep. Reince Pubis just yeah. put the cap <laughs> I'm glad that happened late because that was a that was a resurgence of energy I really needed. <laughs> oh, boy, these things these are tough, man. They take they take it out of you. They do, they do. Centurion, they're little dragging. I still, I still fucking enjoy uh, it. Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, we come every time. You know, <laughs> well, in, I, in, I show up in both ways. Oh, well. Do you have a napkin? <laughs> I, don't, I, I, no, I don't. Never mind. <laughs> Strike Some him, Wuffley. <laughs> Flow him to the ground. <laughs> oh, fucking wine's pubis. Does it make you giggle when I say <laughs> biggest? biggest? <laughs> Uh, yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> it's, it still does. So, my takeaway tonight is pretty much uh, what I what I thought going into this yeah. was that Rubio would would show himself to be the more presidential. Yep. Of any of the candidates on stage. Yep. Uh, I think I think he was I think he was clear in everything he was saying. He was articulate. He spoke intelligently. He didn't mm-hmm. stammer. He didn't. Yeah. No. Fuck. Up. I mean, he George, never does. Uh, or not George. Fucking Jeb Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Oh, he's was a, a waste. He's yeah. a yeah, yeah. He's a waste. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Rubio Trump, was definitely smooth. Little hawkish and real tough on immigration. Surprisingly. Yeah. Trump. Trump was Trump. 
Saying the same rules was Cruz, Fiorina was Fiorina. Trump seems a lot more toned (laughs) up. I I feel like you mentioned it earlier and a couple of times that that his handlers have probably told him to tone it down. I I feel like he's toned it down a bit. He's not as as confrontational as he's been in the past. Yep. And uh, as he still is hawkish and, and... but he he was a little more mellow. I feel like he wasn't quite the raging psychopath yeah. that he's not been quite. in previous debates. You so know? It's, but, it's you know it's all gradients. But you know, they're not with, saying anything new either. No, they're no, not. no, nothing no. new at all. It's all it's all the same fear mongering fear mongering politics. Yeah, that that don't address any of the root issues that that actually endanger American yeah. people. I did notice tonight that none of them mentioned shutting down the IRS. That's true. That's true. I, I was... Or the EPA. Or the EPA. Yeah. But arguably, neither of those are, are out, you know, trying to slaughter American people. True. So, yeah. um, and of course, this was that, all based That was on the root of tonight's, tonight's. I mean, yeah, yeah, debate. I mean, the, the topic was, about, was foreign yeah. policy and, and was blah, know, blah, blah, threats but, to American Americans without yeah. addressing what the actual yeah. what should we be scared of now yeah without without actually addressing what those threats are everything almost everything they talked about isn't actually what the threats against American is you know no. they're they're not actually what we should be afraid of we um, should be afraid of the candidates on stage well yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that's what we should be afraid of is any of these dummies getting into office yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, thank you all for tuning in tonight. I had a great time. Thanks for joining us, Grant. Yeah. I yeah. thank you for having me. I yeah, it's it a good time. It was a pleasure. Uh, it's it's a bit late. It's twelve. Yeah. It's past twelve thirty here Holy locally. Shit. And <clears throat> the deer, the deer snar beast came in and said. I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded us just how late we were. Yeah, running, but actually, very gently, it very was, gently. It was, she was yeah, very she pleasant. Was nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next week we will be talking about uh, Christmas, and I think we'll be covering the covering the Democratic debate that will be happening on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. be recording on what do we decide Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a few days after the debate, but. We'll be talking about it nonetheless and talking about the upcoming holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the, the ons of the shits. <laughs> <laughs> Curly Hogland. Right pubis. Oh, the memes are going to show up tomorrow. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, you can reach us at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can Twitter our twatter at mm-hmm. TGR Podcast. TGR Podcast. Find us on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash Godless Revolution. <laughs> you can call or uh, send us a text message at 33081 Rebel. <laughs> we, we, we thoroughly enjoy all of the feedback that we're getting from our listeners uh, and really, really appreciate you tuning into the show. So let us know if you have any show ideas or if we've gotten anything wrong or... Oh, also, yeah. Um, I would love to hear various news items from our international listeners. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've gotten yeah. some from... 
from Dave. Yeah. Send us some... And Basilis, of course. Wonderful things. And, and Basilis, yeah. Basilis? Is it Basilis? I, I think that's how you say okay. it. Okay. All right. Yeah, send us stuff. He's the fucking gift master. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to go and listen to some of the music that he's been posting out on his... Uh, yeah. Uh, Secular atheist uh, music stuff. I have it. I have it tabbed on my Chrome browser to go and listen to some of the things that people are submitting to see if maybe we could use some of them in the show. Oh, be awesome. oh yeah, that yeah. would be cool. Uh, anyway, we will chat at y'all next week. Bye. 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 Oh, fuck, that was long. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you accept this wonderful offer? <clears throat> Why wouldn't you like to meet Shakespeare, for example? I mean, I don't know if you really think that when you die you can be corporeally reassembled and have conversations with authors from previous epochs. It's not necessary that you believe that in Christian theology, and I have to say it sounds like a complete fairy tale to me. The only reason I want to meet Shakespeare, or might even want to, is because I can meet him any time, because he is immortal in the works he's left behind. If you've read those, meeting the author would almost certainly be a disappointment. But when Socrates was sentenced to death for his philosophical investigations and for blasphemy, for challenging the gods of the city, and he accepted his death, he did say, well, if we are lucky, perhaps I'll be able to hold conversation with other great thinkers and philosophers and doubters too. In other words, that the discussion about what is good, what is beautiful, what is noble, what is pure and what is true could always go on. Why is that important? Why would I like to do that? Because that's the only conversation worth having. And whether it goes on or not after I die, I don't know. But I do know that it's the conversation I want to have while I'm still alive. Which means that to me, the offer of certainty, the offer of complete security, the offer of an impermeable faith that can't give way, is an offer of something not worth having. I want to live my life taking the risk all the time that I don't know anything like enough yet, that I haven't understood enough, that I can't know enough, that I'm always hungrily operating on the, on the margins of, of a potentially great harvest of future knowledge and wisdom. I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'd urge you to look at those of you who tell you, those people who tell you at your age, that you're dead till you believe as they do. What a terrible thing to be telling to children. And that you can only live. And that you can only live by accepting an absolute authority. Don't think of that as a gift. Think of it as a, think of it as a poison chalice. Push it aside, however tempting it is. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. Much more happiness, truth, beauty, and wisdom will come to you that way. Thank you.